MRN's Classic Races are brought to you by Hercules Tires. NASCAR Racing, next on MRN Radio. After a weekend of heavy rain, it has dawned a beautiful day in Atlanta, Georgia. The Winston Cup Tour set for the Motorcraft 500. Race fans love coming to this mile-and-a-half raceway in Atlanta because of the outstanding sight lines. Every seat has an unobstructed view, and the drivers like this track as well, unless their car is not handling well, because then, as Davey Allison knows, this track can be a bear. This racetrack's about 65% corner is about 35% straightaway, so if the car is not handling right, it falls into the hands of the guys that are, you know, better drivers from experience, not necessarily that they have more ability, but experience teaches people how to get around Atlanta National Raceway when everything is not perfect. I think those are the guys that benefit here because there's no way to keep a car perfect here all day. The Motorcraft 500 is next from Atlanta, Georgia. MRN Radio presents NASCAR Today. Sponsored by Goody's Headache Powders and Extra Strength Tablets, the South's number one headache powder. Good afternoon, everyone, from the Atlanta International Raceway. As Eli Gold said just a moment ago, it has turned out to be a beautiful day here after about a day and a half of some of the heaviest rain we have seen all season long. Forty cars are sitting down on pit road ready to get at it this afternoon in the Motorcraft 500, and I think we're going to see a good race. Dale Earnhardt will be starting on the pole. Rusty Wallace flanks him on the outside, and it was quite a battle here off and on over the last couple of years between these two, although Eli, I guess, Earnhardt dominated the race when we were back here in November like we have been a long time since we've seen a car do what he did to the field here that day. Dale got around this racetrack very much like Kyle Petty got around Rockingham a couple of weeks ago. Before we go any further, Barney, let me uh, echo the sentiments of everybody in the garage and I know all the folks who are tuned in. Uh, great to have you back on the broadcast. And I know Jim Phillips, who is listening in back home in Newport, Tennessee, hopes to be back with us as early as next weekend in Hickory, North Carolina. Only thing is, I figured when the doctors had some time to work on you, they might have uh, gone to the route of plastic surgery, but uh, evidently uh, you chose not to. You still look like you used to. Yeah, I'm 100% back natural <laughs> ugly, as I've told a lot of people in the garage area. Let's go down trackside and get the thoughts of some of the drivers here. Let's go to the front row right now. First, we'll check in with Dick Brooks out of Woodruff, South Carolina. Dick? I don't think you can have a better setting for a race, especially over the last couple of years and uh, and in the last couple of races where you've got uh, uh, Rusty Wallace and Dale Earnhardt side by side. And I think it's started off because of the points this way, but it's going to be a good thing, I think, uh, to watch. I think a lot of people like to see this. Dale, you were, you just absolutely dominated this thing in your in your race for the championship last fall. You're going to run the same way today, or are you going to have to, or are you just, uh, you know, I don't know what Rusty's going to do, but you're going to have to run hard. <laughs> well, I don't know, Dick. This car is the same car. It's handling and driving pretty much the same way it was uh, last November. The car wants to go up there and wants to run like that. We're gonna run like that. I, you know, I'm an I'm an upfront driver. I love it when we're there, and I'm love it when we're dominating. And if the car do it, we're gonna be there. Well, I'm sure they will. He's uh, all ready to go. And I tell you, I think a lot of people are excited about uh, having these two cars on the front row. These guys are good friends. They they bump each other, and instead of punching each other out, they kind of grin, pat each other on the back, and I guess they grit their teeth. But uh, uh, I think it's gonna be exciting. 
Well, it got exciting up at Richmond toward the end of the race when he and Wallace had a little tangle up there, and Earnhardt went on to kind of nudge him out of the way a little bit. Right. But they both always say when that happens, well, that's racing. That is racing. Another man who has done well here at Atlanta over the years, a man who calls this racetrack his home track, Bill Elliott from Dawsonville, Georgia, and with him is Mike Joy from Windsor, Connecticut. Bill's just about getting strapped in here and about to load that helmet on and get ready to go. Well, boy, in driver introductions here, there's certainly no question as to who's the fan favorite when we come down here at Atlanta. That's got to be a good feeling, get a response like that. Well, it is, you know, but still, we need to run good here, and we've worked hard all the other week trying to get everything ready. And I still don't feel real good about the way I got the car worked out. You know, we didn't have enough time, really about an hour of practice yesterday afternoon to get everything worked out, but we're going to do the best we can. Hope we have a good day. Well, then what do you do, Bill? Do you gamble and, and pick one side or the other, or do you find a compromise set up to start the race with and something you can work with? Well, we change everything but the driver this morning. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we've fallen on to something. We'll either be good or bad. We'll have to wait and see. Okay. That's Bill Elliott starting seventh. And, Barney, I think probably the only person in this whole business that's more modest than his accomplishments are your own. A lot of fans have told us uh, how they've never met you, but from hearing you all these years, they feel they know you, and they're happy to have you back, uh, both as a friend and and as uh, the voice of expertise on this broadcast, you've really been missed, and welcome back. Well, it's a, it feels pretty good to be back, I'll put it that way. We'll take a short break, and we'll be back to Atlanta in just a minute. Ralph Emery here with Richard Petty. Richard, your travel schedule is even worse than mine. How do you keep going week after week? Well, when the car's running great, no problem. But when the headaches start multiplying, we keep a big supply of goodies headache powders handy. You and me both. You know, Goodies contains the fastest, most effective combination of pain relievers you can buy without a prescription. Well, all I know is neither Ralph Emery or Richard Petty travels far without Goodies. Goodies, the South's number one headache powder. We'll get the thoughts of some more drivers in just a moment. From the Atlanta International Raceway, this is MRN Radio. We welcome you back to the Atlanta International Raceway as we close in on the green flag of the Motorcraft Quality Parts 500. The third member of our pit coverage team this afternoon is from Denver, North Carolina, Winston Kelly, standing with Derek Cope. Eli Kyle Petty said after last week that a team really knows they've arrived when the garage area people are clocking them during practice. And the people had the clocks on Derek Cope yesterday afternoon. Derek, you had one of the quickest, if not the quickest, car in practice yesterday in the last practice session. Well, we were pretty excited to tell you. We had the Pure Leader Chevrolet Lumina running, you know, really well yesterday afternoon. Uh, Buddy Parrott and the guys have worked real hard on this car. And, uh, you know, I just think we have a good opportunity to go out and, and run up front all day and, uh, and just, you know, be patient and put ourselves in a position to be up front and maybe win. Derek, you had a good finish here last year in the fall, finished 12th. What's the secret to you to get around this racetrack, the low side of the track, the high side? What do you look for? Well, that always depends on how the car is working. But, uh, you know, last time I had to run high because we had a push in the car, but we learned from that experience, and uh, we got the car turning and rotating around the bottom. So hopefully we can start out running there, and uh, we'll just see where it leads. Well, the 1990 Daytona 500 champion starts the Purolator Chevrolet in 13th. And I'd also like to echo the sentiments of Mike Joy, Eli Gold, and everybody else. Barney, sure is glad to see you back with us and look forward to having our running mate, Jim Phillips, back here on pit road again soon. Yeah, I think he's going to be back with us next weekend at Hickory, North Carolina. Let's go back to the front row. Dick Brooks is standing by with Rusty Wallace. I guess, like I said earlier, if there's got to be a pick for two people to start, these uh, start front row of any race. Uh, it's got to be these two guys, and and, uh, and I think in this particular case where uh, Rusty just dominated the race two years ago trying to win the championship, and then last year where, where uh, Earnhardt just dominated it trying to do it, now they're sitting here side by side, and they both need to race this time, and I think they probably will. I uh, expect to uh, 
Are you going to do anything any different in this this particular race than you would have done? No, this race is just a lot easier than it last was. The race was last year. It's just there's uh, there's no strategy. It's just run hard, try to win the race. I just hope I get the right chassis set up under the car. That's the thing I'm a little bit concerned about because we didn't have enough time to get it exactly the way it wanted. But it run fast yesterday and handled pretty good, and I just hope that it stays good today. And you all just continue on just to have fun racing, and uh, when you bump and bruise, you get out and you uh, swallow your tongue and you uh, say, well, that's racing. Can you continue on doing that a long time? Yeah, you know, I just uh, that's what the fans want, so that's what we'll do. I think you're right. I think, uh, Hannah, a few years ago there was a lot of rivals, 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 here we go again. And in between drivers and they'd, uh, after the race is over, they just get out and say, well, that's racing, you know, uh, I'll get him next time. And I think these guys are doing that. They're proving to do that last year, they, a couple of years ago, last year. And uh, I think they've already started off doing it this year. I'm, I'm excited about watching them start in the front row. And i got to go along with the thing about Barney. I, uh, uh, he has changed his parents a little bit. He's, uh, uh, he found out now he can't take on motorhomes. He's going to have to try to tackle cars. So he's going to he jump out in front of them here and try to whoop them all. But we're glad to have him back. Nothing like friends like that, is it, Barney? No, not really. <laughs> Let's go back to pit road right now and get the thoughts of some of the other drivers. Ricky Rudd has looked awfully good all season long. He's in a new ride this year with Waddell Wilson and the team over there. Let's get his thoughts right now. Mike Joy. Well, thanks, Barney. He's been running good, too. Uh, Danny Marshburn and Dan Ford and Waddell have been here getting them all suited in and cinched up and taping up the rearview mirror and everything else. But, Ricky, here's a car that's uh, that's led, I guess, about every race this year. You've been in position to win a couple of times. Is today the day? Well, Mike, I hope so. You know, you never know till you get started. Uh, you know, very few people had much practice, and it's just a big question mark right now. I, I hope we got this Levi Garrett Exxon Chevrolet ready to go and, and win this thing. But I'll know in the first five laps, I believe, what we got here. Well, now you got the bump and thump twins starting up there on the front row, and I know uh, I know you're not uh, the least bit shy about getting right up in there with them. Yeah, it's a long race, you know. I just uh, I think things will settle down real quick, and we'll get to racing each other. But you know, the first lap, the first half of the race, no big deal, and uh, the race is won on the last lap. So I'll just sit here and watch a little bit if I have to. Well, I hear Dick Beatty every week say you can't win the race on the first lap, but then again, you sure can give it away in the first hundred miles if if people aren't careful and if if you're not keeping up with the program. Well, it's, it's, sometimes it's real easy to get yourself caught up in, uh, you know, just racing that other guy for whatever reason. And sometimes you have to wait, you know, make yourself think, hey, wait, wait a minute, what am I doing here? we got 500 miles of racing, and uh, no sense taking any chances right away. Okay, it's a long race, but it goes by quick. Ricky's got a fresh stick of spearmint and three more taped to the roll cage. He's ready to go. He's going from fourth starting spot here this afternoon. Again, if you haven't heard, with all the rain we've had here in Atlanta this weekend, the starting lineup, at least positions 1 through 30, were established by the car owner points. Whoever had the most points starts up front. Dale Earnhardt's on the pole and on down the line to 28th spot where Davey Allison is starting a bit further back than he would like, and Winston Kelly is with the driver of the Haviland Ford. A victim of having not quite as many points as he would like at this point in the season. Davey starting a bit further back in the pack than you're accustomed. What type of strategy do you have for the first part of the race to try to get toward the front? Well, the biggest thing, Winston, is we got to get through all this traffic without uh, getting ourselves into any problems. And, uh, you know, Atlanta's a, a pretty tight racetrack, on, especially on the front straightaway. So we got to pick our way through this traffic real carefully and try to work our way up to the front. You know, pass as many of them as we can, as quick as we can, but we still got to use our head. Now, Davey, in the past, this track has been characterized as a Ford track. Is that still a valid char characterization? I don't think so after the way that uh, Rusty Wallace, Daryl Waltrip, and Dale Earnhardt have all dominated the races here the last three events. Davey, a quick update on your personal situation, your physical situation. You feeling okay now? Oh, I'm fine. Uh, the doctors have released me. They said it was just an isolated event and uh, probably never happen again. But they wanted to be sure at Rockingham that 
something didn't happen while I was out on the racetrack. And of course, I wanted to go along with that because I wouldn't want to jeopardize anybody else. But I feel fine. I'm in good shape. Uh, the one thing that did come out of it, I found out that I went through the best physical I've ever had and, and that I'm in pretty decent shape. I could be a little better, but I got some areas to work on, but I know what to do now. Well, if you can see the grin in Davey Allison's face, you know he feels good about it. We're referring to the fainting spell he had at Rockingham a few weeks ago, and as you heard Davey say, he is okay, and he'll start this Haviland Texaco for Thunderbird in 28th this afternoon. And we'll come back with a look at our starting lineup as we continue from Atlanta, Georgia. The most fun part of the week, and the only reason I put up with all this other stuff is so I can crawl through that window and drive that race car. For goodies, here's Richard Petty. Uh, even though it's tough, you sit in there and you, your head hurts and you're sweating and you're hot and somebody's beating on you and you're beating on somebody, but still, that's what it's all done for. When you need help with pain, reach for goodies, the South's number one headache powder. Read the label and you'll see that Goodies contains the two ingredients doctors recommend most for fast relief. I don't tell them to read the label. I say them just take them. Don't forget the right guard halfway challenge is back. And this year it could make a winner out of you. The driver who leads at the halfway lap today, lap 164, will win $10,000. And every time a driver wins, you can win at home also. So stay tuned for details here on MRN Radio. You could win a Pontiac Grand Prix SE during today's broadcast of the Motorcraft 500. Let's take a look at the starting lineup. 40 cars are in the field, as Eli said a moment ago. 30 of those got in on owner points for the Winston Cup Series. And let's take you back to the tail end of the field. One rookie back there starting in 40th spot, Jack Pennington of North Augusta, Georgia, in the Derek Close Oldsmobile. Mark Stahl of San Diego, California, has the Otto Bell Ford in 39th position. 38th, driver Hut Strickland of Calera, Alabama, the TriStar Motorsports Pontiac. 37th will be Mickey Gibbs of Glencoe, Alabama, the special days in racing forward. 36th, Rob Moroso of Madison, Connecticut, in the Crown Oldsmobile. 35th, H.B. Bailey of Houston, Texas, the Alameda Auto Parts Racing Pontiac. 34th, Chad Little of Spokane, Washington, in the Bullseye Barbecue Sauce Racing Ford. Ken Reagan is in in 33rd in the field from Unadilla, Georgia, in the Jasper Engines Racing Ford. 32nd, Richard Petty of Randomer, North Carolina, the STP Pontiac, and 31st, Alan Kulwicki of Greenfield, Wisconsin, in the Z-Rex Ford. In the 30th starting spot, Ernie Irvin of Modesto, California. He takes over this weekend as the new driver of the Kodak Film Oldsmobile, replacing Phil Parsons. 29th, Rick Wilson of Bartow, Florida, the Dinner Bell Foods Oldsmobile. Davey Allison of Hueytown, Alabama, has his Haviland Ford in 28th. 27th is his neighbor from Hueytown, Neil Bonnet, in the Sitco Ford. 26th starter, Rick Mast from Rockbridge, Baths, Virginia, the U.S. Racing Pontiac. 25th starter, Mike Alexander of Franklin, Tennessee, the Raybestos Brakes Buick. 24th will be Larry Pearson today from Spartanburg, South Carolina, the Country Music TV Buick. 23rd, Jimmy Means of Huntsville, Alabama, the Alka-Seltzer Pontiac. 22nd starter, Buddy Baker, back behind the wheel of a Winston Cup car. He's driving for Junie Donlevy in the Sunny King Ford Honda Ford. And 21st is Harry Gant of Taylorsville, North Carolina, the Food Lion Skoll Oldsmobile. In the middle of the field in 20th position is Dave Marcus of Wausau, Wisconsin in the Big Apple Market Chevrolet. 19th, Michael Waltrip of Owensboro, Kentucky in the Country Time Racing Pontiac. 18th will be Butch Miller of Coopersville, Michigan in the Winn-Dixie Racing Chevrolet. 17th is Mark Martin of Batesville, Arkansas in the Folgers Racing Ford. 16th starter Bobby Hillen Jr. of Midland, Texas in the Snickers Candy Bars Racing Buick. 15th is Brett Bodine of Chemung, New York in the Quaker State Buick. 14th starter Kenny Schrader from Fenton, Missouri in the Kodiak Chevrolet. 13th Derek Cope of Spanaway, Washington. We heard from him a moment ago in the Purelator Chevrolet. 
In 12th spot, Terry Labonte of Corpus Christi, Texas, in the Magic Market Skull Oldsmobile. And the 11th starter is Dick Trickle of Wisconsin's Rapids, Wisconsin, in the Phillips Trop Arctic Pontiac. Let's take a look at the top 10 starters. Jeff Bodine of Chemung, New York, has the Budweiser Ford in 10th. 9th will be Sterling Marlin of Columbia, Tennessee, the Sunoco Oldsmobile. 8th place starter, Daryl Waltrip from Franklin, Tennessee, the Tide Chevrolet. Bill Elliott of Dawsonville, Georgia, has the Melling Coors Ford in 7th. 6th place, Jimmy Spencer, Berwick, Pennsylvania, the Heinz Pontiac. 5th starter is Kyle Petty from Randleman, North Carolina, the Peak Anafreeze Pontiac. 4th starting spot, you've already heard from Ricky Rudd from Chesapeake, Virginia the Levi Garrett Chevrolet. Third starter is Morgan Shepard from Conover, North Carolina, the Motorcraft Ford. And on the front row, we've also talked to both of those gentlemen. Rusty Wallace will start second out of St. Louis, Missouri, the Miller Genuine Draft Pontiac. And on the pole, Dale Earnhardt of Kannapolis, North Carolina, the GM Goodwrench Chevrolet. Now, because this field was established on the basis of car owner points, Dale Earnhardt's pole does not count towards Bush pole monies, nor will it qualify him for the Bush Clash next year, nor or if he wins the race today, would it qualify him for the Unical Challenge? All of those awards are put aside here this weekend because there was no formal bush pole qualifying. And also, Barney, as a result of the uh, lineup being as it is, five drivers who were here were unable to get into the field on any of the different priority plans they established. A.J. Foyt, J.D. McDuffie, Jimmy Horton, who won the ARCA race here yesterday, Greg Sachs and Rodney Combs all were here, but unfortunately just didn't have enough owner points, nor were their entry blanks postmarked early enough to get them into the starting lineup for the Motorcraft 500. Let's pause 10 seconds on MRN Radio for station identification. Back at the Atlanta International Raceway under beautiful sunny skies here this afternoon getting ready for the Motorcraft 500. Let's go back to Pit Road and Mike Joy. Well, Buddy Baker is uh, cinched up here in this Juni Donlevy car, and I was kidding him a second ago. I said his throttle leg. I wonder if he had enough room for his big frame in that car, because his his throttle leg here is uh, kind of bent up, so his knees up touching the ceiling. But he says that foot resting like that—that's not where it's going to be all day. You look like you're having a lot of fun. Well, that's the whole idea, Mike, and uh, I'm real happy to be back. And gentlemen, the people here made me feel very welcome. When your engine. Uh, a lot of fun. Well, we got to go now. <laughs> okay, he'll have that smile on his face all day long. You can bet. And he does have to go, as you heard the command, to fire the engines. And the power plants do roar to life on 40 Winston Cup teams as we're set to go. The Motorcraft Quality Parts 500 from Atlanta International Raceway is next. NASCAR Today is produced by MRN Radio and sponsored by Goody's Headache Powders and Extra Strength Tablets, the official pain reliever of NASCAR. From the Atlanta International Raceway, this is MRN Radio. Citywide to countryside. Whatever you drive, wherever you go, Hercules Tires has the value, selection, and industry-leading warranty to get you there, no matter where the road takes you. Go to HerculesTire.com. There you can find the nearest authorized Hercules retail location to you. Plus, you can use the tire tracker to find out which Hercules tire fits your vehicle the best. That's HerculesTire.com. Hercules Tires. Ride on our strength. MRN Radio presents the NASCAR Winston Cup Series. 
Today, the Motorcraft 500. Sponsored by Pontiac and your local Pontiac dealer. We build excitement by Holly Farms, the official chicken of NASCAR and proud sponsor of today's Lickety Split Award. By True Value Hardware Stores. For quality, selection, and personal attention, make True Value your first choice. And by Anheuser-Busch, Brewers of Bush Beer. Head for the Mountains of Bush. Back at the Atlanta International Raceway, the drivers are in their cars. You heard the command to fire engines just a moment ago. They'll sit on pit road for here just a minute and let them kind of warm up a bit before they move on to this racetrack. We've told you that Atlanta is probably one of the most exciting tracks on the circuit. It is just about all corner, very short straightaways, less than a quarter of a mile. You stay in the turn almost all the way around. But the visibility factor here from even the front row seats down against the fence almost to pit road, everyone can see all the way around this racetrack. And as many of the drivers will tell you, We can't make a mistake in the corners here and then put it off on something else because the guys in the crew can sit right over there and look off in the corner and see what we're doing. And as they move down pit road, getting ready to go onto the racetrack, down in turns one and two, which lie to the east end of the speedway to cover the action for us this afternoon. Let's go over to Joe Moore from WPEX Radio of Hampton, Virginia. Thank you, Barney. Welcome back to the broadcast, buddy. Good to have you with us again. Here in turn number two in Atlanta, it's got to be one of the most spectacular views of any position we work at any racetrack. A great, almost breathtaking position here as the cars come right by our feet here down to the inside of the racetrack. We're at the exit of turn number two and have a clear view back over to turn one as the cars climb the 26-degree banking. As the drivers have said, and we've said early in the broadcast, there's uh, almost more turn than there is straightaway here. A lot of room for maneuvering in these turns. They'll go two, sometimes three wide, coming off the banking of turn number two before they hit this short back shoot. We'll be covering all that action for you here today in turn two at Atlanta. The other turn here at the Speedway again sets the teams up for the front straightaway where the track really narrows and covering the actions and turns three and four at AIR this afternoon from Daytona Beach, Florida. Alan Bestwick. Thank you, Eli. Good afternoon, everyone. Watching the action down the back straightaway here this afternoon. A quick quarter mile drag before they hit the banking of turns three and four. And the trick to this racetrack will be to keep the car right along the bottom. We saw Dale Earnhardt last fall as he dominated this race with his car glued right down to the white line, separating the racing banking from the safety apron the cars that are not getting around as well will try and search for a groove higher up the 26 degree banking well they're coming out of turn number four they'll make one more lap to warm up everything before they cut them loose we'll take a short break and we'll be back with the start of the motorcraft 500 here's how the holly farms lickety split award got its name old speedball joe was moving mighty slow and he wanted to pick up the pace so he grabbed fully cooked holly farms roasted chicken before he drove in the nascar race well he took one bite of that chicken already so juicy and quick and lickety split. He took first place, and that's how he made the name stick. Holly Farms, official sponsor of the Lickety Split Award for the day's fastest lead lap. Available in your grocer's fresh meat cakes. I used to be a cement laborer and then a carpenter apprentice up in Chicago. And a buddy of mine said, come on down to Soldier's Field tonight and watch the demolition derby. It was 35 or 40 cars and he won $100. I was making $100 a week. I said, man, I'm going to get a demo car and we'll put the radiators in the back seat and we'll fill the trunks with cement and we'll win it and we'll split the money. And we won it. As the official beer of NASCAR, Bush is proud to salute Fred Lorenzen and all the men who followed their dreams to greatness because at Bush, we've always believed in pursuing that dream of being the best. Anheuser-Busch, St. Louis, Missouri. 
Next Sunday, NASCAR Bush Grand National Series racing from the Hickory Motors Speedway. Live coverage from North Carolina begins at 145 Eastern on MRN Radio. Certainly hope you can make your plans to join us as MRN takes its microphones to Hickory for the very first time next weekend. The Pontiac Safety Car with Elmo Langley at the wheel is pacing the field now through turns three and four. It is a glorious afternoon for racing after a rainy start to the weekend. We're set to go. 328 laps. Right now off turn four. The field approaching the flag stand. Harold Kinder and Doyle Ford are atop the flag stand. We're set to go racing in the Motorcraft 500 Barney Hall. They are down to the line. Green flag is out on the outside. Rusty Wallace on the inside. Dale Earnhardt. A couple of the black Chevrolets head off into turn number one. The Pontiac on the outside, the Chevrolet to the inside. They're in two. Still side by side as they come up into turn number two. Right behind them, the Ricky Rudd car. Next in line is Morgan Shepard. Then another side-by-side battle. It's Jimmy Spencer and Kyle Petty. Still a dead heat at the front of the pack. Now Wallace gets a little bit loose down the back straightaway. Gets it back under control, but Ricky Rudd is closed right up on him. Also, Morgan Shepard squirts by him and down into third. Jeff Podine's car working its way up through the middle of the pack. Likewise, Ricky Rudd on the low side of the racetrack, and Davey Adelson picks up five spots here on the start. At the straight it is Rusty Wallace leading the event, and now it'll be three wide for fourth spot behind him. Now to the inside of the racetrack, Kyle Petty goes to work. He makes a move on the Ricky Rudd car, and now Rudd goes up the banking a bit. Here's Kyle Petty making a move to the inside of Darrell Waltrip. While Rudd slides backwards, Rusty Wallace loses a spot. Morgan Shepard into second now. Two car lengths back to Wallace in third. The battle will be for fourth. Darrell Waltrip tucking down to the bottom side of Jimmy Spencer. They're side by side. Waltrip keeps that car pinned to the bottom of the racetrack, holds on to the position. That's where the battle is. Will be for fourth place. Don't Door to door, they come off the corner. Earnhardt is the leader. Back in second spot right now. That is Morgan Shepard, and they're single file all the way back through fourth position. Is that still a good hot battle back there? Rusty Wallace has the third spot. Now, finally, Jimmy Spencer breaks away from Darrell Waltrip. He picks up fourth. Waltrip has the fifth position as they exit turn two. Sorted out single file back through the first 15 cars. Still Earnhardt leading the show. Two car lengths on Morgan Shepard. Another four back to Rusty Wallace. Then Jimmy Spencer, Darrell Waltrip, and Kyle Petty tucked up tight. One car with problems, Jack Pennington his machine sounds rather sickly as he comes across the start-finish line. He is trailing the field considerably. That last lap at 170 miles an hour for Dale Earnhardt, and as he pulls away, the scramble is from sixth place on back. It's for the sixth position between Bill Elliott and Kyle Petty. Kyle has the outside groove. Elliott has the inside line. He'll hold on to pick up the spot here off turn two. That's still the battle from sixth on back. It's Elliott holding the spot. Now one spot further up. Darrell Waltrip going to take a stab at Jimmy Spencer again. Waltrip slips the Chevrolet under the Pontiac. Make Darrell Waltrip have been fourth, but now Spencer battles back. Spencer trying to find some running room on the racetrack. Meanwhile, back in the middle of the field, that's where all the scrambling is really going on. Back there between Derek Cope right now as they work down into turn number one. Brent Bodine's caught up in that battle also. Joe Morrison, good racing going on from about 15th on back toward the tail end of the field. We're watching the battle now for the 11th position. Derek Cope and Ricky Rudd racing side by side. Brent Bodine with them. The threesome working closely together here on the back straightaway. And now a couple of rows farther up. They're starting to sort it out. Double file as well. Jeff Bodine facing a challenge from Sterling Marlin. And Ken Schrader in that group, and one car up in smoke in turn number three. Terry Labonte up in smoke, smoke covering the turn. All the traffic doing a good job to slow down and stay out of trouble, but Terry Labonte with a problem in turn three. So Terry Labonte with smoke billowing from behind his skull machine is on pit road, bringing out the first caution flag of the afternoon. It happens on lap number five, and Labonte will coast on down through the pit lane near where Mike Joy is awaiting to see what, if anything, they can do on that car. Michael? We're down in the Ricky Rudd pit, Eli, after watching Ricky, uh, who started up in the fourth spot, and he slid back to that battle back for 10th. Waddell Wilson on the radio with his driver. Let's see what 
if anything, they're going to do about it. He's uh, he's in hot conversation with Ricky right now. We'll get back with him. Here he is. Waddell, the car drifted back a little bit on the start. If you bring him in on this caution, what would you do with it? Well, he says the car's a little loose at this time, but, you know, we're talking about, you know, how much stagger we want to change front and rear, and then if we want to put some bite in the car, you know, it's early, and we don't want to overdo it because the track's going to change. You think you'll pit or leave him out? Oh, right now we're going to leave him out because we're not sure exactly what we're going to do because we need just a little more time on the track to be sure we make the right move. Okay, not only that, they're giving him one to go. We had speculated it might have been a blown engine on Terry Labonte's car. It is on pit road. It is up on the jacks. They have the hood up, and they're working on it. Maybe they'll be able to get him back in. We'll get a report there as quickly as possible. From the Atlanta International Raceway, this is MRN Radio. Back with you with the Atlanta International Raceway. They had given the indication of one to go. However, as the pace car leads the field around the speedway, they have now found some oil on the racetrack in turns three and four. The NASCAR cleanup crews will be heading out there to make uh, the cleanup as rapidly as uh, completed as they can. But we will remain under caution here on lap number six. And now they have pushed Terry Labonte's car behind the wall. Let's take items one at a time. We told you earlier that Jack Pennington's car was well off the pace on lap number two and the car sounded rather sickly as it came across the start-finish line. Winston Kelly, what have they found out down there? They eventually found out that it was a rotor button in the distributor cap that was broken and they're replacing that rotor button. The car was backfiring terribly as he came on the pit road. He shut it off, tried to restart it. It would not refire and after they took off the air cleaner and the distributor cap, they found out it was a rotor button and Tony Furr and the crew are replacing that rotor button and will get Jack Pennington back into the race couple of more cars have come on to pit road hb bailey of houston texas is in the pits right now and apparently that will just be to check some routine stuff on his car they don't appear to be in any big hurry and dave marcus has brought his machine on to pit road let's see if we can get a further report on terry labani's situation well barney he's uh, he says sure why not he can hear you terry what happened to it well I, we don't really know we're looking at it right now i think it broke a rod or something it uh, just let go uh, it shook a little bit coming off the corner and i you know i thought something was wrong and uh, something came out the bottom Tough break. Sorry to see you out. Okay. Terry Labonte will be the first car to go behind the pit wall this afternoon on a tough break for him because he runs Atlanta awfully strong. Seven laps are complete here. We're working the first caution flag of the afternoon. We were mentioning earlier in the broadcast that MRN moves on next weekend for the very first time to the Hickory Motor Speedway in Hickory, North Carolina. The Bush Grand National Series will be there while the Winston Cup cars take the weekend off. Our broadcast will begin at 1.45 Eastern Time next Sunday, one week from today, for the Mountain Dew 200 from the Hickory Motor Speedway. As the field here at Atlanta now gets the one-to-go signal, let's take a look at what else is upcoming for the Winston Cup cars in April. April 1st, the Trans-South 500 at Darlington. April the 8th, the Valleydale 500, Bristol, Tennessee. Also in April, the 22nd will be up at Enoch Staley's North Wilkesboro Speedway for the first Union 400. And then at Clay Earl's Martinsville Speedway for the Haynes 500 on April 29th. In the month of May, it's May 6th, the Winston 500 at the Talladega Super Speedway. And May 27th, the Coca-Cola 600 in Charlotte, North Carolina. In June, the Winston Cup Series heads to Dover, Delaware for the Budweiser 500 on June 3rd. June 10th, out to the West Coast for the Banquet Foods 300 at Sears Point Raceway in Sonoma, California. The Miller 500 will take place at Pocono Raceway in Pennsylvania June 17th. 
the Miller 400, June the 24th at Brooklyn, Michigan, and then July 7th, the Pepsi 400 at Daytona International Speedway. That's what's upcoming on the Winston Cup schedule, and certainly tickets are available right now at all of those speedways. Single file restart as they work up into turns three and four right now. The leader under this caution is Dale Earnhardt. Morgan Shepard is second. Third right now is Rusty Wallace. Fourth is Darrell Waltrip. Fifth is Jimmy Spencer. Sixth is Bill Elliott. Here's the pace car, that Pontiac machine pulling off the banking up in turn number four, getting ready to go back to green flag racing and hopefully stay that way for the better part of the day. They come down to the line, single file, won't stay that way very long. Earnhardt, as usual, on the break, pulls away some three or four car lengths as they hit turn one. Back about seventh in line, Jeff Bodine jumps out of line, goes to work on Bill Elliott. They'll battle side by side, coming into the corner. Right behind them, Sterling Marlin. He joins Elliott in the outside groove, trying to get by Bodine. That'll be a four-way battle for the sixth position on back as the front five runs single file. Still Bodine to the inside of Elliott, Schrader to the inside of Marlin. Double file now into the banking of three and four. As Elliott's car goes up the banking, Jeff Bodine stays low. The Budweiser Ford picking up a spot. A little tire smoke off the Heinz Pontiac for Jimmy Spencer. He keeps his machine in a straight line. The field now battles back to turn one with Kenny Schrader and Sterling Marlin battling back at eighth. Back for the eighth position. It's Kenny Schrader on the inside of Sterling Marlin. Marlin tries to hold his race car down coming to the turn. He drifts up a bit. Schrader gets the edge, but here comes Marlin again. Still the battle on the racetrack for the eighth spot as Marlin goes to the high side of Schrader. He's going to get the spot. Schrader will drop back in single file as they head through the corner. They get sorted out all the way back through about the 12th position. They are running single file, and we had thought in the early going we might see Derek Cope make a charge right up to the front of the pack after that run in practice here yesterday afternoon, but so far he's been caught back in that traffic and has not been able to do it. Single file, they're back to turn two. Still keeping an eye on Ricky Rudd. He continues to backpedal. He's dropped back to 15th, now 16th position as the Bobby Hillen Jr. car and Davey Allison go by. Ken Schrader wants a piece of Sterling Marlin again, looks down to the inside of the Sunoco Oldsmobile as they hit the end of the back straightaway. Schrader is going to pick up the eighth spot into turn number three. Marlin gets kicked back to ninth. The other man on the move was Davey Allison, but now he gets squeezed between two other cars, including the lapped machine of H.P. Bailey. Davey is running in 18th position after starting in 28th because of owner points. The leaders are back in one. Earnhardt goes to the high side of the racetrack to bypass the slower car of Jack Pennington. He's picked up four car lengths now in second place Morgan Shepard. Rusty Wallace beginning to mount a challenge on Morgan Shepard for second spot now. Wallace tightening down on the back deck. One car swinging out of line on the back straightaway. Bobby Hillen, a little evasive move as Michael Waltrip had to get off the throttle on the back straightaway, but everybody gets back in line. And it's very obvious in the early going some of the cars have indeed, as they told our pit reporters earlier, probably missed the setup. We're seeing some cars already kind of skittering up the banking a little bit, and they'll all be looking forward to that first pit stop to make a couple of adjustments on the machine. The difference right now between Dale Earnhardt in 10th place is almost three seconds to give you an idea of just how quick he is already getting around this racetrack. As we told you earlier, he demolished the field here in November. He may do it again today. He's back in three. We'll check on the battle for fifth spot now as Jeff Bodine swings down to the inside of Jimmy Spencer. He'll pick up the spot as they come into the corner. Jeff really making his moves between three and four. That's where he bypassed Bill Elliott a short while ago. Now he makes the move past Spencer. Jack Pennington is back on the racetrack. He is seven laps down after the problem with the rotor button that Winston Kelly told us about earlier. Fourteen laps are in the book. The leader is Dale Earnhardt. Single file. Earnhardt leads him back off the corner. The 
battle will be tightening up shortly for the second spot. Rusty Wallace closes in even more on the second place car of Morgan Shepard. While Wallace tries to reel Shepard in, Earnhardt's pulling away now. We'll make it about 20 car lengths over that second place battle. Farther back, Ken Schrader picks up another spot, moving up into sixth place, going around Bill Elliott. Schrader has one of the stronger cars in the early going here this afternoon. He's knocked off several spots as he works his way up through traffic and tries to get back to the front of the pack. The interval now between the first place and second place is a little better than second, so Dale Earnhardt is opening up the gap. They're back in turn two. Back at about the seventh position is where the real dicing up is going on. That's where Bill Elliott rides alongside the Sterling Marlin car. They race side by side. Derek Cope right behind waiting for a chance to make a move. Marlin is down to the inside. Elliott is on the high side as they come to the end of the back straightaway. Elliott's going to lose a spot now, although Marlin breaks traction just a bit. They touch for just a second. Now Marlin gets it back to the bottom of the track. So as Bill Elliott again goes up about a half groove higher than Sterling, it opens up the inside for the Sunoco car, and here comes Derek Cope. He was really working well in practice late yesterday. He's going to challenge Bill Elliott in one. He gets by, too, taking the inside line, goes by to pick up the eighth position. Derek Cope now sets his sights on Sterling Marlin. Marlin has the outside lane as they come off turn two. Here's Cope trying him on the inside. Now Cope falls back in line, single file, as Marlin gets the jump off the corner. Couple of spots farther up front. Ken Schrader is ducked around. Jimmy Spencer continuing his march to the front. They'll put 16 laps on the board this time by with Dale Earnhardt setting the pace in the Motorcraft 500. We'll be right back. Citywide to countryside. Whatever you drive, wherever you go, Hercules Tires has the value, selection, and industry-leading warranty to get you there, no matter where the road takes you. Go to HerculesTire.com. There you can find the nearest authorized Hercules retail location to you. Plus, you can use the tire tracker to find out which Hercules tire fits your vehicle the best. That's HerculesTire.com. Hercules Tires. Ride on our strength. The lead is now two seconds for Dale Earnhardt over second place here at the Atlanta International Raceway. Morgan Shepard is running behind Earnhardt at this juncture. I'm Eli Gold along with Barney Hall, the entire MRN crew here in Atlanta, Georgia. We welcome you to the Motorcraft 500. Barney, oftentimes you'll see it happen, but even more so here this weekend because of all the rain and the limited practice time. A lot of the teams have just totally missed the setup. And as you said earlier, when you're in the turns for so much of the lap here, one mile of the mile and a half of this racetrack as a turn, you lose the setup, you are in a world of hurt very, very early in the day. Well, it exaggerates itself here at Atlanta. A car could be a little off at some of the tracks. It wouldn't make that much difference. You'd be able to nurse it along and hang right up there. But Atlanta, with the corners being so much in the turn, as you said, all the way around, it really makes a big difference. And just looking trackside already in both ends of this racetrack, you can see at least a half a dozen to a dozen of the top cars that certainly can't keep it at the bottom of the speedway. Mike Joy is on pit road, and Ricky Rudd have been sliding back through the field a little bit. Michael? Well, Barney, Ricky, uh, rather, Waddell Wilson told us they were trying to figure out the stagger and get that squared away and get him adjusted. I want to ask a question of a fellow who knows a lot about chassis setup. Paul Gilton has been a consultant for many teams, and what we're talking about, Paul, is what a small difference it is between having the right setup and missing the setup just a little bit. How small a difference is that? Well, if you miss it just a little bit, you'll probably lose a quarter of a second a lap. But how small can it be? Eighth of an inch on a sway bar, 100 pounds in a spring? Oh, sure. Absolutely. Maybe even a quarter of an inch of stagger or uh, five degrees of spoiler. If you miss, you just keep on overheating the same tire over and over and over. Well, when you hit it right, you're a hero. And when you miss it, fortunately, you get a few chances to come in and change it. A lot of teams are looking to do that right now. Well, they'd welcome a caution flag right now. 
to try and get in there and have a lengthy one to maybe make some adjustments on the chassis. We heard a couple of the drivers tell us, usually in the first three or four laps, Ricky Rudd was one of those, you're going to know whether you've hit it or whether you haven't. Now, Dick Brooks has been in a race car a lot of years, and you've run Atlanta here and had some good runs. And, Dick, this is that kind of track we were talking about. If the handle goes away, in other words, being able to make that car turn and stick where you want it to in the corner, you are in a world of hurt, obviously. Well, you really are. Uh, uh, Marty, this is a funny racetrack. When you go down and turn one, you just keep driving the car all the way down into it. You drive it off of the uh, straightaway, which is kind of rough, actually. There's two or three bumps right at the end of the straightaway. And then it kind of glides down uh, just to past the 76 ball down there. And there's a big hole. In fact, that hole's so big that in the, in the early 70s and such, when the automobile companies were down here doing a lot of testing, they would come down with, with uh, special things in mind and uh, special equipment in the car to test those bumps or that particular bump. And then if it, the car rides over that thing, then you just plant it back down and you go. And it just uh, it's just amazing what you can do to somebody that can't ride over the bump the same way as you can. When you go down into three, you do the same thing. You drive it till the car breaks loose one way or the other, whether the front starts to push or the rear has a tendency to get loose. Then you ease the throttle out as much as you can, and then you stay. If you're in the bottom, you start in a ripple session down there. There's a lot of ripples and stuff down there, and uh, and if a car will stay through those ripples, uh, he was talking about just a quarter-inch stagger or a little bit of shock or a little bit of uh, sway bar, one or the other. If the car will ride through those ripples and you can keep your foot in it, there again, it's just, it's just amazing what you can do to the guy behind you. You just drive away from him, and, and uh, for instance, like Earnhardt now, he's hooked up about that away, and some of those other guys are not. You can see him hit that bump in the first turn. I see a red car down there. I'm so far away, I can't see the number. But then what happened to him? He run down in there, bumped it, and he went all the way to the white stuff. So, uh, uh, and one, another thing is, is they had a caution flag. Everybody was hoping for a caution early in the race. But two laps or three laps into the race just was not enough for these guys to have an idea of what to do with it. I think Waddell mentioned that. They're not going to bring him in because they don't know for sure what to do with him yet. Right now is when they need a caution to start making those adjustments. If they don't, we're going to have a pretty good runaway. So the way things work right now, the red car that Dick Brooks was talking about was Jimmy Spencer. He has gone from a very fine starting spot to what is now almost one half lap down behind Dale Earnhardt. But conversely, Joe Moore, we were watching Morgan Shepard go around some slower cars before. And Morgan went all the way out to the wall, just kind of going wherever that car wanted to go. And he got a good run off the turn again. As long as he didn't have to work on traffic, Eli, he was able to hold the inside line pretty well. The car would wash out just a bit. But you're right, once he was dealing with some of the slower traffic and went up in the outside, side lane. The car did not want to handle it. Wanted to take him all the way up to the wall. He almost got up in the loose stuff. The marbles at the top of the racetrack. I could have spelled some trouble for Morgan Shepard. For now, he's holding his spot. But again, still an ill-handling car there for Morgan Shepard. Let's pause 10 seconds on MRN Radio for station identification. Well, Dale Earnhardt is just threatening to pull off and lap the whole field here this afternoon, much the same as he almost did when we were here in November for the, to ring down the curtain on the Winston Cup season last year. He is a little better than four seconds ahead of Morgan Shepard, who rides in the number two position as they work around this racetrack right now. He has just got it dialed in. That's about all you can say, because when he can pick his line, and, and that's what they work on. We talked to him a little bit yesterday afternoon here on our, our poll qualifying show here from Atlanta. And he said that one of their strong suits over the years that they have found out the horsepower is great, but that car has got to work. You've got to be able to turn it in the corners to do whatever you need with it. That's been his strong suit. And when Earnhardt gets a car hooked up, as many times as we watched him do it, he is awfully hard to catch. And Atlanta seems to be his cup of tea as he works back to turn three. 
Down into the banking now. Dale is just hugging it right along the bottom of the racetrack, passing race cars inside and outside. Wherever he's encountering lap traffic, that's where he's overtaking them, and that's unusual. Usually you see a driver, when he approaches a lap car, he prefers to pass them on the outside lap after lap, or he prefers to set them up and pass them on the inside lap after lap. Doesn't matter to Dale the way he's running right now. He's taking them either way. However they come up on the board, he's going by. We told you Jimmy Spencer's car was backpedaling. He's on pit lane for service now. Let's get an update. Well, they're not waiting. They're going right in for four tires. They're going to fill it up with gas. This could not be considered a scheduled stop. It's far too early. But the gamble is being made on that car to make the change, put the four tires on it, and try to improve the handling now rather than lose any more time backpedaling through the field. Earnhardt goes across the line. That will put 33 laps on the board. We should see routine pit stops coming around lap 64 to maybe 67, somewhere in that range, if they run what would be considered a normal pit stop here at Atlanta this afternoon. 33 laps complete. Earnhardt again is threatening to lap this entire field. He works his way down into turn number three again. He's all by himself. It's a little better than five seconds now. Back to Morgan Shepard's car. Shepard has it dialed in pretty good himself. He's being able to keep the car at the bottom of the racetrack pretty well. But Earnhardt is certainly the class of the field in the early going. We'll take a short break, and we'll be back in a moment. Hi, this is Pat Summerall. Looking for the best sellers in town? You'll find them in the Hardware Week circular from True Value Hardware Stores. Like the Master Mechanic 19-inch flat-top toolbox. It features a handy tote tray and sturdy metal design for just $8.88. Or get the Warner 22-inch step stool. It's crafted of quality pine with steel spreader bars, and it's only $5. Look for the best sellers and more in the Hardware Week circular from participating True Value Hardware stores and home centers. Okay, crank her up again. <laughs> what was that? Try it again. <laughs> gimme baby Ruth. It said gimme a baby Ruth. It's not eating my baby Ruth. Well, this was gonna be my lunch. No. I hope no officials are looking. Oh, it worked! Hey, hey, wait till Junior hears about this. Baby Ruth, the official candy bar of NASCAR's legendary Junior Johnson. 35 laps are completed. The Motorcraft 500 here this afternoon. 328 will make up the event when the day is over. Dale Earnhardt right now leading Morgan Shepard. From the Atlanta International Raceway, this is MRN Radio. Welcome back to the Atlanta International Raceway. The Motorcraft 500 is underway. Dale Earnhardt leads Morgan Shepard, Jeff Bodine, Kenny Schrader. Then come the Ernie Irvin machine, followed by Rusty Wallace. The lead for Earnhardt is now five and a half seconds, but Joe Moore in front of you a couple of laps ago in turn number two. Things began to shake up in a hurry. I'll tell you what, when some of those lead cars already are dicing around for position, and they come up on some lap traffic, it gets to be some heavy doing here. They got three, almost four wide as they came to the corner. Everybody made it out unscathed. Uh, Bodine, of course, holding his position. The guy we're watching is really moving up through the field is Ernie Irvin. Now, he's getting close to that pack of traffic. He's moved up now to the fifth position. Irving doing a good job here. His first ride of the Morgan McClure car this afternoon. Ernie taking over for Phil Parsons, who was relieved of the driving chores on that car a couple of weeks ago. I asked Ernie yesterday if now that you have a really quality machine under you, if there's going to be a tendency to take an extra chance or two with that car this afternoon. I honestly think I'll be more patient now because I I should have a better race car. We're going to have tires to put on and uh, real good engines with run. Um, you know, that sort of thing. So 
so I could be a little more patient and have a race car to fall back on instead of having to overdrive to try to go fast. Marty, we were talking with Ernie on NASCAR Live Tuesday night and recounted the qualifying race at Daytona for the Goodies 300, the race they held there that Friday afternoon when Ernie went three wide almost to the apron of turns one and two in Daytona to grab the victory in that uh, race. And that showed a lot of folks right there that Ernie Irvin is very much deserving of a big-time shot in Winston Cup racing. Well, he's looked good toward the end of the season last year. They had some really very strong finishes, and he certainly earned the ride, and he's doing well this afternoon. Let's go to pit road. Well, Barney was standing in in, uh, in the pits with uh, Tony Glover, Ernie Evering's uh, crew chief. Tony, you started in 30th place. I know there hasn't been many cautions or anything or anything to bank it up. You guys have made it up on the racetrack. Did he say anything about the car being super well or just uh, just got a good handling? Uh, uh, he's talking to him. Right now we're just a little bit loose, but he's really he's really driving his heart out. Well, I'd say he sure is, but it's hard to be a little bit loose. Sorry for the pause there, but about the time he started to say something, uh, Ernie talked to him on the radio. But the car does look good. The crew is uh, standing in uh, shock or amazement. One or the other, they're just tickled to death. Another crew just like that at Bud Moore's crew. He's way down here at the end of pit road where you can see turns one and two. Bud, which is easier, being able to watch the car out there go around when they're racing three wide or standing on a pit road like Daytona where you don't have to watch them go three wide like they were a bit ago? Well, you know, here in Atlanta where we pit at, you can see the whole racetrack, and that's a good advantage for me so I can tell the driver uh, where he's making better time and this up on the racetrack. So it's an exciting race for us, too, here in Atlanta, so we can see the race, too. Okay. Marty, they're doing real well out there. Morgan Shepard with what is essentially a Daytona Talladega car that they've had to take an adapt to run on the mile and a half here. He's given it a good run in the early going this afternoon. 43 laps are completed of the Motorcraft 500. Dale Earnhardt continues to lead. Morgan Shepard is second. Kenny Schrader has now worked his way up into third spot. They're posting fourth right now. Jeff Bodine and fifth, Ernie Irvin, continues to run exceptionally strong. The average speed with just one caution flag. They're showing on the infield scoreboard 137-plus miles an hour. So as the day goes by here this afternoon, we've talked about quite a few cars needing to get on the pit road and make those adjustments to kind of get the car dialed into this racing surface. And it's getting a little worse instead of a little better for a lot of those cars out there. A lot of the cars continuing to climb the banking, and very soon they'll be running out of racing room. Of course, as we look skyward, there's no question as to where we are this afternoon as an airplane goes across the infield, dragging one of those banners behind it that says, Good luck, Bill, from the guys at the Dawson Bill Pool Room. This is very much Bill Elliott country. And so far, Elliott, along with everybody else, trying gamely to hang on to Dale Earnhardt. One car that was on the run for a short while before was Rusty Wallace. He has now settled back in to bide his time. So, too, has the Derek Cope car. But now Cope Joe begins to climb the banking just a bit in the turn. He's working with Kyle Petty trying to get around that car, which he finally has made his move on. He got uh, real close to the wall here about a lap ago, but held on gamely, and he holds his position there. Finally. Tell you who else had had a good run in the early going. was knocking off positions right and left and coming up through the field now and just seemed to settle in to run where he is is Richard Petty. In the very beginning of this race this afternoon, Richard had knocked off some seven or eight positions and was coming right on toward the front of the field. Now, he's won here at Atlanta a great number of times, likes this racetrack, and feels like he knows to 
what kind of combination he needs. But of course, there, as we said when we came on, there are a lot of unknown factors in this race today. For example, they did they got very limited practice, none on Friday at all, no qualifying, and only about two hours and a half of practice all day yesterday. And that's all they've had. They're running a little little different tire compound here to Eli, and the tires that Goodyear brought are is a good tire, but it's a little bit harder compound, and that makes you have to do a little bit more with the race car itself. Take a guy like Alan Kowicki, normally runs pretty well on this racetrack. He's now in 15th position. Did the lack of track time this weekend hurt Alan Kowicki? Well, yeah, it's probably going to hurt some teams more than others. You know, we had a relatively good setup here last year, and so I think we'll get our car working good. Uh, we're not up there in the point setting, so we're going to have to start farther back. We're probably not going to get a real good pit spot. Uh, you know, we can get past the first... Uh, 100 miles this race, we get past the first caution flag or something, get caught up, I think we'll be all right. One of my biggest concerns is if something happens in the middle of the pack, why will happen in front of us? Let's take you a little bit back, a little bit further back through the field right now. Earnhardt is the leader. Morgan Shepard running second. Kenny Schrader third. Jeff Bodine is fourth. And Ernie Irvin now running in the fifth spot. Sixth is Darrell Waltrip. Rusty Wallace is seventh. Eighth is Derek Cope. Kyle Petty is ninth and tenth is Sterling Marlin. Bobby Hillen is eleventh. Michael Waltrip twelfth. Thirteenth is Davey Allison. Bill Elliott is fourteenth. And Alan Kowicki is fifteenth. All of these cars are still on the lead lap. Harry Gant is sixteenth. Seventeenth is Mark Martin. Eighteenth now is Brett Bodine. Neil Bonnet is 19th and Richard Petty 20th. 21st is Buddy Baker. 22nd now is Ricky Rudd. Butch Miller is 23rd. 24th is Hutch Strickland. One lap down in 25th place will be Chad Little. One lap down is Rob Moroso in 26th. Also a lap down, Larry Pearson in 27th spot. And uh, that's how they're running with the... At this point, 50 laps on the scoreboard of the total of 328 that make up today's Motorcraft 500. Uh, hello, officer. You know you're not supposed to be driving out here? Here? The racetrack, notice the checkered flags. Oh, look at that. The fact that no one signals while changing lanes at 200 miles per hour. Uh, yeah, but you see, I was just stopping by for some Unical racing gasoline. Right. The fuel of NASCAR champions. Afraid you'll have to get Unical's 108-octane leaded racing gasoline where everyone else does, sir. In the pits? No, at Unical. Really? Just call 1-800-447-4700 for the nearest special Unical distributor. Oh. And, sir, yes? real race car drivers don't wear football helmets. Oh, Right. Race fans, on your next shopping trip, ask for Dinner Bell Meats, the proud sponsor of the Top Dog Award and the official meat products of NASCAR. Winning combinations are certainly hard to find on the racetrack, but the winning combination you're looking for at your favorite supermarket in great meat taste is Dinner Bell Meats. Be sure and ask for the great lineup of quality meat products from Dinner Bell on your next shopping trip. Dinner Bell for great hot dogs, hams, bacon, and specially prepared lunch meats available at your favorite supermarket meat counter. We're 52 laps into the Motorcraft 500 here this afternoon as Dale Earnhardt leads Kenny Schrader right now and Morgan Shepard, the top three. From the Atlanta International Raceway, this is MRN Radio. We are 54 laps complete here at the Atlanta International Raceway. It has been Dale Earnhardt from start to finish. His lead has varied anywhere from one second to five to six to seven seconds. That's how dominant he is. The last time by on the racetrack, Michael Waltrip's car came up a bit... uh, Untoward, and now he's on pit road in front of Dick Brooks. Well, as he came by, just uh, just as he passed us in the center part of the straightaway, the car just went flat on him, or just started to change tune anyway. And when he came in, the motor's not running. 
And they know exactly what it is. They're underneath the hood. They're, they've got the cowling off, and they're going toward the distributor. So I think probably they think it's a rotary button also in his car. So we'll know just in a minute. We're seeing some pit stop. Ryan pulls in and gets two right side tires. The right front had a little bit of irregular wear on it. And again, a little early for a scheduled pit stop. The field should be in here in about the next 10 or 15 laps. But Larry McReynolds feeling get those tires off the car and make a change now instead of backing up. And the leader is on pit road. Dale Earnhardt elects to come in a little bit early as Rusty Wallace was in just before him. They changed right side rubber on Wallace's car. He is down and away. Earnhardt is pitting all the way down toward turn number one. Let's go back to Mike Joy. Right, we can't see from behind the pit wall. We'll get down there for you in a minute. Okay, it's just a routine stop, and we predicted a little bit earlier that most of these cars, with the way the handle was on, quite a few of them would make that pit stop maybe a lap or two early. Normally, they could go at least 63 or four laps and as high as 67 in some cases here at Atlanta, but we're already seeing pit stops. They're going all the way around on Earnhardt's car. It was a four-tire change. Derek Cope is also in for service on the Purolator machine, and now comes the Ricky Rudd car. He's in for service in front of Mike Joy. I would imagine they put four on that car, and uh, Waddell was talking about changing the handling setup with Stagger rather than going into the jacking bolt. That appears to be what they're doing as they finish up the right side change, and that second can of gasoline goes in. Jackman working his way around to the left side of the car, and it will be four tires, and they'll see if they can make the adjustment with Stagger and catch Ricky back up. Here is Mark Martin making a scheduled stop also as down and away as Ernie Irvin as he pits the Kodak car and will go back onto the racetrack. And probably the next four or five laps, we'll see just about everyone in. Here's Buddy Baker bringing Junie Donlevy's car onto pit road. Kenny Schrader currently is the leader. He has yet to make an appearance on pit road with 58 laps now complete. Jeff Bodine has moved up into the number two spot as they work their way around this racetrack. Let's go back to the pits and Dick Brooks. Well, they're doing a little bit of adjustment on some of the cars. I think Mark Martin's car. They were jacking some weight down on the right-hand side of the car, right rear of the car. So that would have a tendency to make you believe that the car was pushing a little bit or too tight and want, not wanting to turn. Uh, most of the cars, though, I think they're probably trying to make the adjustments with tire, tire stagger. They can loosen or tighten the car pretty well. If they change in all four tires, they can make a lot of change on it just with tire stagger. And most of them are doing it, I think. Now, interestingly, some of the teams have taken on four tires, but Mark Martin takes on two. Davey Allison takes on two tires. So the strategy, as Dick Brooks said, is varied from one team to the next. Neil Bonnet is in for service. Also, Alan Kulwicki and Chad Little's machine. Let's go down to Mike Joy again. Kyle Petty is in getting right, right side tires. The driver just flat dominated Rockingham, Gary Nelson, and his team. It's going to be right only. And two cans of gas. He barely get that last one all the way in, and he's away. Let's go to the garage in Winston Kelly. Mickey Gibbs has retired his fourth Thunderbird. He's just stepped into the trailer. And before we catch a comment with him, report briefly that Jack Pennington is still having distributor problems. Mickey, you've retired the Ford. What's the problem on it? Well, we don't know for sure, Winston. They're checking the motor now. I think we broke something in the valve train, maybe a valve spring or been a valve or something. The car just never was up to snuff all day from the start of the race when you had a little problem, and it just continuously got worse. So when we lost the cylinder, we decided to park it. That's Alabama driver Mickey Gibbs. And the leader is on pit road. Kenny Schrader in for service on lap number 61. Let's follow his pit stop. Well, we're about midway through scheduled pit stops here. Of course, uh, Sterling Marlon, Darrell Walter still gets to in as Kenny Schrader's team goes to work on that Kodiak car that he's had up towards the front. It's going to be right side tires only for Schrader. Yep, that's all. Second can of gas. Just those last drops dribbling in, and he gets away. Took an extra second or two to get all the Harry Gann is pitting his Skull Bandit machine right now. They'll service his car. They're changing right side rubber on it. We're not under caution. This is a green flag pit stop here at Atlanta with just 62 laps complete. Let's go back to pit road. Well, Harry Gann 
only took two tires. Richard Petty only took two tires. Some of these guys are, are going to uh, gamble a little bit. Of course, I said that Earnhardt took on four with the lead he's got. And the, uh, you know, when, you, when you've got something when you're holding three aces and you still got a draw, you know, you might want to go ahead and gamble a little bit. And that's probably what uh, Chillers and them decide to do. That'll give them a little bit more of advantage as long as there's not a caution that comes out before everybody else pits. The Michael Waldrop car, they pushed it in behind the wall. It busted a camshaft, so he's out for the day. So we're showing three cars out of the race. Terry Labonte, Mickey Gibbs, and Michael Waldrop are the cars that we're posting out of the event here this afternoon. We'll see a few more cars coming out of pit road. Here is Sterling Marlin bringing his machine in, and he had been running in the no- number two position. After all the other cars had pitted just a moment ago, let's cover his stop down to Mike Joy. Barney, again, only two tires, right side. The cars that have been working well, most of them electing two, with the exception of Earnhardt. The cars that need a change take on four. And I see the gas mileage kings of NASCAR about to come in. Jeff Bodine is in the pit lane, and the signboard's also out for Darrell Walters. Let's see what Tim Brewer and crew do on the Bodine machine. Jeffrey's wife, Kathy, celebrating a big birthday today. She doesn't want us to know how many, but Jeff told everybody anyhow. Right side tire for Bodine, and it looks like Daryl will hang out there a lot, so he gets a much cleaner entry in and out of the pit. He's just one stall down past the Bodine car. Good, quick, step, quick, yeah. I can tell you about it. Pit stop for Jeff Bodine and crew. So the service completed to the Budweiser Ford. Darrell Waltrip now is slowing on the racetrack. He'll be coming in for service. And there's problem on the Mr. Peanut machine as Butch Miller's car can't refire. But now the crew pushing him down the pit road. And Butch is back on his way. We are 64 laps complete. And here comes one of the last of the lead cars to pit. Darrell Waltrip bringing the Tide Chevrolet in to the attention of Jeff Hammond and the crew back down the pit road. Well, that's no surprise. They got 98 miles out of this tank of fuel. And, uh, they have long been the best gas mileage team in NASCAR. Interesting as they put right side tires on the car to note that many of these teams are running the front grills partially blocked. Temperature expected about 72, 74 today. So they're not running those air in that's wide open. Walter was away and gone. Good pass stop for two tires. They'll just about get all the front runners now that have been on pit road and made this stop under green. We're working lap number 65 here at Atlanta. This is going to jumble up the running order a little bit. And as soon as NASCAR timing and scoring gives it to us, we'll pass it along to you. And just joined our broadcast, we've had only one caution flag. It came out early at lap number five, a blown engine on Terry Labonte's car, and he has gone behind the wall along with Mickey Gibbs and Michael Walter. And that is the situation here in Atlanta right now as we're working lap number 66. Barney, we've caught up with Michael Waltrip. Michael Dick said there was something wrong in the motor. What was the problem? Well, evidently our Pontiac broke a camshaft or uh, or a timing chain or something. Same thing happened at Rockingham, basically. Uh, Except here, I thought we could have uh, really run good in this race. We were a little tight when the race first started in the Country Time Michael House Pontiac. Uh, started coming to us. We were running a little bit faster than the leaders and gaining on on uh, everybody in the in the race. So uh, I'm real disappointed for my team, but uh, they'll always be next week and, and uh, try to do better with uh, down at Darlington. I guess. That's Michael Walter. He's retired to Country Time Pontiac. Here's the running order after green flag pit stops. Dale Earnhardt does lead. Then comes Jeff Bodine. Kenny Schrader is third, and Rick Wilson, or excuse me, I should say Ernie Irvin, running in fourth. Fifth place is Darrell Waltrip. Neil Bonnet is sixth. Derek Cope now showing in seventh. And Rusty Wallace is in eighth. That is as of this very moment, lap 67 after the round of green flag pit stops. We have more details for you now on today's right guard halfway challenge contest. The exciting halfway lap where the driver who wins the right guard halfway challenge gets $10,000. And you could win a brand new Pontiac Grand Prix SE. To enter the contest, here's the phone number, 1-900-226-6600. 
then stay tuned to the broadcast and stay by your phone because after the halfway portion of today's race, one sweepstakes entry will be drawn at random and called at home. And if you get that lucky phone call and you can tell us which driver led it halfway and won the right guard halfway challenge, well, if you do that, you'll win a brand new Pontiac Grand Prix. So enter the contest now by calling 1-900-226-6600 before the halfway lap. You must be at least 18 years old. Enter as often as you'd like, but each call costs 90 cents. Contest void where prohibited. No purchase necessary. For complete rules or mail and entry forms for the next race, see participating stores where right guard is sold. Or on the 3x5 card, write the words right guard halfway challenge along with your name, address, and telephone number. Send it to post office box 9. Hackensack, New Jersey, 07602. Uh, today's right guard halfway challenge is coming up on lap number 164. We are now on lap number 70. And the leader is Dale Earnhardt after this round of pit stops for just about the entire field. Jeff Bodine currently is riding in the number two spot, and Kenny Schrader is being posted third. From the Atlanta International Raceway, this is MRN Radio. It is a two-and-a-half-second lead for race leader Dale Earnhardt in the Motorcraft Quality Parts 500 here at the Atlanta International Raceway. Second place, Jeff Bodine, then has four seconds on third place, Ken Schrader, followed by Ernie Irvin and Morgan Shepard. That's the top five. We are on lap 73, and you're tuned to MRN Radio with our live coverage of the Motorcraft 500 next weekend on to Hickory, North Carolina, and in two weeks, Darlington Raceway in South Carolina for the Trans-South 500. Barney, at this juncture, Jeff Bodine might be the only car here after the adjustments they made on pit road to be able to stay with the race leader, Dale Earnhardt. Earnhardt's doing here today what uh, Kyle Petty and the Peak Pontiac did a couple of weeks ago at Rockingham, dominating basically from the word go. Just about passing anybody, anywhere, wherever he catches them on the racetrack, whether it's the middle of the turn or here in the front straightaway or just about wherever. He's been around on the outside a couple of times, Joe Moore, on some of those passes over in your area. This time he makes a move down to the inside. The car handles well up high as well as it does down low. As he passes us here, he's working on Richard Petty, putting him a lap down. We watched a couple of cars get up in that outside groove. When they get up there, the car wants to wash out. Mark Stahl almost got into the wall here about five laps ago. He was trying to pass some lap traffic, got up too high, and there's a bit of sand and dirt. Any kind of debris that gathers on the racetrack gets kicked up into the outside lane up against the wall there. If you get into that, it's like trying to drive on a dirt road. Stahl almost cocked his car sideways. But again, Earnhardt can put it up there, down low, any place he wants to. The car handles well. That's what's got him up front. Kyle Petty currently running in eighth place as we are 75 laps into the event. Tom Hervis has joined us in the booth as the chairman of the board of Old World, the makers of peak antifreeze and coolant. Kyle's having a good run today, but nothing in comparison to what we saw at Rockingham a couple of weekends ago. That was totally remarkable. Well, that was that was really exciting for us all at, uh, at Old World and Peak. It was a new experience for us with, with, with Kyle. He really turned us on, and now we're sort of looking for big things in, in every race. You know, when you folks got involved in sports, you did it in a big way between Wayne Gretzky and, and Mike Ditka and Kyle Petty. Uh, Peak has jumped in with both feet, going to the, the broad range of sports fans. Well, we're in a real real competitive business with, with antifreeze, and we thought that uh, that the uh, that the football, the uh, Wayne Gretzky and, and race car driving really melded in, in together. So we're real happy. We think we have three great spokesmen. I would think you've gotten the response you would expect from the Petty family relationship, too. Well, the Petty family relationship is great. I've been traveling around the southeast now for the last week or so, and we I just gotten so many comments on Kyle and the race, and uh, we're, we're, really, we're really happy and excited, and I think that the Sabco racing team has done a heck of a job, and uh, Gary Nelson, they put together a real good, good team. 
Well, Mr. Herbert, it's great to have you with us here in Atlanta, and uh, congratulations on the association with Kyle and Felix and all those folks are good people. Thank you. Tom Hervis, chairman of the board of Old World, the makers of peak antifreeze and summer coolant. Looking on as his car right now, Kyle Petty, running in eighth place, doing a good job as best anyone can today to hang with Dale Earnhardt in the early portion of the Motocraft 500. Just put the clock on Earnhardt a moment ago, and already after this round of pit stops, he is still back out front by almost three seconds over the second-place car, Jeff Bodine. That seems to be the only car in the early going here this afternoon that's able to really keep him within a straightaway. Third place right now belongs to Kenny Schrader, and he is almost a full eight seconds behind the leader, Dale Earnhardt. Fourth and continuing to have a great run here after coming all the way up from about 30th position is Ernie Urban in the Kodak car. Fifth place, that will be Morgan Shepard. Sixth, they're still showing Derek Cope. Seventh, looks like Neil Bonnet. Eighth is Kyle Petty. Back in ninth position, Rusty Wallace. Darrell Waltrip round out the top ten. Eleventh should be Harry Gant. Twelfth looks like Davey Allison. Sterling Marlin, 13th. Fourteenth, Bobby Hillen. And fifteenth, Alan Kowicki. So there are quite a few cars. What they're showing, 17, at least 17 still on the lead lap. Right. Bill Elliott and Mark Martin would be the only other two cars on the lead lap. One lap down is Richard Petty in 18th. Brett Bodine in 19th. Jimmy Spencer in 20th. 21st is the Ricky Red car. 22nd, Rob Moroso. 23rd place is Dick Trickle. Buddy Baker in 24th. 25th is Butch Miller. All these cars are a lap down. 26th now is being shown Larry Pearson. Rick Wilson, 27th. And 28th place is Chad Little. I was asking Rusty Wallace the other day what the different cars setups are like here at Atlanta or is there just one set way to get around this place? Almost all the setups we bring here to land are always pretty close. Sure, sometimes we'll start the the, the, uh, the race with not enough wedge or the, the adjustment on the chassis just a little off but that's something we can do through the jack bolts. Uh, I remember the last race here going for the championship. I started a race where I thought I was perfect and the very next day it heated up and got warmer and my car was loose. Temperatures here have been pretty much standard throughout the weekend. Again, there was precious little track time because of all the rains that pelted down in the Atlanta area over the weekend. Average speed at this juncture of the event, 148.086 miles an hour. Just joining us, we have had only one caution flag. That came out on lap number five as Terry Labonte lost an engine between turns three and four. We went back to green shortly thereafter and have been under the green since that time. Let's pause 10 seconds on MRN radio for station identification. H.B. Bailey bringing his car on a pit road would be an unscheduled stop. H.B. only makes a few races a year coming out of uh, his home out in Texas to run a few races with us. He's in the field this afternoon. This would be an unscheduled stop. It looks like they're going to change some right, tide, right side tires. 82 laps are complete. 328 will make up the event the Motorcraft 500 this afternoon. The closest thing to a tight battle on the racetrack right now would be for third position between Kenny Schrader and young Ernie Irvin. They've been running just about four or five car lengths apart. Now they tighten it up even more, and Urban closes in on him down in turn one. Urban draws a line on him coming into turn number one, and now into turn two, tries to get the outside lane. Schrader is there blocking that move. They'll go back into single file here in this battle for third. Urban has been trying to use lap traffic to get around Schrader for about the last five or six laps around the racetrack. This time they come up on the Rick Mast car. Mast slides up the banking. Schrader is going to take a look low, and Urban will have to follow. Ernie's got a big old smile on his face. I'll bet right now the way things have shaken down for him over the last couple of weeks. Off turn number four, they come back to the stripe, and Schrader holding Ernie Irvin at bay in the battle for third place. It's a car length and a half between the two back to turn one. This time to separate the two cars, the buddy, or rather make that the Rick Mast car, he'll sit right there in front of Ernie Irvin, hold him up just a little bit, so Irvin falls back, now makes his move around Rick Mast. Irvin sticks the bright yellow Oldsmobile down to the inside of the racetrack, overtaking Rick Mast's white automobile. Now it's that lap traffic separating them has allowed Schrader to get away by about seven car lengths. Has to be a lot of 
pressure on a young driver like Ernie Irvin to get a break to get in this caliber of car. And I talked with Larry McClure, who owns that race car, yesterday about the transition there of putting him in the car, replacing Phil Parsons a couple of weeks ago. And he said, I told Ernie Irvin one thing when he came to drive for us. You go out there, and you don't need to show us how good you are or what you can do. You go out there and do what you've been doing for the last whole year or so, and that's improving your position as best you can and keep the car in one piece, and that's exactly what he's doing. That's what I asked Ernie. Do you still have to prove yourself in this race car? Well, you know, I, I ran this my third full season, and um, you know, I, I got some top tens and ran pretty competitive, and I brought the car home, which was important. So I feel I've already proved that I can drive these cars. Now it's you know getting in a car of this capability and a now proven that I can go farther than what I've been doing. And Ernie Irvin doing a fine job here this afternoon, running a strong fourth spot behind the race leader, Dale Earnhardt. Second place is Jeff Bodine. Kenny Schrader is third. Then Ernie Irvin and Morgan Shepard, 85 laps into the Motorcraft 500. Just 10 laps to go, and holy cow, is it close. Hold on, Jerry. We've got a story on the Planner's Net crew. Let's go to the pit. Frank, the Planner's Net driver suffering from heat exhaustion. They're pulling him out. Wait, unbelievable. They're substituting a driver. Who can they substitute? Well, let's see. Uh, he's got a top hat, and I see a monocle. Did he pass the eye exam? It's Mr. Pena. What dedication to the racing world. He said he'll roast everybody else on the track. If you're a racing nut, eight fighters, they're nuts too. It's incredible. What a nut. Hi, I'm Richard Petty, and I'm here to tell you that if you don't like the looks of your car, shoot it. I shoot mine once a week with son-of-a-gun vinyl protectant from STP. When the dash looks dull, I shoot it. The roofs are wrecked, I shoot it. Heck, if the tires are flat, I shoot them too. Don't let your car lose its luster. Give it high-caliber protection with son-of-a-gun vinyl protectant from STP. Son-of-a-gun. What a difference. We're at the Atlanta International Raceway this afternoon to cover the Motorcraft 500. 88 of the 328 laps that make up the event are in the record book. Dale Earnhardt continues to be very much the dominant car, and that is the understatement of the day. Riding in the number two spot is still Jeff Bodine. Third position belongs to Kenny Schrader. Fourth is Ernie Irvin. And rounding out the top five right now is Morgan Shepard. From the Atlanta International Raceway, this is MRN Radio. We are at the Atlanta International Raceway. 91 laps are complete in this Dale Earnhardt benefit, or at least that's how it looks so far. He has led basically start to finish as Jimmy Spencer brings the Heinz ketchup machine onto pit road for service. 140. Uh, uh, excuse me, this would be a scheduled stop for Spencer. He came in at lap 32, so he's run about 60 laps, 59 to be exact, and comes in to get right side tires. He's been having a pretty good run here this afternoon, Jimmy Spencer, and I think he's really... Well, in the, talking to him in the garage area the other day, he said he feels like in the next maybe eight or ten races, he's got a good shot to get into victory lane. I haven't seen him pumped up like that in a long, long time. He felt the start of this season has been a pretty good one for him, actually better than expected. We really have. Uh, I'll tell you, uh, the Heinz Pontiac has been doing a great job. Uh, the crew has been working real hard, and we're surprised ourselves that we're where we are, really. Uh, you know, our, our goal this year was ten top ten finishes, and we're already a fifth of the way there, so uh, maybe we'll have a higher goal towards the middle of the season, but right now, uh, you know, we're, we're still down on earth, and we realize that uh, we're with a very elite group of people to be in the top ten in points, and uh, now uh, we might be able to stay there all year. By virtue of the points today, the car owner points, Jimmy had a super starting spot in sixth position earlier today. Another car heading to the garage area. That's Hutch Strickland out of Calera, Alabama. Winston Kelly is checking on that situation. Hutch just stepped out of the car. Hutch, what's the problem? 
Uh, Winston, I can't really tell right now. I think uh, we broke something in the top end, like in a valve train or something. Uh, the guys are checking it out, but I think our day's done. So for the Alabama gang, not quite a good day so far. Mickey Gibbs out. Also, Hutch Strickland is retired, but still got hopes with Davey Allison out on the track. And Dale Earnhardt looks like a bowling ball rolling around this thing, just going right on through the cars as though there were pins every time he catches them. He is, has an advantage now of almost a full seven seconds over the second-place car, which is Jeff Bodine. He's just turned the lap. Dale Earnhardt has of 172.031 miles an hour. That has been the quickest lap of the afternoon so far. Remember the folks from Holly Farms Chicken with that lickety split award that goes to the driver who leads the race and turns in the quickest lap of the day. Earnhardt just a few minutes ago at 172.031. It's amazing how this racetrack now behind Daytona and Talladega is the quickest track on the Winston Cup circuit. It is the third fastest track for sure, and the drivers really have to find that something that will work on that car in the corners here, and that's why we talk about handling so much. Crossing the start-finish line just in front of us right now is Bill Elliott, and right behind him is Dale Earnhardt. He has one and one-tenth of a second, and he'll put Elliott a lap down, and that is something that we don't see very often at a racetrack like this. Elliott running back in 16th position now as they work down the back straightaway up to turn three. Elliott now running about six car lengths behind the Bobby Hillen car. Earnhardt slicing his way through traffic, disposed with Brett Bodine a lap ago, now closing in on Elliott's back bumper. So as they come off the corner now, Dale Earnhardt, he's in no rush to put Elliott a lap down. He closes in on him without taking any excessive moves on the racetrack. The deficit there is about three or four car lengths as they head back to turn number one. He's already put Mark Martin a lap down as he makes his move, closing in now on Bill Elliott, making about three car length separation. Earnhardt's tightening up even more on Elliott here in on turn two. After Earnhardt gets by Elliott and Bobby Hill, and he's going to come up on a group of about seven cars, all hammering back and forth for position. Sterling Marlin, Neil Bonnet in that group, Rob Moroso, along with a couple of other cars, including Dick Trickle and Alan Kowicki. Among those automobiles, only Neil Bonnet is a lap down, Barney, so that is a good scramble going back into turn number one. And they work back into the corner, and I thought Earnhardt might put a move on him coming out of turn number four there because Elliott drifted just a little bit high. Earnhardt gets under him in turn two. Elliott sits up the banking just a bit here in turn two. Earnhardt puts it down at the bottom of the racetrack. The good red Chevrolet goes by. Earnhardt now will tuck up onto the high side of the back straightaway, sets himself up about six car lengths off of Bobby Hillen's back bumper, brings the good red Chevrolet into the corner, tucks it right down to the bottom of the racetrack. Bobby Hillen running in the 14th spot. Alan Kowicki would be ahead of Hillen, and that's only two seconds from Kowicki back to Dale Earnhardt. That's how well Earnhardt's getting around. Let's go back to Pit Road. I want to tell you, Eli, the fans took that one really sitting down. Only about 20 people at this end of the big grandstand stood up to cheer when Earnhardt went past Elliott. Shows a highly partisan local crowd, and all 20 of them were wearing black. Isn't it familiar? I think we're at Daytona. Here's Earnhardt, the dominant car. Jeff Bodine, as he was late in the 500 in second place. And Kenny Schrader, as he was early in the Daytona 500. The other of the quickest cars on the racetrack. I guess that's no surprise now that Atlanta is the next fastest track on the tour next to Daytona and, of course, Talladega. Continuing to make a good run is Jeff Bodine. As we said, he's about the only car here that seems to be able to keep the leader within a straightaway of himself as 100 laps have just been put on the scoreboard here at Atlanta in the Motocraft 500 this afternoon. And as they kind of string out a little bit around here, why don't we take a second to talk right now with Kyle Petty a little bit. Uh, I hadn't had a chance to see him because obviously I missed Rockingham a few weeks ago when he cleaned the slate, so to speak, for the Unical money up there and picked up all that cash. 
And I had a chance to talk with him. He still got that big smile on his face. I know you guys saw him after the race and whatever up there. But I asked him, I said, in your wildest imagination when this thing came to be and it kept building up to 100000 150000 it got up over $200,000. Did you ever think Kyle Petty had a shot to do that? No. I never even thought about it. Never dreamed about it because I'd never won a pole. And, uh, you know, it was just one of those deals where, where you don't think about things like that. You know, Strader was winning poles and Mark was winning poles and Kawicki and those guys were winning poles all the time. And, you know, they had shots at it and, uh, you know, just never never pulled it off. And, you know, you begin to think, well, God, if those guys can't pull it off, who's going to pull it off? And, uh, you know, when we sat on a pole down there, I said, it'd be just like me to come in here and, and sit on a pole, not never sitting on a pole and win the race. And, uh, you know, like I say, it was just a perfect weekend for us. It really was that. And Kyle kind of echoed the sentiments of a lot of drivers. Everybody wanted to win that Unical money. As Earnhardt said yesterday, he, he didn't want it to be over. But in a sense, it was kind of a relief. And Kyle put that into perspective. Yeah, you know, I think a lot of people would like to win it. Don't get me wrong. But I think it is a relief because, you know, it got to be so much money and there was so much pressure. And, and everybody was going each race each week and testing before they go and they were testing not to race they were testing just to set on the pole and then they were going to worry about what they were doing racing and i think that's where it got to there were so many people testing to set on the pole that people began to concentrate more on the pole than they did on the race and that's why nobody had really won it yet where we were still just concentrating on racing and we were just fortunate enough to have a car fast enough to set on the pole so i guess the unical money will build back up again think it'll be another year before anybody else does it i don't think so i think it that to me was most unusual. Somebody's got to be able to win from the pole again this season. It wouldn't surprise me at all. Let's go down to pit road. Barney in about nine laps. Dale Earnhardt, the race leader, is going to be due back in for service based on uh, the 56 laps he ran on that first tank of gas. Here's where fuel mileage can really help you in a race like this without any caution flags. We've had just the one at lap five. Earnhardt ran 56, so he's due in at lap 112. Darrell Waltrip, on the other hand, who got the most gas mileage, didn't pit till lap, 60, lap 65, so he could theoretically run to lap 130. That means once Earnhardt stops, if he stops on schedule, he's got to dance around and worry for the next 12 laps whether or not there'll be a caution, or he could get put a lap down by Jeff Bodine or Darrell Waltrip, one of the cars that stopped last. That's a good point. We'll certainly follow that. 104 laps are complete as Dale Earnhardt continues to lead here at Atlanta. We'll take a short break, and we'll be right back. Kyle Petty. And I'm Gary Nelson, Kyle's crew chief. And we've got Peak on our race car, and we use Peak in our race car. Because Peak beats the heat. You can run cool with Peak Summer Coolant, or you can run the risk of sitting in the pits with your radiator boiling over. That's an easy choice. A boil over is always the pits. If you agree with Kyle and your car has a radiator, remember this rhyme. Peak beats the heat. saw Derek Cope on pit road a moment ago. It was a routine stop and not an unscheduled one, so we should see some of the other drivers coming in here very shortly. 107 laps are on the board in the Motorcraft 500. Dale Earnhardt leads this afternoon, riding second now, Jeff Bodine, and third is Kenny Schrader. From the Atlanta International Raceway, this is MRN Radio. 
Today's Motorcraft 500 on MRN Radio is sponsored by Unical. The winning spirit rides with you every time. It's the spirit of 76 by Armor Star Canned Meats, America's choice for the great outdoors. By Baby Ruth, the official candy bar of Junior Johnson. By Gatorade. Gatorade gives your body what it's thirsty for. And by Planners Nuts and Mr. Peanut, proud sponsor of Travis Carter's number 98. Back in Atlanta Raceway, the leader, Dale Earnhardt, is on pit road. Mike Joy. Well, and he's even a little early. At lap 110, two laps earlier than we'd figured, and they're going all the way around to four tires on the Goodwrench Chevrolet. Quick work on the right side. David Smith brings that jack over as they attack the left side. Blood nuts are loose. New tires going on. Buckle Myers has the second can of gas going in. Blood nuts done at the back, done at the front. 22 seconds flat for four tires. Davey Allison is in, so too Rusty Wallace, first to Dick Brooks. Well, Davey Allison is going to put four tires on his car. I think, uh, anyway, they got four out there. Uh, let's see, yeah, they're going to change four tires on it. I think probably uh, if, if anybody's got any hopes of catching up with Earnhardt or trying to keep up with him, they're going to have to start changing four tires. You know, some of these cars only changed two last time. The left side's got to be getting pretty thin. They're going to make a change on him. He's down and away. He's got a pretty good stop on the car. But they, uh, going to see what they're going to have to do. These guys are going to have to pull some kind of strategy. I think everybody else is down at Mike's in. Ricky Rudd is in, and Rudd will take on just right side tires. Remember last round of pit stops, we talked about that tape over part of the grill on some of these cars. Some of them are running a little bit warm, and Dan Ford takes some of the tape off of Ricky Rudd's uh, uh, front balance there. Two tires for Rudd. He's away. Darrell Waltrip is in for service, so to Alan Kulwicki. As we continue in on Undergreen, Morgan Shepard in for routine service from Bud Moore and the crew. Harry Gant is also in. Let's cover his stop with Dick Brooks. Well, Harry Gant, they got uh, two side two tires out for him. That's, yeah, they're going to change left side to his, too. Alan Kulwicki, they took four tires on his car and let him go away. Like we said earlier, they're going to have to, uh, if don't get any caution flag, they're really going to have to do some strategy on some of these cars as the 25 Kodiak car goes by. Let's go back to Mike Joy. Service completed on the Morgan Shepard car. Also, Kenny Schrader in for service. So as we continue under green here, working lap number 113. Halfway today will be lap number 164. The total of 328 laps in today's Motorcraft 500. Kent Reagan's car has gone to the garage area. Let's get an update from Winston Kelly. We're standing with Ken Reagan. Ken, what's the problem on the car? Well, uh, you know, we put the engine in this morning that we run yesterday, and it just wasn't made to go 800 miles. We went on seven cylinders. You know, Jasper Engines, our sponsors, helped us uh, this year to get a new program going with Lucky Compton out of West Virginia. Lucky's got some good racing equipment. We'll be back. So Kenny Reagan becomes the fifth retiree of this afternoon's Motorcraft 500. Reagan alluding to the fact that he ran the ARCA 500-kilometer race here in Atlanta yesterday, which runs about 318 miles, and that was evidently the same engine he had run in yesterday's ARCA race. Bill Elliott is in for service now on the Motorcraft Ford. Back to his pit. Well, he's gonna, they're going to take uh, four, tire, four tires on his car. He got lapped a while ago, so when Earnhardt came in and pitted, took on four tires, came back out right behind him. So that means he's going to be another lap down or so by the time he gets back on the racetrack. Earnhardt's pulling these guys so hard, 
is about to pull the grills out of some of them. Ernie Irvin cars in, the number four cars there, servicing it, getting it ready to go back on the racetrack. Whatever combination that the Earnhardt team, that Goodrich team of Richard Childers had back here in November last year, they've certainly brought it back again this time. And he said yesterday, if it worked as well as it did in November, he'd do exactly what he's doing today, and he's living up to everything he said. 115 laps are complete. Right now, the Sitco Ford of the Wood Brothers is in front of Dick Brooks on pit road. Well, they're going to change uh, just left sides on his car. They got him down and gone. He's, uh, you know, sometimes the woods, somebody's got to gamble. Somebody's going to have to gamble on some of these cars and see if they can pick up a little bit of time. I said that the Irving car was in a few minutes ago. I was wrong as usual. It was Rick Wilson. Same name, your old car. So, but they got him down, and he's gone with four tires. As now they're bringing Ernie Irving in, and... Uh, they're going to change uh, right side tires on his car. They're going to go to the left side also, so they're going to put four on that car also. And that car's really having a good run today. Close the field. Works still under green. Lap number 117. They're working on the right side of the Kodak car. Now to the left side. So a four-tire change as we see well off the pace now is the Rick Mast car going by Alan Bestwick in turns three and four. Can you tell if he's under power, Alan? No power at all, Eli. And in fact, a little, quite a bit. Well, it started off as a little. Now it's turning in quite a bit of smoke behind the car. So Rick appears to have some major problems. Coming in on pit road, Rob Moroso, the young rookie driver. Only a couple of rookies in the field today, Jack Pennington and Rob Moroso, the two that did start the event here this afternoon. This will be a scheduled stop for him. They're changing right side rubber on his car right now. And let's watch as Rick Mass turns through the wall and will take his car back to the garage area to join Kenny Reagan, who went out just a moment ago. Barney Mark Martin, as we said earlier on the last stop, they put a lot of weight in the right-hand side of his car. They got adjustments for uh, to try to stop the car from whatever ill handling it is. This time it came in, they put weight on the right side, and they took it out on the left side. Uh, what I'm saying is they screwed the jacks down on one side, and they took weight out of the other side. So that car... Uh, in his opinion, anyway, is really ill handling. They're doing a lot of adjustment on it. Speaking of Mark Martin, I don't know whether you have heard, you well might have through your local media in your area. The team did appeal the fines in the aftermath of the race at Richmond International Raceway earlier in the month, and all of those uh, appeals were denied by the Stock Car Racing Commission. So the fine and the point penalties and what have you all do stand as they were issued there in Richmond following the race uh, at Richmond International Raceway. Coming out of turn number four, a good door-to-door battle going on right now as they work back across the start-finish line and head off into turn number one. It'll be Morgan Shepard and Ernie Irvin. Let's follow that around the racetrack. Irvin's got the inside line coming into turn number one. That's going to work for him as he scoots out in front of Morgan Shepard. So Irvin picks up that spot. Shepard falls in behind him in single file. The other car I want to give a call to, Barney and Eli, is Richard Petty. Richard has been out in turns three and four, just hanging on for this last stretch of green, green flag racing. He'll be glad to get a pit stop. And the leader is on pit road. Jeff Bodine is in for service. Mike? Well, last time they got two right side tires in just uh, a really quick stop, a little over 12 seconds, Junior Johnson and crew. I wondered if they gamble and go for just the left, but no. Tim Brewer and crew are going to put four tires on uh, for Bodine. The right sides are done. Pete Wright hustles around with the jack. That's how they were able to stay up with Earnhardt with that quick tip work. Now the left sides are back on. I believe they could have gone another eight laps on gas. But when everybody else is running away from you on fresh tires, you can't wait too long to come in or you will get a bit behind. 23 and a half for Jeff Bodine. And they were taking a gamble, maybe hoping to see a caution flag come out, which would have been a big advantage for them at this time. It doesn't happen. Richard Petty is on pit road. Let's go back to Dick Brooks. Well, Richard Petty's been running a good race. Uh, Mark Stahl's car had stalled on pit row and was setting out on the racetrack. 
or out on a pit row, and uh, Richard Petty had to come around on the inside of him to get to his pit. But they changed it all side, all four tires on his car, and, and they just dropped him. He's down the way. I'll tell you, Richard Petty did a good piece of driving as he came down the pit lane. He came upon the Mark Stall car that Dick appropriately, with poetic justice, said had stalled on pit road. The crew was pushing it down the pit lane. Petty dodged it to the inside. Now Mark Martin, or excuse me, uh, Butch Miller, I should say, brings the Mr. Peanut car on the pit road as he basically locks up the brakes and slides to a halt in this pit stall, Dick. Well, he did. He slid the right front tire. Uh, you know, that's a little bit of a show, something that might could be happening just a little bit because that right front tire is either hotter than the rest of the tires are. He's got more brake on the front than he's got on the rear. Sometimes that'll change the handling quite a bit, too. And uh, he did slide the front tires quite a bit when he came in. The rear tires didn't slide. Mike Alexander's car's in, and uh, they've just dropped it down with four sticker tires on or four brand-new tires, and away it goes. And no surprise, Barney, looking over the record book because we've had only that one very short caution flag here this afternoon. The average speed for this race, 155.042 miles an hour. We're two miles an hour quicker right now than the fastest race ever run here at the Atlanta International Raceway. Granted, we're still early, some 40 laps shy of halfway, but the pace has been blistering. Sterling Marlin is in for service, Mike Joy. They'll go around uh, to the right side and put all four on the Sonoka Oldsmobile. Side change uh, being taken care of. He stays out a little longer than last time. 61 laps on the first stop, 124. So he stretches two. Still pretty comfortable margin. Keyboy through now going around to the left side. Second can of gas going in. For the driver from Columbia, Tennessee, and going back around. Uh, Steve is the crew chief. He gets that one last look on the right front. Finishing up on the left front. This will be a little long. They missed a lug nut. There it goes. He's down. He's away. Sterling Marlin had been posted as a leader. He was one of the last of the cars on the lead lap to come in on pit road. 125 laps are on the scoreboard, and after this round of pit stops, they're putting Dale Earnhardt right back where he was, leading the Motorcraft 500. We'll be back in a minute. Hi, this is Pat Summerall for True Value Hardware Stores to tell you how to improve the quality of water in your whole house. All you need is a Master Plumber Deluxe Water Filter System for just $28.95. It'll provide vital quality water for drinking, bathing, and laundry. Plus, it'll help prevent rust deposits and film buildup. Installation is quick and easy, and it comes with a filter. Get the Master Plumber Deluxe Water Filter System for just $28.95 at participating True Value Hardware Stores and Home Centers. In 1909, George Pepperdine founded Western Auto with a mail-order flyer for Model T parts. In 1913, the first Western Auto retail store opened and has grown to become the leader for auto parts and service in America. Today, Western Auto has joined the Winston Cup Racing family as the official auto parts and service store of NASCAR. Now it's official. Gentlemen and ladies, start your engines at Western Auto, the official auto parts and service store of NASCAR. Back at the Atlanta International Raceway, 127 laps are completed in the Motorcraft 500 this afternoon. As we told you a moment ago, they're showing Dale Earnhardt as a leader. No big surprise the way he's been dominating this racetrack all afternoon. And we'll give you the rest of the running order when we come back. From the Atlanta International Raceway, this is MRN Radio. Atlanta International Raceway hosting NASCAR's Winston Cup Series this afternoon. And you're tuned to MRN Radio with our live coverage of the Motorcraft 500. Eli Gold with Barney Hall. Joel Moore and Alan Bestwick with our pit coverage of Mike Joy, Dick Brooks, and Winston Kelly. Winston currently in the garage area with the most recent retiree from the event, Rick Mast. 
Rick standing here talking to crew chief Bobby Jones. Rick, what's the problem on the car? Well, I think uh, we burned a piston or dropped the valve. You know, we were tooling along pretty good. Uh, DK had the car here for me. I decided to drive it. Bobby had the car, you know, handling pretty good. I was pretty pleased with the way things were going. We started off bad, but, you know, if, we get, if this team gets a little money behind them, they'll be okay. This is another driver that's really showed he can drive these Winston Cup and Bush Grand National cars, but Rick Mass won't finish this afternoon's Motorcraft 500. Roger Baer has joined us here in the booth as we look on here on lap number 131. Dale Earnhardt continuing to dominate the running of the Motorcraft 500. Roger representing the folks from Planters Nuts and, of course, sponsoring through the vehicle of Mr. Peanut, the efforts for Butch Miller and Travis Carter. That's been uh, a good association for you here early in the season. Well, it really has, and Butch has done a wonderful job. You know, he won the Heinz Ketchup Award uh, uh, two weeks ago at Rockingham, and he's showing some real, uh, real prowess. He's in a kind of a difficult position because while this is actually his rookie season. He ran uh, some eight races last year, so he's not eligible for rookie of the year. But we're very proud of the effort that uh, Butch Miller is making in that uh, in, in that car, and, and uh, yeah, he's making all the folks at Planters Lifesavers Company very happy and proud. You know, so the Butch Miller may not have the number of the hundreds of wins of a Dick Trickle or something like that, but when you talk about ASA, American Speed Association Championships and the like, uh, Butch is really in, a, in an area all of his own. Well, he has. He's done just wonderfully there. He's won two championships in ASA and comes from the same proving ground as, as the people like Dick Trickle and uh, uh, Mark Martin and and uh, Rusty Wallace as well. So he's he's really, he, he comes from a good mold, he comes from a good background, he's raced him, he's beat him, and, and now he wants to do it out here in in, uh, in Travis Carter's number 98. And it's good to have you here as uh, MRN celebrates its 20th anniversary. We were talking together in uh, Daytona when you first visited during the 500 that uh, the race has come a long way, the sport has come a long way, and MRN has uh, has grown. You've had, you had your hairy experiences as an announcer with MRN years ago. We've had one or two. Uh, Barney just reminded me of one when when Ken Squire uh, was working a, a race and we, we decided to do two broadcasts in one day and we did a motorcycle race at Talladega and I turned to my color man and I knew I was going to anchor the race and I turned to my color man and I knew I was in trouble when I asked him a question and he, he couldn't talk and, and it kind of <laughs> went downhill from there didn't it Barney? Yeah it did. We had a lot of fun in the motorcycles and everybody you know we'd bring in all these experts that's supposed to know them and travel with them like we would with the stock cars and when you'd go to them to get some information they didn't say anything they didn't say any more than we did. Yeah, I guess they fit our company pretty well, Barney. We had a lot of fun back then. It seemed like a million years ago now, Roger. That's true. You know, this is this is some kind of a facility here at, at Atlanta. I know there are great things in progress, all the talk about the track being sold and, and the possible new management coming into the facility. But this is a uh, – I, I don't want to use the term diamond in the rough because it really, it really is a diamond. But uh, the potential here at Atlanta is just magnificent for Winston Cup racing. And this facility is, is truly a magnificent facility and, and still has plenty of room for expansion. So I look for great things out of Atlanta. Well, it just keeps growing, the sport, not only Atlanta Raceway, but all the tracks around the circuit. We'll thank Roger Bear for stopping by with us from Planters Nuts, and we'll talk with him a little bit down the road a little bit later. 136 laps are complete here in Atlanta this afternoon at the Motorcraft 500. We're still under beautiful sunny skies in contrast to all the rain we had all day Friday, some of the heaviest rain they had in the Atlanta area. It finally cleared off just before noontime yesterday. They didn't qualify the field, but they did set the field at least the top 30 positions from the current Winston Cup owner points. So we've got a good one going here this afternoon. It jumbled up some of the top names at the back of the tail end of the field. Let's give you the running order the way they're running here right now at Atlanta. They're showing Dale Earnhardt as a leader. 
Jeff Bodine continues to hang in there with him. He is second. Kenny Schrader is third. Fourth is Derek Cope. Fifth right now. Sensational run for young Ernie Urban here this afternoon. Sixth position belongs to Morgan Shepard. Kyle Petty is being posted seventh. Eighth spot right now. Looks like Harry Gant. And ninth will be Davey Allison. One lap down in 10th place is Alan Kowicki. 11th place is Rusty Wallace's car. 12th belongs to Brett Bodine. And 13th is Bill Elliott. 14th is Mike Martin. And 15th is Bobby Hillen. We'll give you the rest of the rundown in just a moment. But first, let's pause 10 seconds on MRN Radio for station identification. Welcome back to Atlanta, Georgia, and the Atlanta International Raceway on a glorious afternoon for Winston Cup Racing. 140 laps in the books as the Motorcraft 500 continues with Dale Earnhardt virtually unchallenged all afternoon long. We had given you the top 15 runners moments ago. Let's continue on the rundown in 16th spot. Also one lap down is Richard Petty. A lap down in 17th is Darrell Waltrip. 18th place now is Butch Miller, and 19th is Ricky Rudd. 20th place belongs to Jimmy Spencer. 21st is Dick Trickle. Neil Bonnet is 22nd, two laps down. 23rd spot is being shown as Larry Pearson. 24th place now is Rob Moroso. 25th currently Rick Wilson. And the Buddy Baker car for team owner Junie Dunlevy is in 26th. But that good run for Larry Pearson, Barney, they are obviously having some problems on that car. Well, they got the hood up down there. Dick Brooks is in that vicinity. Let's check in with him right now. Well, it's working under the hood of the car. I don't know exactly what uh, what the problem is yet. They've got the engine shut off, and uh, actually, they're not really desperately spending too much time doing it. They're just looking, basically. <laughs> I, I don't know if they found a problem or haven't found a problem. I'm in uh, Richard Petty's pits, and uh, everybody's passing around as, as to where he is. Dale Inman's standing up here clocking him, and... Uh, and Richard's doing an awful good job. He just figured out where, what position he was in. Dale Richard, they've announced that Richard's just really hanging it out up there. He's doing a good job trying to hang on here. Earnhardt's pulling everybody so hard, it's hard to keep up. Is Richard feeling all right? Yeah, we was running real good before that last pit stop, and I debated about changing two tires. I kind of wished I had it now, but uh, we're running real good. It's just ideal we have a little bit of trouble with traffic. But... Uh, the cars seem to be working pretty good. I just hope we stay in all day. Well, I'm sure everybody does. I tell you, everybody gets excited when he runs like he did at Daytona and he's running like he is here. Uh, everybody likes to see him do good. Well, he likes that top groove, and I think they finally got it worked out for him now. Well, it sure looks like they have. Uh, they seem to be more optimistic about the way he's running now than they did a few minutes ago. So, you know, everybody's pulling for Richard car seems to be working pretty well in the corners. He's drifting a little bit higher up from the bottom of the racetrack than he'd like to, but nevertheless, he is also able to hang in there and get some good lap times. 143 are on the board here this afternoon in the Motorcraft 500, and Dale Earnhardt is just Eli pulling away into the sunset, is he not? Yes, he is 13 and 7 tenths seconds is the difference between first place and second place Kenny Schrader. The work on Larry Pearson's car will evidently continue in the garage area as the crew is pushing the machine in the direction of Winston Kelly, who will get an update for us in just a moment. We're also watching Ricky Rudd's car get around not nearly as well at this juncture of the day as they would like. Mike Joy is down at that end of pit road. What's the word, Mike? Ricky made an unscheduled stop about eight laps ago. While he was in, they put left-side tires on the car, but one of the mechanics climbed in the right-side window, started working in the area of the ignition modules uh, that are mounted there on the dashboard, changed from one to the other. Waddell, Wilson, and crew uh, took a look at both tailpipes, which exit out the left side, make sure they were firing and getting equal heat out of each of them, figured that was the best they could do with it, and sent Ricky back out. So I'm afraid it could be a ride-around day for Rudd from here. That's what it looks like now. He is way off the pace, but still out there running. 
as Eli said, they have taken Larry Pearson's car back to the garage area. And that is really such a tough break for that team. They need to run up front. They need to make a good showing to attract a sponsor. And it seems like the harder you try, the more things go the other way. Uh, and although I talked to David a little bit yesterday, he says they have kind of a unique situation. They have uh, country music television on the car, which is apparently is one of the Turner Network new things that have come into existence recently. And they have offered to give a lot of free advertising to any sponsor that David can attract. And I talked with Pearson about that. What's the story? Right now, Barney, we don't have a sponsor, so we're putting uh, CMT on the car, which is country music television. And uh, what they're going to do is they're actually going to be a co-sponsor. And uh, they're not really going to put money into it. What they're going to do, if we get a sponsor, they're going to give the sponsor $2 million worth of free advertising on the TV. You know, of course, the, if, the, if we get a sponsor. And they'll act as a co-sponsor in that respect. As far as putting the money in, they will not put money in it. They're just going to give the sponsor $2 million worth of free TV. Eli, that's a pretty good incentive. If, if I were going to sponsor a race car and could get $2 million worth of free television advertising out of it, I think I'd jump right on that. I would think so. We're watching something unusual happen here. Somebody almost passed Dale Earnhardt. Alan Kulwicki is battling Earnhardt to try and stay within shouting distance and not go another lap down, Joe Moore. Kulwicki is alongside Earnhardt as they come off the corner of the slower car. Jimmy Means directly ahead, but those two cars side by side on the back straightaway. As they overtake Jimmy Means, Earnhardt is forced to drop back in behind behind Kulwicki and runs single file. Now they overtake the Means car, and Earnhardt will try again. Well, I think you're seeing a mature Dale Earnhardt. Maybe a year or so ago or a couple of years ago, Earnhardt would have really got in there and dug with him, but now he knows how well his car is running. It's not that important at this juncture of the race, so Earnhardt just tucks in behind him, and for the moment, he's not going to put that car in any strain whatsoever. 149 laps are completed in Atlanta as Dale Earnhardt leads Kenny Schrader and Jeff Bodine. We'll be back in a minute. Hey, Judy, what's up? It's Bob. He's in a trance. Come on. It happens during the NASCAR races. I can't tear him away from the race no matter what. Really? Watch. Oh, Bob, Timmy unhooked your boat. It rolled into the backyard up into a tree. Yeah, uh-huh, that's nice, honey. Wow. He's followed NASCAR for years and never acted like this. It's this right guard halfway challenge contest. Now he's more interested in the first half of the race than the finish. Impossible. Uh, listen, Bob, the Doberman is chewing up your new fishing rod. Yeah, okay, show him where the tackle box is. How long will this go on? To the halfway lap of each race. If the right guard people call him and he names the halfway leader, he'll win a new Pontiac Grand Prix SE. It all started when I got him some right guard sports stick and a purse sprint and deodorant. There's your halfway leader. Stay by the phone. Someone from right guard may be calling you. Now listen. My boat's in a tree. My new fishing rod. I turned my back for half a race. Maybe I should call. Play the right guard halfway challenge. Just call 1-900-226-6600 before the halfway lap. The call is 90 cents. No purchase necessary. Dale Earnhardt continues to lead here at the Atlanta International Raceway. The Winston Cup Tour running the Motorcraft 500, lap 152. 164 makes up halfway. Remember, we do have a right guard halfway challenge. And if you haven't yet called in to register to win that Pontiac Grand Prix SE, now is your chance. The number to call is 1-900-226-6600. That's 1-900-226-6600. Each call costs 90 cents. You must be at least 18 years old to enter. And need to get the call in before the halfway lap, which is just 11 laps from now. And if you know who leads at the right guard halfway point, then you will win. 
Well, Pontiac Grand Prix, we've given it away every week so far, Mark. That's been a heck of a deal for for those folks and a heck of a deal for the fans out there to get in on it. And, right. But right now, it looks like it's not going to be any contest unless Earnhardt has some problems as to who's going to be leading here at the halfway point. Let's go to the to the pits. I'll tell you, Barney, I'm not too sure if you're counting uh, Dale Earnhardt's gas mileage if he might not have to pit uh, just before we get to halfway. He was in about 110, and judging what he'd been running for laps, he'd come in, well, lap 164, and that is halfway. It'll be interesting. I wouldn't get too far from my radio if I was going to the phone. Of course, Dale, where he is pitting on the racetrack, should have come to that, could take the halfway crossed flags on pit road as he is heading to his pit stall, as we saw happen with Harry Gant earlier in the season, because Dale's pit is all the way down near the entrance to turn one, and the start-finish line technically extends all the way across the racetrack on the racing surface and through pit road as well, so he could lead halfway while being on pit road going to his pit stall for that uh, stop that Mike was just talking about. The average speed continues to escalate, 156.137 miles an hour. Meanwhile, one man who was watching it, actually two fellas now watching it all from the garage area, Larry Pearson and Rob Moroso having just parked their machines. Winston Kelly with an update. The man about which we just spoke, Larry Pearson, who got this new sponsorship from Country Music Television. Larry, what's the problem on the car? Well, I don't know, Winston. Uh, the last 20 laps, it started vibrating, and, uh, you know, I, I really didn't know what it was, and then all of a sudden, uh, you know, start, car started smoking on the inside, so I, cu I cut it down and drove it around to the pits, and they raised the hood, and then uh, we got a little oil leak somewhere, and I cranked it up, and it started uh, missing real bad. So uh, I guess we're finished for today. But, I, I, you know, I would like to thank uh, CMT, Country Music Television, for uh, signing with us, uh, you know, and uh, for associate sponsor. But, you know, we still need a... Uh, a uh, full-time sponsor for all year, but, uh, you know, I, I'm really grateful for what they've done for us this year. So that's two-time Bush Grand National champion Larry Pearson. He's retired his Buick this afternoon. I got a feeling they're going to get an awful lot of inquiries after we just talked about what we did a moment ago to get all the free television advertising, plus the advertising you'll get off the race car. So I kind of look for David Pearson and his guys to come up with a sponsor before too much longer. We certainly hope so. Really is a heck of a deal. Dale Earnhardt continues to lead on lap 157. Second spot is Jeff Bodine or at Kenny Schrader. Both cars battling for second and third. Derek Cope is fourth. They are showing also running among the race leaders. Morgan Shepard now in fifth spot. Ernie Irvin being sixth. Seventh to Harry Gant. Alan Kulwick, you remember he unlapped himself. He's now in eighth place. Kyle Petty is running ninth. Those nine cars on the lead lap. One lap down in tenth is Davey Allison. Eleventh now is, Har is Richard Petty. Twelfth, Mark Martin. Thirteenth is Rusty Wallace. Fourteenth place is Bobby Hillen. And fifteenth is Bill Elliott. In sixteenth spot, they are showing the Darrell Waltrip car. Next in line would be Sterling Marlin. All of these cars one lap down, including Brett Bodine. In 20th spot, two laps down now is the Dick Trickle machine. Two laps down is Neil Bonnet in 21st. 22nd is Bill Elliott. 23rd position is the Butch Miller car with 24th spot and 25th currently held by Jimmy Spencer and Rick Wilson. We are five laps shy of halfway with the right guard halfway challenge on the line with the winner of that, or the leader at halfway, if you will, taking home $10,000 from right guard and one of you folks listening in at home with a chance to win a Pontiac Grand Prix. We took you back through the running order of the cars that are still on the speedway. Let's take a look at the cars that have gone to the garage area. Rob Moroso, the latest retiree, has taken his car out. Larry Pearson is behind the wall. Rick Mast, Ken Reagan, Hut Strickland, Michael Waltrip, Mickey Gibbs, and Terry Labonte, the other cars that we're showing out of the event here this afternoon. Dale Earnhardt continues to just have it all dialed in, much as he has all day yesterday. He was pretty happy with his practice session. 
He told us yesterday afternoon that if that car ran like it did when he was here in November, that he could do exactly what he did then, which was just kind of demolish the field, as we said a little bit earlier. And so far, it has not missed a beat all day long. And when Earnhardt gets one dialed in, he is one tough customer like the old days. Any further word, Mike, about when they would have to come in for that fuel stop that Dale Earnhardt that we were just talking about? Well, Eli, I'll speculate here. That's always kind of fun to do because you see the reporters, other reporters run in one direction or the other. Uh, that even though Benny Ortel is standing there with a pit sign, I don't think there's much question they'll leave him out. He made that first pit stop, uh, went a little longer on the first one than the second, stopped at lap 56. He only ran 54 on the second one. But I believe since they went 56 laps at the top of the day that they should be able to stretch it and go to the halfway point without any problem. Uh, of course, as Teresa Earnhardt best said at Daytona on national TV, uh, it's not over until it's over. And we'll know here in two laps. It's really strange. You know, I talked to a lot of the crew chiefs this morning and yesterday about how many laps they could go. And Tim Brewer said that they could go 62 to 64 laps. He thought without any problem, and some of the, the car owners and drivers also said just about what you said, Michael, that they couldn't even go anywhere near that far. So it's going to be interesting to see. It's certainly a good point to keep up with. That's well, true, Barney. And uh, Tim, in fact, they did go 64 laps on their first stop. Darrell Walter went 65. So, uh, you know, that's what's possible. But as a matter of what's practical, I think it's turning out to be a little bit less than that. Well, it is a 12-second lead still for Dale Earnhardt. He works down the back straightaway up into turn number three, and as they come towards the start-finish line this time, it will be halfway. So as Dale Earnhardt heads off turn four back to the stripe, it will be Dale Earnhardt who will take home the $10,000 as the winner of the Right Guard Halfway Challenge. He takes home $10,000, and if you enter the Right Guard Halfway Challenge contest, stay by your phone during the second half of the race. If your entry is drawn, you'll be called at home. And if you can tell us that Dale Earnhardt won the right guard halfway challenge, then you'll win that new Pontiac Grand Prix. So good luck from MRN and the folks at right guard. Well, I can tell you now, Eli, when he made that stop back at lap 110, uh, they boxed the next one for 165. So they knew right where halfway was and just what they had to do to get there. And uh, Richard Childress got another $10,000 as a result. Here he comes, peeling off the banking up in turn number four, about to bring the car onto pit road as he has collected some $10,000. He is now elected to make the pit stop. Let's go back to Mike Joy. Well, it is, of course, a very timely one, a five-figure one for that. They have had just about the best pit stops of anybody here all day. Tim Brewer, a junior Johnson crew, has been right up there with them. That's what's kept Jeff Bodine up for second place most all day long. Like the first stop, this will be a four-tire stop with the luxury of that lead. They can take the time and get on four. The advantage of doing that is to keep the stagger perfect. You know what works. You don't want to risk goofing it up by putting on two tires and have the stagger turn out different because of the other two that have worn and grown differently. 21.85 seconds, and I think that's the best time of the day for four tires. Excellent stop for Dale Earnhardt's team as he is back on the speedway. 166 laps are complete. We'll take a short break, and we'll be right back to Atlanta. Winning. You do it by beating the competition. Outdrive them on the track. Outsell them on the street. And when it comes to selling compact pickups, nobody beats Ford Ranger. Based on 1982 through 88 worldwide sales and export data or manufacturers reported retail deliveries by division, Ford Ranger outsells every other vehicle, domestic or import, in its class. Why? Ford Ranger is the sporty, tough, fun-to-drive truck America wants. Ford Ranger, winning across America, winning the world over. Life has a way of evening itself up. For goodies, Richard Petty talks about life. 
you go to Daytona and you don't win, you say, okay, it just wasn't my time. We'll gather up everything and go win the other 28 races. And uh, that's the way you have to look at it. You can't let one race or one season get you down. Everything sort of evens itself out. When you need fast relief from pain, remember Goody's Headache Powders. Goody's is one thing Richard Petty never forgets. You walk up to people at airports and they'll say something about Goody's. I pull them dudes out. I take it with me everywhere I go. 168 laps about to be posted on the board in the Motorcraft 500. And leading right now is Jeff Bodine. From the Atlanta International Raceway, this is MRN Radio. Today's Motorcraft 500 on MRN Radio is sponsored by Dinner Bell Meats, the official meat products of NASCAR. By Peak Antifreeze and Summer Coolant. Only Peak gives you peak performance. By First Brand, makers of STP oil treatment. STP is the edge. By Western Auto, the official auto parts and service store of NASCAR. And by Ford and your local Ford truck dealers who invite you to see the exciting lineup of tough Ford trucks. Green flag pit stops continuing here in Atlanta. Derek Cope has been on pit road. Harry Gant has been in. Alan Kulwicki and Neil Bonnet. Now extensive repairs to Richard Petty's Pontiac because of an incident up in turn four. We are not under caution, but Alan Bestwick, you kind of saw that one coming. Well, I tell you, I've been watching Richard ever since the start of the race, Eli. He has been fighting his car through this end of the racetrack all the way up at the very top of the racetrack. I started making little tick marks on my pad in front of me every time the car got up out of the groove and started kicking up the dust. I had almost 11 of them here, and on the 11th time, it finally got away from him. He cracked the wall with the right side of the car between three and four. Nobody was near him, so he kept it in a straight line and got it slowed down, and now he's gone around to the pitch. They're having to beat some sheet metal out in the right rear quarter panel of the car before they can put that wheel on to get him back onto the racetrack, but it looks like he will be able to continue, but he brushed that wall and brushed it pretty hard up in turns three and four. Also pitting right now, Rick Wilson is in. These are all routine stops. We'll see just about all the field in in the next five or six laps. 172 are complete here at Atlanta. Jeff Bonine continues to lead Morgan Shepard. He's had a good run here this afternoon in the Budmore Thunderbird. In fact, he is on pit road right now, heading back down to his pit. Let's cover that stop. Mike Joy. Parties we pointed out earlier, that's a Daytona car, and for a super speedway car, they've had a two adapting. He's had a super run here today for Bud and the crew. The right side tires are laid out. It looks like they're going those left side lug nuts. New right side tires on. And the gas is complete. Uh, for Buzz Bennett. This group of guys has probably been around just about as long as anybody on this tour, and it is just two tires, right sides for Morgan Shepard. He's back out on that 174. They have taken Richard Petty's car through the pit wall. They're working on it behind there, and whether they're going to be able to get it back in. Dick Brooks is right there at the scene. Dick? Well, they're talking to Richard. He's still sitting in the car. He hasn't gotten out yet. I don't know. Uh, they're deciding what they're going to do with it, I guess. He's got his, got his mask unhooked, and he's uh, starting to unhook the steering wheel. We'll get with him just in a second. So as they look at the Richard Petty machine with extensive damage on the right side of that car, Rob Moroso has brought his car from the garage back onto the racetrack. Winston Kelly, what was the problem down there? It was a power steering belt that let loose on that Oldsmobile. The crew replaced that, and all the while they had a replacement in the driver seat compartment. Apparently the seat not quite to Rob's liking, so they got some foam rubber and put it up underneath Rob. He crawled out of the car, crawled back in, and they've replaced the power steering belt in hopes that they have not damaged anything else. So he returns the Crown Igloo Coolers Oldsmobile back out on the track. Rob just picked up the Igloo Cooler sponsorship as an associate sponsorship, and that seems appropriate for Winston Cup racing. 
And Dick Brooks, we see Richard Petty very quickly back on the racetrack again. Well, he put his mask back on. He wears a, a, a mask where he can breathe. I mean, he can breathe a little bit through it. It gives him oxygen and fresh air. He put that back on, hooked it back up, put his steering wheel back on, and they pushed the car back out. I don't know. It looked like he was complaining a little bit about uh, a, a tough spot in the steering or something. Like maybe the steering, he thought the wheel was hitting something. I went around and looked, and there's nothing wrong with the right side of the car as far as things hitting anything. It's skin up, but uh, he's back on the racetrack. We'll find out as quick as we can what he thought. Lost at least a couple of laps, and we'll check a little further as to his running position on the racetrack in just a moment. 177 laps are complete as Jeff Bodine is now the leader after some of the front runners have been on the pit road, namely Dale Earnhardt a moment ago. Here's Ernie Irvin in this would be a scheduled stop for him. They changed a couple of tires in the Kodak car and send him back onto the speedway. There'll be a lot of folks talking about this young driver before the day is over. Ernie Irvin had a super run here, as we've been saying, throughout the afternoon, taking over from Phil Parsons when Phil was dismissed from the Kodak car a week or so ago. The record speed for this event just continues to be obliterated today. If you're just joining us, again, only one caution flag this afternoon, and it came all the way back on lap number five when Terry Labonte lost an engine in his machine through turns three and four. Since then, we have run without caution, and the average speed now, 158 miles an hour. The record speed had been 152, so we are currently six miles an hour quicker than the fastest race ever run here at the Atlanta International Raceway. Let's go down to pit road. Kyle Petty and Darrell Waltrip are both in at lap 178. Sandy Jones takes half a round to bite out of the left rear of the Waltrip machine as they put right side tires on it. Gary Nelson is through finishing up service for Kyle Petty, and Darrell will get four tires on his tide Chevrolet. Now these are routine stops. They're all coming under green. They haven't had the luxury of pitting under caution at all here today except a couple of cars. It came out only one time thus far in the Motorcraft 500. It came out on lap number five for a blown engine on Terry Labonte who has since retired from the race and gone to the garage area. Lap 179 is in the record book here this afternoon. Rob Moroso came back onto the racetrack as Eli said a moment ago made one lap and has now gone back to the garage. And let's get an update again from Winston Kelly. Is it the same problem Winston? We'll check with Rob. He's still sitting in the car. Rob, a minute ago, the crew told us that they thought it was a power steering belt. Is there any more problems on it? Is that it? Well, I ran about 100 laps without the power steering, and uh, the car was handling real good. The crowd owes. We got the setup good again on it again, but uh, when that power steering belt pop come off, I think it got stuck up on the motor somewhere. Then after I ran about 100 laps with no power steering, it fell down and kicked the uh, oil pump belt off, and then we had no oil pressure. We came in, fixed it, went back out, but I guess we had it for too long and it just blew the motor up. The Rookie of the Year challenger, Rob Moroso, out of the Motorcraft 500. Well, what a difference a year makes. Remember last year we came here and Darrell Waltrip was on that hot streak. He had won the Daytona 500. He came here and was really running at the front of the pack and ended up winning this race. And now he's just kind of struggling to keep that car out there. They're having a little handling problem in the corners. Here he comes across the start-finish line directly ahead of Dale Earnhardt as they work back to turn number one. Check out in our turn positions. Joe Moore Earnhardt, just as we say a lot of times, has not missed a beat all day long. That car is just there. I think he's doing a lot of what you mentioned earlier this afternoon also, Barney. He's matured as a driver, so he's not taking chances, whereas he uh, would a few years ago really work to keep a car behind him or to hurry up and put a car another lap down. Presently, he's working with Rusty Wallace. Wallace was up on him a few laps back trying to take a, a position, 
Earnhardt just kind of took his time, let the car uh, hold its spot where it wanted to go through the turn because he knows there's a long way to go in this race. So he's being a very patient driver. Of course, when it comes time to make a move, whether he has to go around a slower car or move up on a car to put a little lap on, he just does what has to be done it's at the bottom of the racetrack, at the top of the racetrack, whatever. The car, as usual, handling flawlessly here for Earnhardt. We had been watching Dale Earnhardt trying to time as many laps as we could here up late. He had been running basically 33 seconds flat. Now he's at 32.8, which translates to 164.43 miles an hour for that last time by, and that's almost unreal as he continues to keep up that pace. Back to the pits. We're going to have the leader in here in just a second, Jeff Bodine. Tim Brewer and Junior Johnson's team are stretching the gas mileage right to the max. He'll go 63 laps on this tank of fuel. Shorty Edwards out with the pit board. Tim Brewer, Pete Wright, Henry Benfield, everybody ready to climb over the wall. As Bodine brings the car to a halt, the jack is already underneath it, and the right side tires are going on. Henry's got that first can of Union 76 up and in, goes for the second one, and that's a three-man handoff. The empty can to one man, the full one from another. Henry runs along about eight steps, and Jeff was going with the gas can at 12.2 seconds. His two-tire stop is nine and a half seconds faster than Earnhardt's four-tire stop. In a minute, we'll see what that means out on the racetrack. Good stop for that team. 185 laps are complete. We'll take a short break and back to Atlanta in a minute. Cup champion Rusty Wallace talks about Pontiac Motorsports. When they say Pontiac, I think excitement. I think of performance, and I think of those first victories in the Winston Cup Championship. Pontiac is an excitement-built car company, and they're always going to have performance-type cars, and I doubt if we'll ever be without a good Pontiac. The truth is in the performance. A guy in a showroom looking at a Pontiac benefits a lot because, hey, the truth is on the racetrack, the championship, a lot of wins. I think it all speaks for itself, really. Pontiac Motorsports. We build excitement. Why listen to this all racing season when you could listen to this instead? To celebrate the TransSouth 500, we're offering a free radio headset to TransSouth customers who qualify. Stop by TransSouth before March 29th and take out a new loan of $1,000 or increase your existing loan by $1,000 and you'll get an AM-FM headset free. So see TransSouth today and get a head start on the racing season. Some restrictions apply. See your TransSouth manager for details. TransSouth, the right loan right now. 187 laps of the 328 that make up the Motorcraft 500 are in the record book here at Atlanta with Dale Earnhardt continuing to lead. From the Atlanta International Raceway, this is MRN Radio. Here at the Atlanta International Raceway, 189 laps are complete. A total of 328 making up the distance here today. Dale Earnhardt continues to lead. Second place held by Jeff Bodine. Morgan Shepard being shown in third ahead of the Ken Schrader and Derek Cope cars. Average speed, 157.902 miles an hour. One man whose car has gone a bit sour here of late is the Harry Gant entry as the Skull car. This does not get around this racetrack now as well as it had earlier today. There's a bunch of cars that are having trouble up in turns three and four. Just looked up there a moment ago and Alan Kowicki got right up in the marbles or the loose stuff right up against that wall and the car almost came out from under him up there. Dick Trickles had a little problem getting through the turns also and in the last few laps here we've been watching Neil Bonnet in the Wood Brothers car and he too is having some problems keeping that car down. And if you don't hit the setup at Atlanta as we said you've got a handful all the way through both ends of this racetrack. Let's pause 10 seconds on MRN radio for station identification. Here 
the Atlanta Raceway, 190 laps are in the book. They're still chasing Dale Earnhardt, and if he keeps that car hitched up like he has pretty much most of the day, looks like they'll chase him all the way down to the checkered flag. Here he comes out of turn number four, pulling up on the rear deck of Darrell Waltrip's Tide machine as they work back to turn number one, threatening to scoot him a lap or so down. The running order here right now, as we've just been handed it from the timing and scoring, is we assume this is correct? Yes, it is. Dale Earnhardt now showing the way. Ahead of second place, Jeff Bodine. Morgan Shepard's third. Derek Colt will be fourth. Fifth is Kenny Schrader. Sixth now is the Alan Kowicki car. Seventh is being shown Harry Gant, but that will change here very quickly. Eighth place will be Kyle Petty. Ninth is Ernie Irvin. Tenth place currently being shown as Davey Allison. And uh, next, 11th spot would belong to Mark Martin here on lap 191. Let's go back to pit road well we're in the four pit the kodak car of ernie Irvin talking to larry mcclure the owner of the car larry you guys got to be very happy with what's going on today well we certainly are you know ernie Irvin's really giving that kodak film deco remios mobile a good ride out there and we're not really accustomed to being in this position that uh, we have this year but uh, we feel real good about uh, what's going on today the car's been a little bit loose but uh, i think we're getting it dialed in Free car, Vernhardt's pulling everybody so hard, it's hard to make kind of the right kind of strategy as to where to put on two tires and gain a pit top time or uh, go ahead and go for four and uh, hope to make it up in the long run. What do you guys plan to do toward the end? Well, we'll probably uh, just wait and see how the race goes. You know, Earnhardt had a lead there, and he, he started getting four tires, and we kept continued doing that all day long. And we've had to take on two with exception of one time. But uh, just the last time he made his pit stop, he was like nine and a half seconds. Uh, you know, he'd catch us nine and a half seconds. Now we pulled it out to 12 and a half. So we're, we're beginning to close it up just a little bit. I'll tell you, they, uh, they're working on it. Everybody's got their pencils out trying to figure out how to keep up with his earn arm. Man, he's about to run away with it. They're probably running their uh, racers down to the nub also trying to figure out how to uh, keep up with Dale Earnhardt here today. Average speed still at 158 miles an hour on lap number 194. As Dale Earnhardt continues to lead, Michael Levison has stepped into the booth, the president of Coverdell & Company based here in Atlanta, Georgia, a company that has now come out with a very interesting new credit card for Winston Cup fans and as I understand it's the first credit card of its type that honors living personalities strictly because of their accomplishments in the world of racing and these are these brand new Winston Cup Series credit cards. Uh, tell us all about it. Well, Eli, it's the first uh, credit card program aimed specifically at racing fans. We've got uh, seven different uh, drivers featured on the cards and a regular Winston Cup Series logo card. Uh, we're just thrilled to be able to bring this program to to racing fans, and they've responded very enthusiastically. We've already had uh, literally thousands of people apply. Other than the obvious collector's value of a Winston Cup Series card, or a, as I'm holding in my, my hand here, the Dale Earnhardt card, what are the other tangible uh, values to the folks out there who might want to participate? Well, there's no annual fee charged uh, to the card the first six months. It's got a very competitive uh, interest rate. There's some great travel benefits that come with it. And we're um, in the process of developing a program where card holders will receive discounts on merchandise, etc. Michael, great to have you here with us, and it's certainly an interesting and innovative idea for the Winston Cup world, and uh, we thank you for stopping by and sharing some of the ideas with us. Thank you for having me. Michael Levison from Coverdell and Company here in Atlanta, Georgia. As the leader goes across the start-finish line, which is Dale Earnhardt, we've been putting the clock between himself and the second-place car, Jeff Bodine, and the interval is beginning to shrink Joe Moore and quite a bit. Bodine's closing in. He's working traffic as well as Earnhardt has, and it's definitely decreasing the distance between him and the leader. 
Bodine is making up his ground in the corners, Barney. It seems like Earnhardt is having to take a little more time getting around the lap traffic than he had earlier in the race, but Bodine is hugging his car right to the bottom of the racetrack, and he's chopping off a car length or two every lap. I think that might be the difference, exactly what you pointed out. Dale is going a little bit higher through the corners than he was earlier here this afternoon, whereas Jeff Bodine is able to stick it almost just at the bottom of that racetrack and getting through the corner a little quicker now. The interval shortens even more over at Joe Moore in turn two. It happens again. Earnhardt goes right up against the outside wall, passing traffic. Bodine's tucked right down on the inside of the racetrack, and he closes in a more. Where once Earnhardt had a full quarter-mile lead on the back straightaway, now Bodine has chopped it down to the point where he is within a second of Earnhardt now. Only the lap car of Darrell Waltrip separating them. It had been one and seven tenth seconds the last time by, but now as Earnhardt has to pick his way around the Bobby Hillen car, here comes Bodine closing in even further, so they're now within some 25 car lanes of each other back in turn one. Earnhardt could have a bad set of tires on the car. It's not hooked up like it was earlier. Again, drifting high off turn number two. Bodine right down at the bottom, closes in more. Earnhardt now running right behind the Bobby Hillen car, then Darrell Waltrip separating him from Jeff Bodine. Earnhardt's car all the way to the top of the racetrack in three while Bodine is in the bottom again. Well, the fans have got something to cheer about at this stage of the race as they're watching Dale Earnhardt get his first threat to maybe lose the lead since they put him under green here earlier this afternoon as Bodine continues to close in. We see a lot of guys climbing up on that pit wall down there in both those pits. Michael Joy watching what's going on also. Well, and a lot of conversation back and forth down here between the Earnhardt crew. No real concern uh, that Will Lind, who's the tire specialist on the Earnhardt team, continues to work checking, changing oil, uh, air pressure, excuse me, and uh, making sure everything's right. They're a little concerned down here, but right now, no cause for action. Well, 200 laps are in the books. 128 remain. Dale Earnhardt leads the Motorcraft 500, but Jeff Bodine continues to close. Holly Farms, this is Newton Fisk, world-famous chicken inventor with an eye-catching idea to sell more chickens. We colorize them, see? Just like they do to those old movies. We feed them dyes, turn them yellow, avocado, purple, peels, paisley. Thanks anyway, Newton. But at Holly Farms, we don't put anything artificial in our chickens. That's why they're always the way nature designed them to be, chicken-colored. We don't use additives to turn them yellow or any other color. And that must be the way most folks like them. Because we're America's number one brand of fresh chicken. How about designer colors that match your kitchen decor? Fluorescent chickens that glow in the dark. It makes it easier to find the midnight snack. There's nothing artificial about Holly Farms. We have a natural way with chicken. At the track or on your table, nothing's more natural than Holly Farms. Look for us in your grocer's fresh meat case. Holly Farms, America's number one brand of fresh chicken and official chicken of NASCAR. 202 laps are now in the book here at Atlanta in the Motorcraft 500. 328 will make up the event a little bit later today. Dale Earnhardt continues to lead it, but his interval of some 7 and 8 seconds that he'd had most of the day and as much as 12 seconds at one time is now dwindled down to just a little more than a second and a half. From the Atlanta International Raceway, this is MRN Radio. Childress and them guys say anything that was wrong with it, or you just got a bad set of tires, or what? Yeah, they're just they're just going to ride. They're looking at tires and uh, changing stagger around here, rolling different tires up to the wall, but they're not uh, not going to panic. Not only that, but the front five are now on the same straightaway and less than the full straightaway separating them all. Oh, right. We got something to talk about. 
Dale Earnhardt continues to lead in the Motocraft 500 here in Atlanta, Georgia. But right now, Alan Bestwick, all of the top five machines are sharing a quarter-mile straightaway. They sure are. Earnhardt leading Jeff Bodine by, make it say, 20, 25 car lengths. But Bodine only has one or two car lengths on Morgan Shepard. Ken Schrader and Derek Cope not running far behind Shepard either. The interval between Dale Earnhardt right now and Jeff Bodine is one and three-tenths seconds, so it is really tightened up there. And as I said, for the first time in a long part of this race this afternoon, we have all the front five running in the front straightaway, and the interval is beginning to shorten among all those positions as the laps wind down. 206 are in the book. They're off turn two. Earnhardt now coming down the back straightaway. Still two lap cars separating himself from Jeff Bodine. That's the Bobby Hillen and Darrell Waltrip cars. Morgan Shepard, though, is really beginning to close the ground on Bodine. Shepard chops it down now to two car lengths in four. Morgan thinks about making a move this time coming out of turn number four because there is race traffic just ahead but there's no chance for him to make a move to close in enough on Jeff Bodine for the differential there from second to third remains at three car lanes. Bodine closes in on some lap traffic. Mike Alexander directly ahead. Bodine goes down to the inside of the racetrack. He'll bypass Mike Alexander. Now Shepard goes around. It's three wide off turn two. Bodine trapped behind a side-by-side lap traffic stack on the back straightaway. Ricky Rudd going by H.B. Bailey. That allowed Shepard to get to the outside of Bodine. They'll go wheel-to-wheel into four. Door-to-door. They come off turn number four. Side-by-side, they come down that front straightaway, and the fans are very much aware of this battle for second place as they come down to the line. This time, it'll be Shepard by a couple of car lengths as they whiz back into turn one. Shepard gets around right behind him. Jeff Bodine falls back in line in single file. Meanwhile, they both are closing in even more on Earnhardt, who's up front just off turn two. Earnhardt has not been able to pull away from Darrell Waltrip and Bobby Hillen after getting by them, and Shepard is chopping the ground down on Hillen now as they come into turn number three. Shepard about five car lengths off of Hillen's back bumper. Bobby Hillen being shown in 16th position right now. One lap down. The leader is Earnhardt, then Morgan Shepard in the Jeff Bodine cars, second and third. Fourth place belongs to Derek Cope. Fifth is Ken Schrader. Sixth is Alan Kowicki. Kyle Petty is seventh. Ernie Irvin is eighth. Harry Gant is ninth. Davey Allison tenth. And eleventh is Mark Martin. All of those cars on the lead lap. One lap down is Brett Bodine in 12th, Rusty Wallace in 13th, Bill Elliott 14th, 15th is Sterling Marlin, 16th is Bobby Hillen, two laps down in 17th is Darrell Waltrip, 18th is Dick Trickle, 19th place currently being shown as Neil Bonnet, and 20th is Dave Marcus, he is three laps down. 209 laps are on the board, looks like they're going to ride a while, pretty much in the position they're in. Why don't we take a short break and take a look inside NASCAR? Have the Tampa and Philly Cigars present another close but no cigar finish. We've told you throughout our broadcast today that this has been a rainy weekend here in Atlanta. But what happens when rain interferes with the running of a race? That was the story here in Atlanta back in 1982 when the Winston Cup drivers were racing each other and the rain. Our close but no cigar highlight is next. Ava Tampa presents another close but no cigar racing highlight. Well, I was almost heading for victory lane when a car blew up like cheap champagne. The guy behind me thought he could pass, but I fought the wheel and I hit the gas. I slid to the finish on a shredded car and he came close. But no cigar. It's not whether you win or lose, it's how you have a Tampa. So relax with a good fresh Tampa Nugget, Tampa Sweet, or Have a Tampa Jewel. A highlight of the race. Uh, they call it going flat out. 
The date was March 1982. The Winston Cup Series was here at the Atlanta International Raceway for the running of the Coca-Cola 500. Dale Earnhardt was the Bush Pole winner, but he yielded the race lead to Richard Petty, who then began an afternoon-long battle with Darrell Waltrip driving the Mountain Dew car for Junior Johnson. Better than 430 miles of the 500-mile race already in the books when it became evident that the rain, which had been skirting the Atlanta Raceway all afternoon long, was about to unleash its fury on the racetrack. The cool temperatures and the lateness of the afternoon also led most everyone to believe that should the rains come, the Coca-Cola 500 would not resume. What followed was a typical NASCAR finish. Richard Petty with the car working a little bit better than everyone else. Brings it out of the fourth corner. Waltrip's tried him in turn one. He's tried him in turn three in the front stretch, back stretch. And Petty has stretched his lead even more, about three car lengths, as he works the banking in the east end of the speedway. We're watching Waltrip try and make a dive onto the low side each time through one and two a little differently. This time he takes him almost near the exit of the turn. And Waltrip might have been there, but he found race traffic. That's going to let Yarborough make a move. He ducked to the inside, found that he could not get by that lapped automobile either. Now as they come into three again, Waltrip going low, but Petty's able to hold him off. Waltrip gets inside. Now let's see if he can pull it. Caution is on the speedway as they race down to the line. Caution comes out. Waltrip is there door to door with Richard Petty. Who's going to lead the lap as they come to the line? It looked like it was Waltrip by just inches, but we're going to wait and see what they say on that one. We are under caution here at Atlanta. It was inches, if anything. We're waiting for the word on the NASCAR radio. Harold Kinder is flagging the field under yellow. Joe Rector, the chief scorer, is reporting it is Waltrip, the leader, in car number 11. And for Darrell Waltrip, it was his second ever win at the Atlanta International Raceway. And the two-inch margin of victory remains as one of NASCAR's closest ever finishes. I'm Eli Gold. This close but no cigar finish was brought to you by Have a Tampa and Philly Cigars. That was quite a finish here at the Atlanta International Raceway. The one here today in the running of the Watercraft 500 has not been nearly as close, although it has the potential to shape up as an interesting finish. We are within shouting distance, if you will, of the end, some 100 laps or so remaining. But Dale Earnhardt's out-and-out domination has now, Alan Bestwick, been whittled down to a number of car lengths. That's all. About five is about it, and Earnhardt has to slow now to go around the Chad Little car coming off of turn number four. Morgan Shepard's car has kind of switched roles. You know, we talked about Earnhardt and Jeff Bonine about 20 laps ago or so. Bodine's car has faded. Now Morgan Shepard is the one glued to the bottom of the racetrack, and Earnhardt is certainly not gaining on it at all. Closing in a little bit right now as they work out of turn number two. Here is a scheduled pit stop for Alan Kowicki. That car almost got out from under him. We pointed out a little bit earlier here, some 10 or 20 laps ago, he comes in and changes a couple of right side tires. They drop the jack and send him back onto the speedway. 217 laps are on the board as Dale Earnhardt takes a look. And now coming underneath Darrell Waltrip, the car behind him, he's trying to get around Waltrip to get right up on the bumper of Earnhardt. And Waltrip kind of chops him off coming out of turn number four. Let's go back to turn one with that battle. Morgan Shepard has to think twice for it now going back into turn number one. This time, Waltrip takes the high line. Shepard puts it down at the bottom of the racetrack, does away with Waltrip at least momentarily. Now Waltrip battles back to stay alongside Shepard here in the backstretch. Waltrip keeping the Chevrolet wound up on the high side of the racetrack, but at the end of the back straightaway, Morgan Shepard will put him away in the Ford. Set off now just two, make it three car lengths off Earnhardt's back bumper. Green flag pitch stops continuing for others as Mark 
Martin is in for service at the stripe. 219 laps on the board. It's just a couple of car lanes between first and second back to turn one. Earnhardt gets around the Mark Stahl car. Now Morgan Shepard goes around that machine as well, making a three-car length separation at the top side of the racetrack as Earnhardt down low as Shepard, a car length behind him. Earnhardt now with the black Chevrolet down the back straightaway all the way at the high side of the racetrack. Now he moves low as they come into the corner. The car skirts up the racetrack a little, but Earnhardt comes out of the throttle. It appears he may be headed to pit road. Earnhardt well, that last pass, excuse me, Barney, was all Richard Childress needed to see, and he called for the relief pitcher, or in this case, relief tire. Cecil Gordon's out there with a pit board. And let's do a little speculating. This is right on time for an Earnhardt pit stop. My calculations show that if he goes the distance with just two more pit stops, he would run out of gas if this race stays green with five laps to go. Morgan Shepard on his current schedule could just barely go all the way on two pit stops, and Jeff Bodine, the gas mileage he's getting today, can go all the way with plenty to spare. So Earnhardt, I don't believe, can make it from here on two more stops. He gets right side tires, and he's gone. That's a good point to keep in mind. And the way this race has gone, we've had only one caution flag. It could well remain under green as Davy Allison comes sliding into his pit for a routine pit stop. They're going to change right side rubber and dump in a tank of that Utical gasoline for him. We'll take a short break because we'll see some more pit stops coming up here in just a moment. Missouri. 223 laps are on the board. We'll see some more cars coming out of pit road. Earnhardt in just a moment ago, put those new tires on, went back out and just drove right around Morgan Shepard. And as we said a couple of times, new tires make probably as much difference here in Atlanta as any racetrack we run on. Here's Harry Gant peeling off to make his stop. We'll cover some of those in a moment from the Atlanta International Raceway. This is MRN Radio. Here at Atlanta International Raceway, green flag pit stops continue, including for another of the top five drivers, Derek Cope. Michael? Quick work by Buddy Parrott and the crew. Uh, taking a look for a page from Dale Earnhardt. He took on only the two tires, the right sides, and he's gone. Looks like Morgan Shepard, who's now inherited the lead after the Earnhardt stops, will be in next time around. Cope's had a good run here today. He was the fastest car in that final practice yesterday, and they felt like they could lead a lot of this thing and maybe win it. He's been able to stay up in the top five or six positions all day long. He had been running about fourth in the running order before this last round of pit stops came up. Of course, Morgan Shepard, who continues to lead this event, a 1986 winner of an event here at the Atlanta International Raceway, and here he comes now. Morgan is off turn number four in the motorcraft machine to the attention of Bud Moore and the crew. Back to Mike Joy. Well, I think Dale Earnhardt and team really set the tone for this round of pit stops. As fast as they've been all day, they gambled taking on two tires. They would be better off than if everybody else took on two tires. If they'd taken the time to get four, so would other teams. So very few teams are taking on all four tires on this stop. So here's Bud Moore, quickly makes a liar out of me. He's going to give Morgan four fresh tires. 
19 seconds, the clock running. Second can of gas in. Checking counting clock nuts, making sure they're all hammered home. Away goes Morgan, 24 and a half. So service to Morgan Shepard and the crew. Likewise, Butch Miller, Bobby Hillen is in for service right now as we continue under green. Lap 228, only one caution flag today that came out on the fifth lap as Terry Labonte lost the engine in his machine. And that has been it. Otherwise, green flag racing since. And today's broadcast of the Motorcraft 500 is brought to you under exclusive radio rights granted by the Atlanta International Raceway to MRN Radio. Solely for the private, non-commercial use of our listening audience any publication, reproduction, or other use of the description or accounts of this race without the expressed written consent of NASCAR and MRN Radio is prohibited. 229 laps are being posted on the board. 328 will make up the event here. And it's been complete not too far down the road right now. Dale Earnhardt had been the cream of the crop all day long. He made a stop a moment ago. He's now back up to fifth position. The leader is being posted as Kenny Schrader, who is yet to come on to pit row. They're also showing Jeff Bodine up in the number two spot. He has yet to pit. And I don't think the four car of Ernie Irvin, who has had such an outstanding run here this afternoon, has made his pit stop, and neither has Kyle Petty. So when those four cars come in, likely Earnhardt will go right back into the lead. We've been talking about Ernie Irvin, what a great job he's doing in the car. And I'm sure somewhere down the road, Phil Parsons is probably either listening or watching this broadcast here this afternoon or the telecast, as it may be. And to kind of put things into perspective in a situation like that, I don't think that the situation there happened because Phil Parsons is a bad race driver or can't get the job done in the car. But we've seen it over the years, and Dick Brooks, you can add to this year in just a moment also. A lot of times, a combination will go together for a driver and a team, and the chemistry just does not seem to be there or, or whatever it is, and it doesn't work. And sometimes a team will go all the way through the year with that before they'll change or make a change or whatever. But in this situation here, I think probably Larry McClure told me yesterday, he said, I have the greatest respect in the world for Phil Parsons as a race driver. But he said it just didn't seem to be working. The chemistry did not seem to be there. And he said, I knew I needed to do something, and I did. And you, you kind of have to admire him in a way to take the heat from it because he's going to get some heat from the media and from some fans and everybody else. Now, Ernie Irvin also put it into perspective. He said, there's no security in this business at all for a driver. It's like a football player. You can be traded to a team that, you know, was either a winner or a loser. And that's just about the way it is. I mean, it's, it has nothing. I don't, and I'm doing this kind of in Phil's behalf because he's been around a long time. He's a good, solid race driver, but it just didn't work. Just didn't work. It was one of those things where, as Phil joined us on NASCAR Live that night, he said the team had just told him they were going in a different direction. And as you say, Phil is going to end up with another, dry, another ride in Winston Cup Racing. There's no question about that. Kenny Schrader is in for service as the incumbent race leader, and it seems to be routine, Mike. Well, it certainly was a quick one. Uh, they are rolling tires back, so I guess they changed two. Of course, you can change two tires quicker than you can dump all that gas in. But they uh, certainly weren't in long enough for four. So good fast stop for Schrader at 2.33. And I'm going to revise my earlier estimate. Checking again on the gas figures on Dale Earnhardt. Uh, if this race goes green all the way and he makes two more stops, he'll finish this race with about two laps worth of gas left in the tank. So he should just barely be able to go all the way if we stay green. I hope it stays green. I want to see how, how on you are on your calculations. <laughs> Here comes Jeff Bonine off turn number four, down out of the banking on the pit road to make his routine stop. As he heads down to Mike Joy, we'll cover his stop. Here's the one the whole group has been waiting for as Bodine comes in to Tim Brewer and the crew. And how many tires will they put up on the wall? Looks like just, no, it will be four tires. No, it will be left side tires only. Excuse me, they did not go to the right side of the car. So again, Junior and Tim Brewer playing percentages. They have him in and out very quickly. 
So Ernie Irvin now inherits the lead here on lap number 234 as he is yet to make a pit stop. Although we see at this point Tony Glover and the crew are awaiting him shortly. They have not climbed all the way out onto the pit lane yet. And as Ernie comes through turn number four, he'll stay on the racetrack for one more lap. So they're going to push it and uh, go as close as they can to uh, running themselves out of fuel before they come in to make a stop. Oh, buddy of yours stepping into the booth here, Barn. Jimmy Mosteller. How about it, Barney? How you get along, pal? Jimmy's with the Havatampa Cigar Corporation, and you and I go back a long ways. We used to work some of the races here in the PA booth before either one of us did a whole lot of broadcasting back in the uh, early 60s and whatever. you still involved in racing? you do any short tracks or anything? Well, let me, uh, yes, occasionally I get into the short tracks over the country and don't do any announcing, so to speak, but just kind of hip out the announcers. Well, you've hit about every short track in Georgia over the years, have you not? I surely have, all over the southeast. In fact, Barney, because you know I love the sport of automobile racing. Timmy, let me take a quick break here because the leader is on pit road. That is Ernie Irvin. Let's cover that stop. Well, they changed the right side tires on the car. They're not going to change left side. He's going to put two tires on it. Building him up with fuel. They're going to try to get it as full as they possibly can. So he is down and away, and that will move Kyle Petty up into the lead right now at lap number 236. We'll get back and talk with Jimmy Mosteller in just a moment. You have been with the Have a Tampa folks for a lot of years, and I know they've been involved with us in racing now for a couple of years. Are they pretty happy with the association? Let me say this to you, Barney. We are very happy with our association uh, with MRN. And needless to say, as the sport of automobile racing continues to grow, the sales of our good Tampa Nuggets, Have a Tampa, Phillies, you name it, they too grow in safe. Well, it's been a it's been a good deal for us, and uh, we're very glad of the association, and glad for you to take a minute to stop by because I know you're going to be a race fan until they put you to have a Tampa box. You better believe that. You better. Believe <laughs> I never heard it put that way, but I will say this, Barney. I want to thank all these wonderful racing fans for smoking our Tampa Nuggets, have a Tampa's, and Philly cigars. Thank Jimmy, you. Thanks. And here comes Kyle Petty, the race leader, in for service to the attention of Gary Nelson and the Peak Crew, Mike. Well, let's see if this is as quick as what the other leaders, folks on the lead lap, have been able to do. They must have been looking up the lane at Junior Johnson's team because it's left side tires only for the Gary Nelson led crew to taste of victory on the last race of the circuit at Rock Camp two weeks ago. Second can of gas done, and Kyle that burns his way out of the pits in 13.3 seconds. Well, he's had a good run here also, as he did up in Rockingham, North Carolina. We've got a couple of pieces of tape with Kyle about how he has changed as a driver and matured a little bit. We'll use a little bit later this afternoon after talking with him in the garage. And uh, had a long, interesting conversation with this young driver the other day. H.B. Bailey's about to take his car through the pit wall and back to the garage area, so he'll be retiring for the day. 239 laps are complete. Dale Earnhardt is back in the lead in the Motorcraft 500, and we'll be back. NASCAR Winston Cup champion Rusty Wallace talks about Pontiac Motorsports. When they say Pontiac, I think excitement. I think of performance, and I think of those first victories in the Winston Cup championship. Pontiac is an excitement-built car company, and they're always going to have performance-type cars, and I doubt it will ever be without a good Pontiac. The truth is in the performance. A guy in a showroom looking at a Pontiac benefits a lot because, hey, the truth is on the racetrack championship a lot of wins i think it all speaks for itself really pontiac motorsports we build excitement stp presents performance tips with richard petty if you think stop and go driving wears you down you should see what it does to your engine to properly protect your engine you should regularly change your motor oil but for extra protection add a can of stp oil treatment to the crankcase stp oil treatment not only helps fight engine wear it helps keep performance up whether you're driving on a speedway or on the highway. 
241 laps are being posted on the scoreboard here in Atlanta, the Motorcraft 500 this afternoon. Just about all the front runners have now pitted. Dale Earnhardt is back up in front, riding in the number two spot. They're still posting Jeff Bodine, then Kenny Schrader, then Derek Cope and Morgan Shepard. From the Atlanta International Raceway, this is MRN Radio. Dale Earnhardt, once he changed tires a moment ago, got back onto the racetrack, seems to have found that handling combination that he'd had most of the day, and he again is dominating this race. He has an advantage of a little better than three seconds over the second-place car right now, Jeff Bodine. Kenny Schrader continues to ride third. Fourth is Derek Cope, and rounding out the top five is Morgan Shepard. Good run for all those teams up there running with Earnhardt. Nobody's been able to really touch him that much all day long. Not at all. And if Dale continues running as he is, he might end up as the winner of the Armour NASCAR Driver of the Week Award this week. Of course, that remains to be seen. Last week, the Armour Award went to David Blankenship, who was uh, the winner of the biggest race of his career, certainly. He led 83 of the 100 laps at Martinsville Speedway as part of the Miller 500 Classic and easily won the late model stock car event there. David Blankenship from Mosley, Virginia. He's been a twice-track champion at the South Boston Speedway in Virginia. He had a chance to join us on the broadcast midway through the day at Martinsville last weekend, and we congratulated him on his good fortune. Thank you very much, Eli. I tell you, we're really glad to be here at the Miller 500 Classic and take this win for the fallen truck in uh, Pontiac out of South Boston, Virginia. This has become a rather competitive series. A lot of folks outside of Virginia and the Carolinas may not see much of the late model stock cars, but yourself, Curtis Markham, some of the fellas, Barry Beggerly, they put on a super race. They really do. We really do. I mean, you know, people have to respect these cars. We don't have the horsepower that the Bush Grand National cars and some of the other cars have, but we rely totally on chassis setups, and, and that was, that's what makes a race car driver to be able to set his car up and make it run the whole race. And uh, we went to Florida and, and raced against the best. We finished second. Curtis won the race. Uh, we just can't say enough about the division. Now, we've seen you around Bush Grand National Racing attempts to uh, try and establish yourself. Is that the next step? Well, yeah, you know, I've been trying uh, ever since I've been racing. This is my 10th year of racing, and uh, I made a debut at Dover, and uh, I just went in the corner a little too hard qualifying, and I lost the car. Uh, but that's where I want to be. Uh, you know, the late mile stock car was fine, but I, I can't make a living there, and I want to move up. So David Blankenship, the Armour NASCAR Driver of the Week, and he's a good-looking young race car driver. Well, the interval again between first and second is down to about well, a little less than three seconds right now as Jeff Bodine is either catching up to Dale Earnhardt or Earnhardt is backing up to him as they head up to Alan Bestwick. I think Earnhardt's problem has been Daryl Waltrip. Daryl's had the tied Chevrolet inside, outside, and right up behind Dale now for about the last five or six laps. And Earnhardt's had to lift off the throttle to kind of deal with Daryl in the corner. That problem is going to evaporate, though, as Waltrip heads for pit road. This will be a routine stop for Daryl Waltrip as he brings the tied machine in right now and heading on off into turn number one all by himself again now is Dale Earnhardt over to Joe Moore. Earnhardt's got plenty of clear sailing. Marty, we've been watching the battle for the third spot between Derek Cope and Morgan Shepard. They've been uh, one and two here, just kind of bumper to bumper the last few laps. Morgan finally did put his car down on the inside of the racetrack. He bypassed Derek Cope, so Morgan now advances. He's up to the second spot, and Derek Cope falls behind him in third. Those two cars running now about half the distance to the back straightaway behind third place Ken Schrader. Shepard in fourth. Cope's car not getting through the corners. He's going all the way up the racetrack each time through this end of the speedway. So as the field works on lap 252, the running order remains basically unchanged. They are showing still 11 cars on the lead lap. 
Back to 21st position as we get to cars three laps down in the case of Dave Marcus. Jimmy Spencer still out there running. He is showing a couple of laps down. Matter of fact, behind those on the lead lap, we have Brett Bodine, Rusty Wallace. We've not heard all that much uh, from Rusty here this afternoon. It's interesting. That team is... They're not really struggling that bad. They just haven't seemed to hit the combination and the momentum that they had last year with everything going in their corner. And as Harold Elliott, who was the crew chief and the engine builder on that car, told me in the garage yesterday, he said maybe we're going to be a slow starter this year, and after a few more races, things will kind of get in our corner. It will be as tough as Earnhardt and the other guys were all last year. So I wouldn't count him out, that's for sure. Talked about Kyle Petty a moment ago and how he seems to have matured as a driver for the moment. His career as a singer has kind of gone on hold, so to speak. And he talked at great length here this weekend about his win up there and what it meant to him. And he said, you know, I didn't back into that one. I won that race. I ran all day and just kind of dominated the field, which he did at Rockingham a couple of weeks ago. But I asked him, I said, don't, you know, we can see it in the tower every week when we watch him run and things. Before, you see a lot of drivers that might stick the car on in there in a situation that, not necessarily reckless, but it's putting the car in a bind, maybe a chance to get it wrinkled up. And he's changed a lot in that department. He talks about it. I am. You know, I, I really concentrated on it down there, probably more so than I have in a long time, on just being patient and not trying to force an issue. And, you know, as good as the car drove, then, then you could take your time and you could yeah. be a little bit more patient. And, you know, I think... You know, Earnhardt's had a car that's been capable of winning in a lot of races, and I, I watched a bunch of his films and stuff, and even as dominant as he is a lot of times, he's real patient in a lot of situations. He doesn't just dive off in a corner and blast up under somebody. He'll wait and bide his time and wait till they make a mistake a lot of times, even on lap cars. So, you know, there was, there was a couple of times that I almost got a little bit impatient and tried to stuff it in there, but I'd back out and think about it a couple laps and go again. So, you know, I think that just comes with, with getting older, maybe. I don't know what it is. You know, you just get... You begin to mature a little bit. You begin to have a little bit more experience, and it's just beginning to pay off. Certainly has for Kyle Petty. Off the pace over in turn number two, one of the cars has been running in the top five in front of Joe Moore. Derek Cope came in the corner. He was up to speed coming into turn one about halfway through. All of a sudden, he just dropped off the accelerator and went down to the inside of the racetrack, and he's limping back around to the pit area. So Derek Cope, who was being shown in the fifth position, now heads around towards the pit area or potentially the garage. We'll update that when we come back to Atlanta. Race fans, on your next shopping trip, ask for Dinner Bell Meats, the proud sponsor of the Top Dog Award and the official meat products of NASCAR. Winning combinations are certainly hard to find on the racetrack, but the winning combination you're looking for at your favorite supermarket in great meat taste is Dinner Bell Meats. Be sure and ask for the great lineup of quality meat products from Dinner Bell on your next shopping trip. Dinner Bell for great hot dogs, hams, bacon, and specially prepared lunch meats available at your favorite supermarket meat counter. Two hundred and fifty-nine laps go on the scoreboard here in Atlanta in the Motorcraft 500 this afternoon. Three twenty-eight will make up the distance. Dale Earnhardt still leading, riding second. That's Jeff Bodine, and third right now is Kenny Schrader from the Atlanta International Raceway. This is MRN Radio. 
we welcome you back to the Atlanta International Raceway. We are still under green. That's been the story here all afternoon long as we have had one caution flag on lap number five. We are now on lap 261. Dale Earnhardt's lead is still one and seven-tenths seconds over second place Jeff Bodine. Kenny Schrader is running third, Morgan Shepard in fourth, and Ernie Irvin in his inaugural ride for the Kodak Film Oldsmobile. He's been running well all afternoon long. He is up in fifth spot. Average speed continuing at 159.316 miles an hour. Did you have a chance, but I don't know which way you went home from Rockingham, but uh, did you notice how well the traffic was running there at uh, the North Carolina? Well, you weren't at Rockingham, don't mind me. Just uh, sitting here thinking about it. The traffic flow at Rockingham, I was going to give a quick pat on the back to the folks from uh, the North Carolina Highway Patrol because uh, they had the traffic flowing as smoothly as we have ever seen it there. It was kind of easy getting out of the rock after that race was over a couple weeks ago. I think a lot of the speedways are beginning to overhaul their traffic patterns and whatever to facilitate getting in and getting out for the race fans. And it's something that's helped in an awful lot of the speedways, particularly in the last seven or eight races. 300, 263 laps are complete. As Jimmy Spencer brings the Heinz ketchup machine back out of pit road for another stop here this afternoon. That should be a routine one. And, Mike, I guess they'll make what? One more pit stop? Barney, I think everybody can make it from here on one stop. Spencer might be the exception. He got caught out of sequence real early in the race, making his first pit stop about lap 36. He's had all scheduled stops since. Uh, he may need an extra one, but I think everybody can go from here with one more stop, again, assuming uh, that we stay caution-free. Let's go down to the garage area where Winston Kelly, I believe, has caught up with Derek Cope. Had an outstanding run this afternoon, Derek. What happened to the car? Well, unfortunately, Winston, uh, the uh, motor uh, had a problem. I don't know exactly what. It's unlike those Henrik motors have a problem, but it just happened, uh, you know, it happened to us today. But and when we had the pure letter Chevrolet Luminar running very well, I thought we had a shot. And Earnhardt, we got four tires. One thing Derek and this crew showed is that the Daytona 500 one run was no fluke. So we'll look to see a lot of this pure letter Chevrolet up front for the rest of this year. So Derek Cope is out of the event along with H.B. Bailey, Rob Morosho. Larry Pearson is gone for the afternoon along with Rick Mast, Ken Reagan, Hutch Strickland, Michael Waltrip, Mickey Gibbs, and Terry Labonte. As Winston pointed out earlier, though, it happens sometimes in stretches like that. We've had a large number of engine failures here this afternoon to put uh, so many of the drivers in the garage area. It's been an unusual race here in Atlanta. Normally there'll be at least five or six cars right up there nose to tail most of the day. But Earnhardt just hit on a combination when they put him under green this afternoon. He took off, and for the most part of this race, he has led the great majority of it, and he has been the dominant car except for one stretch there where he was off some 30 or 40 laps. They put another set of tires on the car, and he went back out and picked up right where he left off. Now, for the battle for second and third has been spaced out pretty well also. For fourth and fifth, been pretty much the same way. And Alan Bestwick, that's the way it's been all day. It just seems like somebody has a combination that's a little better than the third-place car, and the fourth-place car is not quite up to that. It's been that type of race. Almost seems like they've been taking turns, Barney. Earnhardt will run well, and then we saw for a while when he run one well, Morgan Shepard went up to the front. Now Earnhardt is running well. Morgan Shepard is not running as good as he has. Ken Schrader is running good. Uh, a couple of the other cars are not running as well. It almost seems like people have been taking turns at it all afternoon. One car not running as well as he'd like to is Jimmy Means. Jimmy just dropped down to the apron of the track. Big puff of smoke behind the engine of his car. Matter of fact, he has headed, I believe, Winston to you in the garage. He's still uh, rolling his car over toward his trailer. We should get a comment from him in just a moment. Carrying on on your conversation about the engine failures, there were 13 cars that retired 
with engine failure in this race last year and nine in the fall race here at Atlanta. So something about these tracks and this one mile of corners that has to be very tough on engines. They're certainly going to set a record here if this race stays green as far as the average speed for the race. If memory serves me right, I think the race record for an Atlanta race would be about 152 miles an hour plus. And right now, the average speed is approaching 160 miles an hour, specifically 159.316. So they are flat getting it done, or at least Earnhardt is right now. Earnhardt is. He is the race leader. Jeff Bodine still second. Kenny Schrader third. Fourth is Morgan Shepard, and fifth is Ernie Irvin. Sixth is Kyle Petty. Seventh, Alan Kulwicki, and eighth place belongs to Mark Martin. Those eight cars are on the lead lap. Ninth, one lap down is Rusty Wallace. Tenth place, Harry Gant. Eleventh is Davey Allison. Twelfth, Brett Bodine. Bill Elliott is thirteenth. Those cars are all one lap down. Two laps down and fourteenth, Darrell Waltrip. Fifteenth is Sterling Marlin. Sixteenth is the Dick Trickle car. Seventeenth, Bobby Hillen Jr. They are all two laps down and three laps down in eighteenth position right now is Neil Bonnet. We are 269 laps complete as Dale Earnhardt continues to lead the Motorcraft 500. Okay, just one more little ratchet twist. Okay, now hand me another baby Ruth. You've already eaten a dozen. No, I didn't. I had six. Got to keep up my strength. The car ate the other six. You fed our car a baby Ruth? Sure. Crank her up. Baby Ruth, baby Ruth, baby Ruth. Oh, I don't know if Junior's going to like this. Junior likes to win. Baby Ruth satisfies everybody's hunger, even the high-performance kind. Baby Ruth, the official candy bar of NASCAR's legendary Junior Johnson. NASCAR Winston Cup champion Rusty Wallace talks about the official pace car of NASCAR, Pontiac Turbo Grand Prix. I've drove the Grand Prix. A lot of my friends have also, and they all say the same thing about the performance. Man, this thing really goes. If you're going to buy a Turbo Grand Prix, you're buying a car that's got performance, it's got comfort, and it's got acceleration like you've never felt before. If you want an all-out performance-type car, that's probably the great choice for you. Pontiac Turbo Grand Prix, the official pace car of NASCAR. From Pontiac, we build excitement. There will still be one more round of pit stops for all of these front-running cars. Lap 271 is on the board. 328 will comprise the Motorcraft 500. Dale Earnhardt is still the leader. Jeff Bodine is second. Kenny Schrader third. Morgan Shepard fourth. And Ernie Irvin in the Kodak Film Oldsmobile continues to ride right up there in the front of the pack. He is currently fifth. From the Atlanta International Raceway, this is MRN Radio. Lap 274 is on the scoreboard. Dale Earnhardt continuing to lead here at the Atlanta International Raceway. You're tuned to MRN Radio in our live coverage of the Motorcraft 500. We were close to a caution flag a few laps ago, but we remain under green. But Dick Trickle gave everybody a pretty good scare for a second. Alan Bestwick up in turns three and four. Same thing we've been talking about Richard Petty for a lot of the afternoon. Just been fighting the car and trying to keep it off the wall. It almost got away from him. He kicked up all a cloud of dust up by the wall, but managed to get it off the wall and down under control. And the leader is on pit road. Let's go to the Dale Earnhardt pit. Well, we're now in the window where everyone who stops from now on could go the distance without another stop. Uh, Bill Elliott is questionable on that, as is Jimmy Spencer. Earnhardt last time took right side tires. This time he'll get left. Kirk Schalberty working up front. Scott Kluka at the back. Little problem they called for a backup air wrench at the front. Uh, so it'll be a little longer to stop than usual. Earnhardt stalls it, and now he's rolling. 
Lost a lot of time getting off pit road that time, and Earnhardt is not yet up to speed in that car. Finally looks like he's going to get it going as he heads for turn two. Leonard Rowland still down on the inside of the racetrack. This is common, though, to keep it down on the apron before you bring it up to speed. Here he comes, exiting turn number two. Now he drives it up on the banking and begins to regain some of that speed here on the back straightaway. I don't know. It doesn't look as though he's getting up to speed at all now. He did bit by bit, and Allen, as he gets closer to you in turn three, he's trying to get up to speed, but it's almost a mile and a half since he left his pit stall. He was shaking, and he still he's continuing to weave the car back and forth like he's trying to shake something loose that's maybe stiffened in the suspension. I don't understand because I've never seen a driver do that before at speed on the racetrack. There had to be a problem on the car because he was a long time getting up to speed. He finally is up there running about race speed right now, but he had to have a problem when he first came off pit road. Maybe Mike Joy can check it out and see if he's called Richard Childress and the team and told them what it would be. Davey Allison makes his stop. Go ahead. Excuse me. It might have been that he was close to being out of gas. Now, they hadn't used the full 22 gallons at any point, but when you fill that fuel cell, still that mechanical fuel pump has got to get it up to the carburetor. If he was out, uh, he might have burped it and been completely out when the car didn't stall coming out of the pit. So you weave it back and forth, trying to get, you don't get fuel to the pickup when the tank is full. You don't have to do that, but now it appears he is coming back up to full speed. That could well happen. Uh, Alan Kowicki just come by me and he was out of fuel. The car went, well, he was out of fuel. I seen him just now fire it off. And uh, so Dale could have run out of fuel. And a close call for Jimmy Spencer up in front of Joe Moore. It's another Atlanta stripe here for another driver this afternoon. Jimmy Spencer got up at the marbles coming into turn number two, just scrubbed along the outside retaining wall, kept the car going straight through, and he continues on. We're going to see all the other front runners coming out of pit road here in the next few laps as Earnhardt has made his stop, but that slowness getting off pit road, whatever the problem was, has cost him a lot of running order on this racetrack when the rest of the teams make their stop. Alan Kowicki was in just a moment ago, has gone back onto the racetrack. Mark Martin made his final stop of the day, assuming this race would stay green, and also has gone back onto the racetrack. I'll tell you, it's breathtaking, Joe Moore, in front of you. The cars between turns one and two don't seem to be more than five inches off the outside retaining wall at this point of the day. Oh, they're getting higher and higher, seems like, as the race goes on. First part of the event, of course, everybody was trying to keep the cars down at the inside, and many were having a little bit of success at that. The ones who couldn't keep it right down to the bottom were maybe going up about midway, but as the race has gone on, they're all getting higher and higher, and when you get too high, you get into those marbles we talk about, and that's almost like driving on a dirt track. The car will go completely sideways. We saw Rob Barroso do that one time today. Mark Stahl came through there one time sideways, and most recently, as we mentioned, Jimmy Spencer got it turned sideways, actually made contact with the wall, but was able to get it straightened out. A couple of more pit stops going on down in front of Dick Brooks. Well, I don't know. I'm down at the other end of the pits here. I've got uh, Neil Bonnerstander sitting there trying to drop him down to let him go. Uh, looks like Bobby Hillen's going to come in in a, in a little bit. They're going to bring Rusty Wallace on by. So service continuing on pit road. Meanwhile, let's see if we can catch up with Jimmy Means in the garage area and get an update on what the problems were with his car. Winston? Jimmy, what's the problem on the car? Well, some help internally. It's probably a rock arm or maybe a valve. We messed a motor up yesterday, and this motor... Uh, we had the motor we had to put in already ran Richmond, so I guess you know much as we turn them nowadays, you're not you're not made to run 800 miles. You know, uh, Alex Spontek was way off at the start. You know, we fixed the stagger there after a couple of stops, and we really got to run it decent. We could have been that way all day; we've been in good shape. But you know, we're back at Darlington. So Jimmy Spencer, uh, Jimmy Means, out of this afternoon's Motorcraft 500. Rusty Wallace was on pit road a moment ago, and he was down in front of Mike Joy. 
Well, just a quick stop in and out again, Barney. Looked pretty routine uh, as Bobby Hill had stopped just coming in and out. And as we mentioned, everybody who's making stops at, at this point in the race will be able to go the distance. In the Darrell Waltrip pit, they are putting together a battery and it's a uh, plastic enclosure. Uh, going to be a tough thing to change with that sits back behind the driver if they have to on that last stop. Now, I thought these cars could run off the alternator and go the distance, even if the battery wouldn't hold a charge. But it appears they are getting ready to replace it. Here's Waltrip out of turn number four. Seems to be off the pace just a little bit. Close call in front of Joe Moore. Dick Trickle got up into those same marbles we were talking about just moments ago. Almost collected Chad Little coming off the corner. He cocked the car completely sideways. Chad Little didn't know which way to go, but has held his line. Both cars straightened out. Two more survived this end of the speedway. Second like place. I'd like to make a point about Dale Earnhardt, Barney. You know, we've talked a, a little while this afternoon about how what a difference new tires will make on this racetrack. When Dale Earnhardt took on his tires and got out on the racetrack, you'd have expected him to close ground on the cars that were running in front of him that are running on old tires. But that is not the case. Jeff Bodine, who's running on old tires, has actually been spreading the gap on Earnhardt, who's already made his pit stop and got the new tires. So perhaps Earnhardt did not get the setup he wanted on that car in that pit stop. He's not getting through three and four very well at all. Well, he had that happen to him earlier this afternoon. If you remember, he fell way off the pace, at least the pace he had been setting all day when he dropped back there a couple of times, finally came in and got on a new set of rubber and then took off again. Here's Morgan Shepard in for his final stop down in front of Mike Joy. Well, this will do it for Bud Morris. He'll get right side tires uh, this time. He took on four tires last time around. Apparently was pretty satisfied with that setup, so they'll take on just two and not lose any more tracks again. Harold Scott back done at the right rear, pounding on the back of the car. They run the back, and they do. Morgan's away. So the green flag pit stops continue again. If you're just joining us, this race is running at record speed. 159.316 miles an hour is the average. We are some four and a half miles an hour quicker than the fastest race ever run here at Atlanta. Reason being, only one caution flag. Terry Labonte lost an engine back on lap number five, all the way back around uh, 10 or 12 minutes after one this afternoon. And that has been it. We have been on the green since that point forward. Now on lap 285, the total race distance today, 500 miles, 328 laps. We'll be right back. There's nothing greater in the great outdoors than Armistar can meet. There's nothing better you can pack along to make your outdoor trip complete. Delicious sandwiches chock full of Armor Star Treat luncheon meat by the perfect take-along for your next trip to the great outdoors. There's nothing greater in the great outdoors than Armor Star can meat. Why listen to this all racing season when you could listen to this instead? To celebrate the TransSouth 500, we're offering a free radio headset to TransSouth customers who qualify. Stop by TransSouth before March 29th and take out a new loan of $1,000 or increase your existing loan by $1,000 and you'll get an AM-FM headset free. So see TransSouth today and get a head start on the racing season. Some restrictions apply. See your TransSouth manager for details. TransSouth, the right loan right now. Right now, the one everyone is watching here, as far as a driver on the racetrack, he is a leader. That is Jeff Bodine. He has yet to make his stop. 289 laps are on the board. And, Mike Joy, there is a little activity in his pit. Well, there's a lot, Barney, and uh, this could be the race right here. 
Now, Tim Brewer in through. Tim is on the horn to his driver. Takes a stand out on pit road with that air wrench. Shorty Edwards walks out about five steps to the side that Jeff will see as soon as he cuts that car hard into the pit lane. Henry Benfield with the gas cans. Even Junior Johnson looking just a little bit nervous now as he stands with a backup air wrench. The board is up. Bodine is in the pit lane, and this could be the race. Pete Wright has the jack in hand. He's over the wall, waiting to run across. He's out past the pit. The watch starts as Bodine rolls to a halt. They had left side tires last time. This will be right side. Shorty has a clean of the grill. Bodine gets a cleaned up windshield. They're done at the right rear. Second can of gas going in. Henry lifting it up off his knee. Well, they got half of it in, but they got him out of here in 12.8 seconds. That should be enough fuel to get him to the start-finish line and get that checkered flag if he can do it. Earnhardt has gone on around this racetrack, so this is going to change the complexion. Now, there's a couple of more cars. Well, at least one more. I don't think Ernie Irvin, he is on pit road right now making his final stop, and that will just about get all the top ten for their final pit stop. We'll set the situation for you when we come back from the Atlanta International Raceway. This is MRN Radio. Back at Atlanta International Raceway. It does not sound good for Darrell Waltrip. The Tide Chevrolet just came by us here at the start-finish line and sounded as though it was running awfully rough. And, Mike, I know you're down there near the Tide pit area, and there can't be a whole lot of smiles now. Well, he's not running out of gas, Eli. He's running out of juice. Apparently, uh, what's happening is that battery may be grounding itself out somewhere so that uh, they're going to have to replace it, and it's, it's just not firing like it ought to. They'll bring him in next time. They've got a battery set to go into the car as well as gasoline and tires. He has been off the pace for several laps here. Buddy Baker makes his final stop of the day. Baker's been out there and put in a pretty good run in the Junie Don Levy car as he has made his return to Winston Cup Racing after an absence of a little over a year. Buddy Baker's had not all that bad a day here at Atlanta. 293 are on the board. Jeff Bodine is a leader, and that pit stop, Mike Joy, might have just done it for him a moment ago. It was calm, cool, and collected. They did what they needed to do, and they did it quick. Barney, that's the kind of stop that you practice and you hope for. And, uh, they're telling a joke or two here and talking to Jeff a little bit on the radio. Tim, boy, that's the kind of pit stop that you hope for all season long, that last one. That's the kind of pit stop that'll win your races. <laughs> these guys are tough, you know. It's, you know, when when you put these guys in the kennel and turn the pressure up on them, you know, they just seem to get better. You know, they proved that last year qualifying for the Winston. You know, a lot of people kind of overlook us. But, uh, you know, we, we keep trying, and Junior, he keeps kicking on us. So, you know, we keep hitting it. By the way, Barney, hope your ribs get to feeling better. Well, that's Tim Brewer, and I think he had a real good point, Barney. The Junior keeps kicking him. Junior's taking a real interest. Uh, in this team, the start of the season with a new driver and a new relationship with Jeff Bodine, who's now behind the wheel, and uh, it looks like it's bearing fruit. They've had some real good runs. I think the key to that whole situation is Flossie, Junior's wife, who's got the whip out and taken it to all of them in the last few weeks and said, you guys are going to start doing something or else. And or else has paid off so far. Jeff had about 36 seconds over Dale Earnhardt when he went in to make that pit stop, got full service and back out on the racetrack without losing the lead. As a matter of fact, the advantage now is six and six-tenths seconds. Darrell Waltrip is in for service from Jeff Hammond and that crew. Mike Joy? They have the left side tires all done and the gas. One of the crewmen, I believe it was Billy Wilbur, has just dove inside the right side of the car trying to change ignition modules, see if that's the problem for Darrell. They're going to get him out of here in 25 seconds, but that thing better start firing on eight cylinders if he's going to post the points and earn some money today. You're listening to live coverage of the Motorcraft 500 from the Atlanta International Raceway. To allow you to know to exactly which station you're tuned, let's pause 10 seconds on MRN Radio for station identification. 
Atlanta International Raceway playing host to NASCAR's Winston Cup Series and the Motorcraft Quality Parts 500. Eli Gold along with Barney Hall, the entire MRN crew, Joe Moore, Alan Bestwick, Mike Joy, Dick Brooks, and Winston Kelly. Our engineers are Harry Howard and Clay Stalka. Some racing coming up in your area, quite possibly. The NASCAR Winston Racing Season getting underway at weekly racetracks all across the country. If you'd like to know about the track nearest to you that will host Winston Racing Series action this year, you might like to drop a quick note to NASCAR's Public Relations Department for that information. Their address is Post Office Box 2875. Daytona Beach, Florida, and the zip is 32115. And don't forget, next weekend, MRN for the first time will be heading to the Hickory Motor Speedway in Hickory, North Carolina for the Mountain Dew 400. It's a busy weekend activity at the track Saturday and Sunday. Our broadcast will be one week from today, next Sunday afternoon at 1.45 Eastern Time. If you're going to be at the track on Saturday, they've got activity beginning at 10 o'clock in the morning with practice. There's Bush Pole qualifying for the Bush Grand National cars beginning at 1 o'clock. There's action with the late model stock cars, the limited sportsmen. All of the regular Hickory weekly clashes will be running there on Saturday and also Saturday afternoon. An autograph session involving Dale Jarrett, Harry Gant, uh, Dale Earnhardt will be there, Tommy Ellis, Jack Ingram, Tommy Houston, all signing autographs. And again, our broadcast next Sunday at 1.45 Eastern Time from Hickory Motor Speedway in Hickory, North Carolina. There are just 28 laps to go here at Atlanta in the Motorcraft 500 this afternoon. Of the situation is this. Ahead right now and leading this event is Jeff Bodine. He has an advantage of a little better than three seconds over Dale Earnhardt. And from Earnhardt back to the third place of Kenny Schrader, there's a little better than two seconds between those two spots. There's an equal distance of about almost two seconds from Kenny Schrader, who is in third back to fourth position of Morgan Shepard. So there's not a real tight race here as we wind this one down in the Motorcraft 500 here this afternoon in Atlanta, unless something happens or somebody really turns up the wick. So while they're running like that, I'd like to take just a minute on the broadcast to, to thank all the folks at Richmond Memorial Hospital for Jim Phillips and myself. And I know if Jim was here, he'd like to do it because they really took great care of us up there. And we were in there a couple of weeks ago or three weeks ago. And we'd just like to say a special thanks to them. And I know I speak for Jim also for all the cards and letters and, and uh, good, good wishes that we got from folks from all over the country and phone calls. It really makes a difference. You know, we talk on a broadcast about drivers that get injured and are out for weeks or whatever. And they tell us a lot of times that those calls and, and letters and things help. They really, really do help the healing process. And for all the folks who I can't thank personally, I'd like to thank you on the air. Well, it's great to have you back. I know that's something we've talked about all afternoon long, and we echo the sentiments of all the folks around the sport. We are right now at 302 laps. 328 make up the total distance, so 26 laps remain around this mile-and-a-half speedway, running far and away at record pace for a race here at Atlanta. And right now, it is Jeff Bodine having wrestled the lead away from Dale Earnhardt, and he leads with a handful of laps to go. In 1909, George Pepperdine founded Western Auto with a mail-order flyer for Model T parts. In 1913, the first Western Auto retail store opened and has grown to become the leader for auto parts and service in America. Today, Western Auto has joined the Winston Cup Racing family as the official auto parts and service store of NASCAR. Now it's official. Gentlemen and ladies, start your engines at Western Auto, the official auto parts and service store of NASCAR. Today in first place, Kelly, there's some commotion on the flag stand. Let's cut away live for a report. Frank, the regular flagman, has stepped down, and a new flagman is in his place. What can you see? He's waving a flag I've never seen before. What color is it? It looks blue and yellow. It's the Platter's Nut Flag, and holding the flag is Mr. Peanut. What's the
the planters flag mean? It's the concession lap. The drivers are pulling over to snack on planters' nuts. If you're a racing nut, eat planters. They're nuts, too. I've never seen this in NASCAR before. What a nut! The running order remains the same with 305 of the 328 laps complete here this afternoon in the Motorcraft 500. They're still chasing Jeff Bodine. Chasing him is Dale Earnhardt, who is in second. Kenny Schrader is third, fourth Morgan Shepard, and fifth is Ernie Irvin. From the Atlanta International Raceway, this is MRN Radio. Seven cars remain on the lead lap here at the Atlanta International Raceway on lap 307. 21 laps remain in this record speed for the Motorcraft 500. 159.946 miles an hour. Jeff Bodine leads Dale Earnhardt. Third is Kenny Schrader. Fourth, Morgan Shepard. Fifth is the car driven by Ernie Irvin. Sixth place belongs to Mark Martin. And seventh is Kyle Petty. On pit road right now, the ninth place runner, Sterling Marlin. He is a lap down along with seventh place, Alan Kowicki. Excuse me, eighth place, Kowicki. Alan is in eighth. Ninth is Sterling Marlin. Tenth is Harry Gant. Eleventh, Rusty Wallace. Twelfth, Brett Bodine. Davey Allison is thirteenth. Bill Elliott, fourteenth. Dick Trickle is fifteenth. Three laps down and sixteenth is Bobby Hillen. 17th spot, four laps down, Jimmy Spencer. Also four laps down, and 18th, Neil Bonnet, and 19th, Rick Wilson. Let's go to the pitch. Sterling Marlin in and out without incident in his last stop of the day. Darrell Walter's car is behind pit wall, and as we talked earlier, he's burned up the battery in the Tide Chevrolet. Something had to ground out because that's a pretty heavy piece of lead, literally. They mount it in a place that's difficult for the mechanics to get to. Billy Wilbers uh, is working inside the car. Sandy Jones and Eddie Dickerson handing him tools to try and strap in a replacement battery so Walter can finish and not lose too many laps. Talk about losing time. Dale Earnhardt has been running Jeff Bodine down, gaining an average of three-tenths of a second per lap. He is beginning to chase down the leader right now. The interval is beginning to shorten, and he probably has time to do it if he can keep moving up through traffic like he has for the last few laps. Trouble in turn three. Jack Pennington blows a motor as he has Heads into the corner, does a great job of getting on the brakes and getting the car down out of the racing groove. But Jack Pennington's car goes up in a ball of smoke in turn three. And we are under green. They do not put the caution out. Apparently that turn area is clear up there. So Jack Pennington makes that hard turn, takes his car to the garage. He'll be through for the day. And this race will stay under green. A moment ago, uh, we were talking about the who should be the Western Auto mechanic of the race here, and I think that has been announced. Let's check in with Dick Brooks. Well, it sure has, Barney. I tell you, Western Auto, I think, has done, done a good job here today. They've, they've got a new award this year for the Mechanic of the Race Award, and I think these achievements are done by are judged on the fact of uh, the whole week of what's happened, and they say that, uh, that this week they're going to give it to Tony Glover, uh, the crew chief for the Ernie Irving car, and said it's because of a great performance due to all the rain and a new driver and uh, and the job that he's done uh, with a number four Kodak car and where they ran here today. Tony, you got a thousand dollars. Well, I, I thank Weston Auto very much for that, and uh, most of all, I think this award ought to go to our team and Ernie Irvin. I tell you, uh, a lot of people out there don't know much about him, but I promise you, before this year's over, they'll know Ernie Irvin and the Kodak Oldsmobile. Well, I think you're right, and I'll tell you, you know, there's a lot of happiness and that kind of stuff, and he's quivering just a little bit as he was saying that through excitement, I'm sure, from the fact of winning the thing. Everybody likes recognition and all that stuff, but uh, these boys are pretty happy today, and they were happy for him. Well, it was a well-deserved honor, although there are a lot of candidates for it here today. Of course, the Earnhardt team certainly would have been uh, in contention for that, along with Bud Moore's guys, and 
just about half a dozen guys have been up in that front five or six all day. But a super run, though, all afternoon long for Ernie Irvin. While we're passing out, congratulations. Congratulations to today's right guard halfway challenge winner, Patsy Sisk of Winchester, Tennessee. She is the winner of a brand-new Pontiac Grand Prix SE. She knew that Dale Earnhardt led at the halfway portion of the Motorcraft 500, and you need to stay tuned to more of the right guard halfway challenge races. You could be the next winner of a new Pontiac. Patsy was telling us on the phone that she always listens to MRN and normally comes to the races here in Atlanta. She never misses a race in Atlanta, but for a certain reason, she gave her tickets away and had to remain home in Winchester, Tennessee, listened on the air and won herself a Pontiac. That is not a bad deal. No, Let's get back no. to the race here because it looks like it's going to come down to a real shootout. Earnhardt, who had dominated the race most of the day, all of a sudden, I think whatever has happened, and I'm sure a lot of that is sheer driver determination to run as well as he has. He's had a lot of races get away from him this year, losing the Daytona 500 the hard way down there, and he is chasing down the leader right now, Jeff Bodine. He has cut it down to some 15 car lengths as they move back to turn two. Just two laps to go. There were four lap cars separating those two. That's the way he had run for about ten laps. All of a sudden, Earnhardt just turned up the steam. He bypassed all three of those cars. He is now within six car lengths of the race leader, Jeff Bodine. Bodine's car is not getting through three and four well at all. He's smoking the tires. He's fighting the car, and Earnhardt is smooth as glass. He is there. Two car lengths off Bodine's bumper. There'll be 12 laps to go as the field comes back towards the start finish line. Harold Kinder is there. The fans standing and waving wildly. It is three car lanes. Now two car lanes for Jeff Bodine ahead of Dale Earnhardt. Bodine takes it down to the inside of the racetrack in turn number one. No lap traffic directly ahead that'll come into play here at least on this lap. Bodine smokes the tires off the corner. Earnhardt is there. Two car lengths behind him. Bumper to bumper now. Just about on the back straightaway. The red Ford of Bodine and the black Chevy of Earnhardt. Two car lengths separating still. About ten car lengths ahead of Bodine is the Dick Trickle car. He closes in even tighter. You're not going to need a stopwatch to clock the interval between these two. You could do it with a yardstick or even a foot ruler as they come down to the line. Earnhardt gets in there within a car length and a half, and he's going after him again in turn one. Bodine leads back into turn number one. He takes the low line. Earnhardt takes it high up against the outside retaining wall. He tries to believe it with Bodine. Not quite to do it this time. Jeffrey comes all the way up as they come off the corner. He'll shut it down as Rusty Wallace begins to smoke in turn three. Bumper to bumper. Still Bodine and Earnhardt. Now Bodine goes low. Here comes Earnhardt around the high side of three. There's also a great battle for third with Morgan Shepard inside of Kenny Schrader. And now here's Rusty Wallace with caution on the speedway as Wallace apparently loses an engine here on the front straightaway. It is Bodine holding off Dale Earnhardt back to the stripe on lap number 318. We are 10 laps away from conclusion and Morgan Shepard holds off Kenny Schrader for third and fourth spot here under caution on lap number 318. Just 10 laps away from the race's conclusion and what a tough break for Rusty Wallace. He was running an 11th spot one lap down and apparently lost an engine here coming out of the number four corner. This may change the whole complexion. We may see everybody on pit road. We'll find out in just a moment. Take a short break and be right back. Hi, this is Pat Summerall for True Value Hardware Stores. Meet everyday power needs with master electrician products like a master electrician 60-foot extension cord. It's designed for heavy-duty use indoors or out, and it's only $8.99. Then put an end to tangled cords and clumsy drop lights with the master electrician 20-foot retractable cord reel with trouble light. It also features a grounded outlet, and it's only $14.99 at participating True Value Hardware Stores and home centers. When it's hot outside, it's insane not to have fresh peak coolant in a car's cooling system. Hi, I'm Kyle Petty, and this man I'm trying to get an opinion from is my crew chief, Mr. Gary Nelson. 
Whether it's a Winston Cup race or a trip across town, a boil over means it's all over. Wait a minute. You're saying that Peak beats the heat? That the Peak Formula won a U.S. patent? That only Peak gives you peak performance? You're right, Kyle. We've got to have these chats more often. NASCAR Today with Alan Bestwick keeps you up to date with NASCAR news every day, Monday through Friday on MRN Radio. Pit Road will be open this time by as the pace car takes the field up into turns three and four. And it's going to be interesting to see who comes on to Pit Road and who might elect to stay out there. Michael, what's going on down that end where the front runners are? Well, Barney, I know three-card guts is your favorite card game. I think four-tire guts is what we're going to see right now. All of the lead teams have a man with a signboard out on pit road. We've seen before. Sometimes that's the dummy. Sometimes it's the real thing. Here comes the pace car, and here they come down to pit lane. Jeff Bodine coming in to the attention of the Tim Brewer crew. Earnhardt scuffs up the wall trying to get by him now. Bodine did what was legal and what was good strategy. Came in real slow so he could make his stop, and then Earnhardt would have to hustle down the lane. Right side tires on the Junior Johnson car. Right side tires on the Childress car. They are done on going for four for Jeff Bodine. So the Childress team going around to the left side, and they're going for four as well. This will be a drag race. Earnhardt at the end of pit road. Bodine is rolling. Earnhardt's car waiting. He's gone. It'll be Earnhardt down the lane. They are down and away. Now, something else that may come into play here, Morgan Shepard elected to stay on the racetrack. Whether Bud Moore is going to bring him in or not, we'll wait and find out. That may be a very calculated gamble on Bud Moore's part to leave that car out there and see if he can hold off those cars, even though they've all come in and changed tires. And maybe if we can get a word with Bud uh, in the next few minutes, whoever's closest to his pit and find out. Well, he's talking to his driver pretty heavy. Greg Moore is here biting his fingernails and, Bud is looking over turn three where Morgan is. Uh, Bud, you going to hold the cards you got, or the tires you got, I should say? Well, you know, we're running about 32.60 on the tires we got, and I don't think the new tires will run that much better, so we're just going to take a gamble and try to stay out. <laughs> we'll see. Maybe good strategy. From the Atlanta International Raceway, this is MRN Radio. The field will get the green the next time they come by. They're about a half lap away from the start-finish line. Lap 322 will go on the board when they come past Harold Kinder. So there will be six laps of green flag racing as they form up for the start in front of Allen. Red Thunderbird safety car lights off, creeping through turn number four. Mark Martin will separate Morgan Shepard from Dale Earnhardt and Jeff Bodine on the high side. The car's on the lead lap. They're indicating that Mark Martin is in second place. I don't think he made a pit stop in that final round there either. Green flag is out, and they're about to settle the Motorcraft 500. Here they come, blasting down to the line. Morgan Shepard is the leader. Right behind him is Mark Martin, and they get a good jump on that start and pull away from Dale Earnhardt. Shepard got a good jump here. He's leading them, coming back into turn number one. Mark Martin climbs the banking a bit. He has the second spot. Back in third is Earnhardt. Several lap cars separating those three. Bodine is going to take a stab at Earnhardt. He drops down and sandwiches Earnhardt. Bobby Hillen is between the two. Bodine is all the way at the bottom of the racetrack. Earnhardt, though, will get around Hillen, and Bodine will have to back off. Now trouble. Bodine and Hillen collide. Hillen spins down the racetrack. Bodine continues through and Hillen's car slides back up the banking. There is no caution. Now the caution flies. The leaders have already gone by towards turn number one. Morgan Shepard is the race leader, but he'll have to steam all the way back around to come around towards the caution flag. They're near Joe Moore. Here's Shepard coming off the corner. Earnhardt weaves quickly through getting around Mark Martin's car. Almost makes contact with Martin and trying to get by, but he does pick up the spot here in turn two. Shepard has about ten car lengths in the lap car of Alan Kulwicki separating him from Dale Earnhardt. Earnhardt's got to deal with Jimmy Spencer. And they're going to race all the way back to the line. The leaders did not get 
the caution. Here they come out of turn number four as Harold Kinder waves the yellow flag and Morgan Shepard will cross the line first. Earnhardt will come across second, but we are under caution for the third time very quickly. We had gone all day with only one caution flag and we've had two in the last three laps. Unbelievable racing here. It nearly happened in front of Joe Moore that the cars got sideways, but Earnhardt made a heck of a move there in front of you, Joe, to save it. He was working trying to get around the Jimmy Spencer car on one side. On the other side was a Mark Martin car. He got it cocked sideways coming to the corner and sideways is one thing when you're by yourself but when you've got a car underneath you and on the outside of you it really gets hairy but Earnhardt pulled it off and got by tell Bill Elliott made a cool move up there in that where the cars was down on the apron of the track and Bobby Hill was down there in a lot of smoke and Elliott dived all the way to the bottom of the racetrack and went through the pits to keep from getting tangled up in some cars that were getting on the binders up there so good move for him and Bobby Hillen, when that car spun through the corner, he managed to continue on around as we get the one-to-go signal from Harold Kinder this time by. So they come across the stripe. It will be lap 325. That means he'll go back to green on lap 326, giving them two laps of green flag racing. Let's go back out to Alan Bestwick in turn four with a recap of exactly what transpired there. Well, I think that all started on the back straightaway, Eli. Jeff Bodine saw an opportunity as Dale Earnhardt was having trouble getting around Bobby Hillen to go down to the inside and pass him both. However, he didn't quite have the horsepower to do it. Now, when they got to turn number three, it looked like Hillen lifted a little to let Earnhardt go by. Maybe he didn't know Jeff Bodine was under him, and Bodine might not have... uh maybe have misjudged the amount that Bobby Hillen was going to slow because as Hillen slowed to let Earnhardt by, Bodine tapped him in the back end and got him a little bit sideways, but everybody got through okay, and we're going to have a scramble to the finish now. We really are. Remember now, Morgan Shepard did not pit. He's running on tires that have quite a few laps on them. All the other cars that are directly behind him, well, I say all the other cars, at least Earnhardt did make a pit stop, has on new rubber. Mark Martin elected to stay out there just a moment ago. He currently is back there in the third spot as they're forming up for a double-file restart over in turn three. Elbow Langley will try it again in the Thunderbird pace car right now. Morgan Shepard, Dale Earnhardt, Mark Martin, Ernie Irvin, Ken Schrader, and Jeff Bodine. That's how the outside row lines up. On the inside, the cars at least a lap down. Alan Kulwicki, Sterling Marlin, Jimmy Spencer, Brett Bodine, and Harry Gant. We're ready to go. They, Mark Martin does have right side tires on, Barney. Okay, I didn't see him pit, Nick. Thanks for correcting me on that. Green flag is out as they come down to the line to settle. Hopefully this time, the Motorcraft 500 under green. Morgan Shepard takes off. He does shake Dale Earnhardt. He hangs right with him this time as they hit turn one. He also can't quite shake Alan Kowicki. Kowicki forces him up the banking. Here's Earnhardt diving to the inside. Earnhardt goes by both of them, and he's back in the lead. Earnhardt with a car-length lead now as Shepard had trouble getting around Alan Kowicki. Earnhardt beginning to pull away, but Shepard will not give up. He looks to the inside of Earnhardt in turn number three. Shepard with the Ford wound up a car length off of Earnhardt's deck. Morgan keeps that car wound up. It's within two car lanes, however, with one more lap to go. They've got a mile and a half remaining here at Atlanta, and Earnhardt stretches it out again. It's four car lanes heading back to turn number one for the last time. The good rent Chevrolet right down at the bottom of the racetrack where he wants it to run. He's got the spot. Some four car lanes over Morgan Shepard. Shepard's not sticking at the bottom of the track. Mark Martin may get him. Earnhardt's going to get it done down the back straightaway. Stretches his lead. Shepard moves to the inside to put the block on Martin. Ernie Irvin's going to look to the outside of Shepard, but it's all Dale Earnhardt in turn four. Dale Earnhardt comes sailing into turn number four with a good full second ahead of everyone else. He is going to win the motor Craft 500, but the battle's going to be for second place. They come down to the line. Morgan Shepard will get it. Finishing third will be Ernie Irvin, and it's going to be a photo finish back there for fourth place. That tight between Kenny Schrader and Mark Martin. So it's all over, as it is won here this afternoon by Dale Earnhardt. Let's go to the pits and Mike Joy. 
Well, Barney Budmore's strategy couldn't be faulted. They knew with uh, fresh tires at the back of the pack, they didn't have a shot, so they took the restart, hung out there, did the best they could. I don't think he expected Kowicki to take him up the racetrack, but I'll tell you, Dale Earnhardt is probably the best quick-draw son of a gun in this business. He saw the opening on the bottom of the racetrack, dove for it, and once he got through there, uh, the race was his. We'll be finding out how he pulled the trigger there uh, in just a few minutes, but uh, my hat's off to him. There's a man that knows opportunity, and uh, when he finds a hole, he can step right into it. They are going to wait to take a look at the photo finish replay camera to establish the positions from third on back. You had Ernie Irvin come across the line. You had Mark Martin. You had Kenny Schrader all battling for a position right there, put across the track, one from the next to the next. So as soon as the video has been reviewed, we'll pass along the official order of finish. But we can tell you that Dale Earnhardt is heading to victory lane in the Goodwrench Chevrolet. I'm a believer in what I'm doing or I don't do it. For goodies headache powders, here's Richard Petty. You know, it's just like the goodies. I believe in them. I used goodies long before goodies ever looked at racing. And, uh, you know, I continue to use them. That's the reason they can say, hey, you know, if Richard Petty says this is a product he likes, we know it's a good product. Goodies gives you fast relief when you need it most. That's why it's the South's number one headache powder. And that's why Richard Petty believes in it. So they really do a good job now. I ain't kidding you. Advertisement or what, they are a good product. NASCAR Winston Cup champion Rusty Wallace talks about the new Grand Prix STE Turbo Sports Sedan. Four doors to me as a family man is just everything in the world. I know everybody's happy to see the Grand Prix come out with the four-door version. you still got the same size car, you still got the same width and everything like that, but you just got much more convenience. Everybody feels like they're sitting in their own personal seat when they sit in that sedan, and they feel like they're in a performance vehicle. Pontiac Grand Prix STE Turbo Sports Sedan. From Pontiac, we build excitement. Dale Earnhardt would just not be denied a victory here in Atlanta this afternoon. We'll be going down to get his thoughts along with some other drivers in a few minutes. From the Atlanta International Raceway, this is MRN Radio. NASCAR Today continues on MRN Radio, sponsored by Ford and your local Ford dealers who invite you to see the exciting lineup of tough Ford trucks. It is all over here in Atlanta. Dale Earnhardt has gone to victory lane. We'll be going down there in just a moment. Uh, We've got an official word from NASCAR, but we will run it down the top five real quickly for you. Earnhardt, the winner. Morgan Shepard will finish second. Third place will go to Ernie Irvin. Fourth to Kenny Schrader. And fifth looks like to Mark Martin. They'll take sixth place now to Alan Kowicki with Sterling Marlin finishing seventh. Kyle Petty will finish in eighth. And Jeff Bodine finishing ninth. That is off the uh, finishing tape, the photo finish, if you will. That is set up here at the start-finish line. Let's go down to the garage area right now and check in with Winston Kelly. We're with Morgan Shepard. Morgan, an awful gutsy call by Bud Moore and the crew. It just about paid off. Well, that wasn't our quickest set of tires, but uh, we felt like with as many laps as it was to go, uh, that would be our best move. And uh, then, you know, when we started back on the last lap there, I just couldn't believe Alan Kowicki drove down the corner and drove me up high. That's Morgan Shepard. He drives this Motorcraft Ford Thunderbird home to a second-place finish this afternoon in the Motorcraft 500. Not real happy with that situation, I'm sure, and I'm sure there will be some more discussion on that between those two. Barney, a fellow who is pretty happy is Ernie Irvin. He's just climbed out of the Kodak uh, Films machine, and gosh, you had a super run here today. Congratulations. We sure did. I'll tell you what, we had a motor in that thing that wouldn't quit. I could could lose a car length in the corner and make up two down the straightaway, and that, that made a big point in it, and the guys did awful good stops. 
I know this is another logical step in the progression of your career, but was there maybe just a little bit pressure, as, as anybody in a new situation has, to do well? Well, no, you know, uh, Larry McClure that owns a car, you know, he just wanted me to go out and do the job I've been doing in the cars I'd been in. And, and he knew he had an awful good race car, so, so he knew that would overcome a lot of the things I've been struggling on for the past couple of years. So, and it all did. I just drove the race like I normally drive, and naturally we were towards the front because of a better car. I think he knew he had an awful good driver, too. Congratulations. Thank you. Super run today for Ernie Irvin. We'll go to victory lane in just a moment, but first, let's pause 10 seconds on MRN Radio for station identification. Well, it is all over here at the Atlanta International Raceway, the Motorcraft 500, going to Dale Earnhardt. Let's go down to victory lane. Well, they're having a pretty good crowd down here. They got a lot of people talking, having a good time. Uh, Dale hasn't got out of the car yet. He's a little bit, little bit hot and, uh, and weary. They're giving him, uh, they're giving him a little oxygen. Now he's wiping his face off. He'll be out just in a minute. So we'll go back to uh, Victory Lane in a moment. But right now, it's time for the MRN crew to vote on the Peak Performance Cool Move of the Race Award. The winner receiving $500 from Peak Antifreeze and Summer Coolant. Our first nomination from Joe Moore. You know, when things look the darkest for Dale Earnhardt, he pulled some real cool moves. It paid off in winning for him. So you hate to give everything to the winner. I'll have to go, though, with uh, Dale Earnhardt. Alan Bestwick. You know, there's about half the field you could give a nomination to. People that should rightfully have wrecked their cars up here in turns three and four but did an outstanding job of keeping them under control. i got to give a call to Dick Trickle. Dick uh, was one of those people. About 20 times he should have put his car on the wall, but every time managed to get it down off the wall and keep it in a straight line, so I'll give it on to Dick Trickle. Winston Kelly, your thoughts? I've got to go in the direction of Dale Earnhardt as well. He, he get, regained his composure after that last pit stop after getting behind uh, Morgan Shepard and having those caution flags and came down low on the racetrack, as you heard Joe Moore say, and come around. So I've got to go with Dale Earnhardt as well. Mike, what do you think? Well, that was a pretty slick move. Uh, as far as I can see, you got two guys ahead of you that are using up the whole width of the racetrack. you got to find some place to go. He did. He committed. It was the move that won him the race. Barney, I was writing down here Chad Little, I think, for that incident coming off turn number two at one point near the end of the race when Dick Trickle and he got together and Chad just kind of kept his cool right there because he could have taken himself and Dick Trickle off the uh, pace. So I'm going to nominate uh, Chad Little. Well, I'm going to cast a vote in the direction of Ernie Irvin because that young driver had to be under a lot of pressure here this afternoon and he didn't make a mistake all day long. He did exactly what he needed to do and he made an awful lot of cool moves and comes home in third place. I'm going to cast my vote in that direction. But with three nominations, Dale Earnhardt will take home the $500 as the winner of the Peak Performance Cool Move of the Race Award. Right now, let's go to Victory Lane. Dick Brooks is down there amidst the celebration. Well, Dale's got out of his car and he's sitting down there a little bit. Dale, it's kind of a hot day, I guess, but... uh, for somebody to run as hard and as long and dominate it as much as you did to have to work that hard at the end of it, it's got to be tough. Well, we just want to thank the good Lord for a safe race today. Uh, Jim Goodrest Chevrolet ran pretty good all day. We got to feeling pretty bad about halfway, Dick. I got sick on my stomach, and uh, one time I was thinking about relief, but uh, I kept uh, kept going, and, uh, you know, we uh, was running bow down there at the end, and I thought we could get by him, and then we got a caution, and we got tires, and, we got jumbled up there, and Morgan didn't pit, and I got to wondering if we were going to get by him, and they opened a pretty good hole up on the bottom on the restart, and we went for it, and it uh, worked for us. Well, it certainly did, and it just, uh, you know, I, you never get a payback after Daytona for what happened to you at Daytona, but this has got to be some, some help anyway. Well, it is. It's crazy. These guys, they work hard, and they just want to win bad, and uh, start first and finish first is a pretty good accomplishment here at Atlanta, and, uh, you know, there's a lot of good race cars running good out there today. Morgan was running awful strong, and... Uh, you know, I was, I was worried more about Morgan than I was anybody. If he'd got tires, I'd have worried about him even more. All right. Well, I'll tell you, everybody who's kind of happy for him, and 
he uh, he's a tired boy, but he uh, said he was getting a little bit sick, and it looks like that maybe uh, maybe he did. This is a tough racetrack. It's hard to run here because you're in the corner so long, and without any cautions, you never get to rest. So feel kind of sorry for him. Now, we should establish again, for those of you who might have just joined us uh, midway today, the qualifying was rained out here at Atlanta over the weekend, so the field started by the owner of of car owner points, and consequently the fact that Dale Earnhardt started first and finished first does not allow him to pick up $7,600 from Unical. The challenge was not up for grabs today because it was technically low qualifying, and it will roll over with two weeks' worth of payments to uh, the race in two weeks at Darlington. We'll continue our post-race wrap-up from Atlanta right after this to stay number one you gotta be tough ford tough like the ford f-series f-series offers you a standard bigger six that delivers 10 percent more power than chevy plus f-series beat chevy in cargo space with a larger wider deeper pickup box and based on calendar year manufacturers reported retail deliveries through 1988 f-series has been the best-selling pickup in america for 12 years in a row f-series they're not just trucks They're tough, dependable Ford trucks. They're coming to Darlington. NASCAR's first stop of the season in South Carolina. Saturday, March 31st, the Pontiac Peace Setters 200 for Bush Grand National Cars. Sunday, April 1st, the Trans-South 500 featuring Winston Cup Series cars. More excitement for your money than ever at Darlington. The track too tough to take. For tickets, call 803-393-4041. Darlington, where the big boys run. Next Sunday, NASCAR Bush Grand National Series racing from the Hickory Motors Speedway. Live coverage from North Carolina begins at 145 Eastern on MRN Radio. Again, it is all over Atlanta. Dale Earnhardt, the winner, finishing second. Morgan Shepard rounding out the top five would be Ernie Irvin, Kenny Schrader, and Mark Martin. From the Atlanta International Raceway, this is MRN Radio. Dale Earnhardt has won the Motocraft 500 here in Atlanta, Georgia. Average speed, 156.849 miles an hour. That's a new track record here at Atlanta International Raceway. More post-race as we go back to the garage area. Well, Jeff Bodine is uh, sitting here relaxing with his, with his son, Barry. And I asked him real, real quick before the race started, I said, that's your victory lane hat you had strapped to the shifter. You got to wear it, but not in victory lane. What, it looked like Dale took the high road. There was only one other road left, and you took it. What happened down there? Ah, uh, lap car got in between us and i don't i don't know what happened if uh it just wasn't enough room down there i guess in turn three and and i uh, bumped bobby hill and he spun out in front of me but that let uh kenny schrader go by and let that whole group get by and we lined up again for a restart and uh just wasn't enough time uh, wasn't enough uh, room got boxed in for buy some more lap cars and uh you know at the end of the race the, the lap car should give the courtesy to the front cars to let them go by and you know, that's racing. We're not complaining. We're really happy the, the Budweiser Ford ran really good. It's only our fourth race, and to run that good, uh, boy, all you Jeff Bodine, Budweiser, Ford, Junior Johnson fans, hang on. We're going to have a heck of a year. Okay, well, the way they ran today, uh, that prediction can't be too far from wrong. Man. Let's go back to victory lane, Dick Brooks. Well, we're with Richard Chillers here. Richard, just like I asked uh, Earnhardt, this has got to be a, a long day when you dominate it that strong and, you, and then all of a sudden right at the end things start going bad. It's got to make it awful tight. Yeah, well, we've seen that movie before, you know. It's, uh, it was a good race for the fans, I think, here at the end. And uh, congratulations to Bud Moore and Morgan Shepard's crew. They put on a good show all day. And, uh, you know, we're just tickled to be here. You ever get a chance to, I mean, something like this make up for what happened to Daytona? Or is this just uh, Daytona's gone and this is in a whole new one you start from here? 
Uh, nothing makes up for that Daytona 500. You know, you race for years, and you know what it is, you know, to go after that thing. And, you know, but this will help. You know, we're not looking back. We're looking ahead. Well, you guys have got, uh, you, you ran, you just nominated the thing down there. You've done it here. Does that mean anything for the rest of the year? Well, you know, I think the team, you know, is a, at, in the best it's been in the uh, last two or three years. You know, we really feel good about everything. We've got these uh, Chevy Luminas worked out and working real good, so we're looking forward to everything. Well, it sure looks like you got this one handled anyway. Thank you, Dick. And let's get some final thoughts in the garage area with Winston Kelly. We've caught up with Kenny Schrader. Kenny, those last couple of laps were very exciting. NASCAR had to review the films before they could determine who came in fourth or fifth. How about it? Well, I guess we got marked there just a little bit. I, when we first got to gas pumps, I, I thought we were fifth, but I kind of thought out in the racetrack it was fourth, but I knew it was too close to argue about. It's a good race for you, kind of an up-and-down race, so you had the car hooked up at times, and then at other times nobody could run with Dale. Well, no, it was a typical Atlanta. Like last time, nobody nobody ran with Dale. Uh we could break pretty close even with him there for a while. But, uh, you know, we started 14th, and we didn't get but the one first yellow, and nobody pit it, and it's just hard. You know, it's hard to gain on Dale Earnhardt, you know, and, and we, we broke even with most day, and, uh, you know, we're happy with it. That's Kenny Schrader. He brings this Kodiak Chevrolet home in fourth this afternoon. We'll take a look at the official finish and have some final thoughts from Atlanta when we come back. This is how fast you can warm up fully cooked Holly Farms roasted chicken in your microwave at home. And this is how fast you can eat it straight from the package at the NASCAR race. This is what you'll say when you eat it. And this is what your kids will say. Because it's juicy and quick. Lickety split. Holly Farms. So fast it's the official chicken of NASCAR. Available in your grocer's fresh meat case. The fellow elitists, we must do something about ordinary people enjoying extraordinary things. Yeah, yeah. Why, today, absolute nobodies are drinking bottled water in chic cafes. No. Soon they'll be filling their common sports cars with Unical's racing gasoline. Oh uh, sir, excuse me, ordinary people are already using Unical's 100-plus octane unleaded racing gasoline. There's nothing sacred. I guess not. They just call 800-447-4700 for their nearest Unical distributor. That number, it's, it's, um... Toll-free. How utterly pedestrian. Yes. Talk with the superstars of NASCAR racing every Tuesday night on MRN Radio. It's NASCAR Live, Tuesday at 7 Eastern, 6 Central on MRN Radio. Back at the Atlanta Raceway, and Dale Earnhardt continues to enjoy all the congratulations and receive the awards for his win here this afternoon. From the Atlanta International Raceway, this is MRN Radio. Before we take a look at the final rundown, we do have that for you here in just a second. Some of the post-race awards that have been handed out. The members of the press covering today's Motorcraft 500 have voted the Goodies Headache Award, $750, to Terry Lobanti, losing an engine on his car just five laps into the afternoon. A $250 donation also going to the Brenner Children's Hospital in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. That's from Goodies Manufacturing in the name of Terry Lobanti. The Goodies Race for the Money winner for the month of March. Our congratulations to Ms. Claretta Holcomb from Madisonville, Tennessee. She listens to MRN on WECO-FM out of Wartburg, Tennessee. If you'd like to enter the goodies race for the money sweepstakes, a Daytona 500 dream vacation is again the grand prize with tickets to the 1991 goodies 300 and Daytona 500, an escorted tour of the NASCAR Winston Cup garage area. 
two tickets to the Speed Week events, as we mentioned, plus accommodations for two people for four nights at the Treasure Island Inn in Daytona Beach Shores, $1,500 in spending money as well. If you'd like to be eligible for that prize or any one of our eight Racing Holiday of the Month prizes, simply send us the front panel from any size package of Goodies Headache Powders or Extra Strength Tablets, or just write the words Goodies Headache Powders in plain block letters on a 3 by 5 card. Make sure you include your name, address, telephone number, and the call letters of your local MRN station. And send that to Goodies Race for the Money, Post Office Box 2888, Daytona Beach, Florida, 32115. And Barney, now we do have the official rundown. Let's take a look at that finish for you. Dale Earnhardt, the winner. Morgan Shepard will finish second. Third goes to Ernie Irvin. And again, congratulations to that young driver here this afternoon. A lot of pressure on him. He pulls out a pretty good finish in third place. Finishing fourth will be Kenny Schrader. Fifth goes to Mark Martin. Kyle Petty finishes sixth. Jeff Bodine, seventh. Eighth to Alan Kowicki. Ninth to Harry Gant, finishing in tenth. That will be Sterling Marlin. Uh, Brett Bodine finishes 11th. Bill Elliott, 12th. 13th will go to Davey Allison. 14th to Dick Trickle. 15th to Bobby Hillen. 16th to Rick Wilson. 17th to Jimmy Spencer. Neil Bonnet finishes 18th. Chad Little, 19th. Finishing 20th is Butch Miller. 21st will go to Buddy Baker. Not a bad run for him here today at all. all. First time back after a year of absence from Winston Cup Racing. Dave Marcus finishes 22nd. Mike Alexander, 23rd, 24th. We'll go to Rusty Wallace and rounding out the top 25, Richard Petty. 26th will be Darrell Waltrip. 27th spot going to Ricky Rudd. 28th place will be Mark Stahl. Derek Cope finishes 29th. He was running in the top five all day before an engine failure. And 30th spot will go to Jack Pennington. 31st will be Jimmy Means. 32nd, H.B. Bailey. Rob Moroso finishes 33rd. 34th spot goes to Larry Pearson. 35th will be Rick Mast. In 36th spot, Ken Reagan. 37th finish today is Hutch Strickland. 38th is Michael Walchip with Mickey Gibbs finishing in 39th. And 40th spot, the first car retiring being Terry Labonte. The Holly Farms folks with the Lickety Split Award, the quick lap of the day. Dale Earnhardt takes home that honor as he has most everything else this afternoon. A lap of 172.031 miles an hour, the quickest of the day. Dale also wins the True Value Hard Charger Award and, of course, a member of the Gatorade Circle of Champions and the Top Dog Award. All of those honors going to Dale Earnhardt today. The Heinz Ketchup Award unofficially going to Ernie Irvin, who picked up the most positions on the afternoon. And as we told you earlier, the Western Auto Mechanic of the Race, Tony Glover from the Kodak Film Oldsmobile. Here at the Atlanta Raceway yesterday, Jimmy Horton takes home the victory in the ARCA 500K. Jimmy driving the SNH Racing Pontiac, one of only two cars on the lead lap at the race's conclusion. The average speed yesterday, 131.48 five miles an hour. Mark Gibson, a former Dayton Enterprise Rookie of the Year in the ARCA Series, came home in second spot. Bob Brevak was third. Ken Reagan fourth. And the defending series champion Bob Keselowski came home in fifth spot. Next week, it is on to Hickory, North Carolina. First time that MRN Radio visits the Hickory Motor Speedway. and We've got coverage of the Mountain Dew 400, the Bush Grand National Series race. Our airtime will be at 1.45 Eastern time next Sunday. Again, on-track activities will begin on Saturday. Practice starts at 10 o'clock in the morning with Bush Pole qualifying at 1. And all of the regular divisions that run at Hickory will be in action on Saturday as well. And our broadcast next Sunday at 1.45 Eastern time. 
Barney, before we leave the air, we do want to pass along uh, some uh, thoughts here. Martha Oliver, who normally sits up here in the booth with us on uh, the scoring loop, missed today's event. Uh, Her mom undergoing some surgery in hospital back uh, in the Carolinas, and we certainly wish uh, the very best to Martha Oliver and her family. And also some sad news today from uh, the Bobby Allison racing team, Keith Almond. His uh, son passed away in an automobile accident this past week, and everybody in the garage area feeling a sense of loss from that announcement that came in earlier in the week. And we'd like to add our sympathy to those, both of those this afternoon here at Atlanta. Before we leave the air, I just kind of felt nice to be back here, and I hope... Uh I appreciate you letting an old man come back with a bruised head and work with you again today. (laughs) Not exactly an old man, and it's good to have you back. And again, Jim Phillips uh, to join us hopefully next week from Hickory. On Tuesday night, we'll be along with you at NASCAR Live, 7 o'clock Eastern time as we open up our phone lines to you. We talk about this race and all that is going on in the world of NASCAR racing. And, of course, each and every afternoon, you need to consult your local MRN station for the exact airtime. Alan Bestwick is along with uh, the latest news from the world of NASCAR and NASCAR today, each and every weekday on these MRN stations. Our thanks to Cheryl Hamilton and Augusta Johnson on the scoring loop this afternoon. Our pit runner was Jim Norton. Our production assistants, Ted Stone and Mark Webb. We'll talk to you again next weekend at 1.45 Eastern Time from Hickory, North Carolina, with live coverage of the Mountain Dew 400. Our thanks to Joel Moore and Alan Bestwick, who covered the action in the turns today. Our pit coverage from Dick Brooks, Mike Joy and Winston Kelly. And for Barney Hall, I'm Eli Gold. Thanks very much for joining us, and our congratulations to Dale Earnhardt, winner of the Motorcraft 500. So long, everyone. MRN Radio. Coverage of the NASCAR Winston Cup Series has come to you from the Atlanta International Raceway and sponsored by Pontiac and your local Pontiac dealer. We build excitement. By Holly Farms, the official chicken of NASCAR and sponsor of the Lickety Split Award. By True Value Hardware Stores. For quality, selection and personal attention, it's True Value. By Anheuser-Busch, Brewers of Bush Beer, head for the mountains of Bush. By Unical, the winning spirit rides with you every time. By Armor Star Canned Meats, America's Choice for the great outdoors. Buy Baby Ruth, the official candy bar of Junior Johnson. Buy Gatorade. Gatorade gives your body what it's thirsty for. Buy Planners Nuts and Mr. Peanuts, sponsor of Travis Carter's Chevrolet. Buy Dinner Bell Meats, the official meat products of NASCAR. Buy Peak Antifreeze and Summer Coolant. Only Peak gives you peak performance. Buy First Brands, makers of STP oil treatment. STP is the edge. And buy Western Auto, the official auto parts and service store of NASCAR. The executive producer of MRN Radio is John McMullen. Associate producer Alan Bestwick. Engineers Harry Howard and Clay Stalka. Affiliate relations Pat Hensley and Greg Robertson. Production assistants Tina Marr, Cheryl Knight, and Stephanie Ellis. This is Rick Lewis. This broadcast was a production of MRN Radio, a division of International Speedway Corporation. This week's MRN Classic Race has been brought to you by Hercules Tires.